Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm going to get the business out of the way quick and fast so we can get into the show. This is a long and fun deep dive episode. Uh, the guys drove to the studio. Super cool. We talk about that. But anyway, um, you know how it is. When you get guys in the studio, it's easier to talk and it felt just like deer camp so it was a lot of fun so thanks for being here uh the podcast is presented by hha sports you can save some coin with code wcb15 on an hha actually everything on hha uh so that's pretty awesome also scent crusher um our in our opinion the leader in ozone scent eliminating technology um the way they kind of apply it um and make it easy for you to basically crush scent from your body to your clothes um on the way Leaving work, you can get the, the mobile shower, the gear bag, the roller bag, um, all awesome options. Also, loophole optics, uh, Thermoseat, Victory Archery, Gator Outdoors, uh, Gator, uh, I mean, I'm skipping promo code. Sorry, guys. Thermoseat has a code WCTS, and we also have Working Class Bowhunter Thermoseats in our store at workingclassbowhunter.com. Uh, Victory Archery. We're all shooting the RIP TKOs except for Eric. Uh, this year he's shoot, shooting the extortions. I don't know if he's going to change or I don't know if one of us is going to change to a different arrow just to try something else. But I'm so happy with the RIP TKOs that I haven't wanted to change. Um, so maybe that's boring as far as like a content perspective. But sometimes you got to stick with what you know. Uh, Gator Outdoors has a code also for you guys. Uh, GatorOutdoors.com, WCB10, uh, 10% on everything on their store. Um, also Elite Archery. Everything on Elite Archery or Outdoor Group Brands, code WCB applies for all that. So if you need a Scott Archery release to Slick Trick Broadheads to anything. Um, But you can use that code on a bow if you want. Save some money. Um, Also, Big Time, they did, I don't know if you guys caught it, they did a bunch of countdown giveaways, counting down to like the virtual ATA this year um, and gave away a bunch of goodies. Uh, Code WCB2020 was a code. Um, We're due for a new code. It might still work for everything on their store, but we'll, uh, we'll up that and update you guys when we get it. So check out big time for spring food plots, fall food plots or supplemental feed. If you're allowed to do that in your state, I wish we could do it in Illinois. It kind of sucks that we can't. Um, and old barn taxidermy. 
Um, I can't say enough about that company and the people behind it. Um, they just impress us every time you turn around. They're doing something new or trying to improve on something or just got something else rolling down the line. Uh, we think some of the best taxidermists available, um, especially for how fast you get your mount back and the quality that you get it back in. I mean, there's nothing like it. Um, I, I did a little video on our story the other night on Instagram of some other mounts next to my old barn mounts. And it's like embarrassing. Um, one of my biggest bucks is done very poorly. And I guess for where I was at and what I knew it was good. Um, but now I've realized it's not good. So they are going to try to remount it, see if they can save the same hide. If not, we're going to do a different hide. So, um, they can do it all, man. Super impressed. Check out old barn taxidermy, Fort Madison, Iowa, drop off locations everywhere. They have a location in Colorado, um, they're taking over the game. It's pretty cool. So to the episode, um, thanks for tuning through the ads and supporting the brands that support us because from our perspective, if they support us, they support people like you too because we're just like you. We're just a bunch of idiots with a podcast that work hard and cuss and drink beer and have a good time. So they understand how it actually is and who hunters actually are to a point, you know. Um, so that's cool. So thanks for sitting through it and supporting us with sometimes our lengthy ads. So hope you enjoy this one. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, we appreciate it. I'm Chase Ralston with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. It's really, really not that good. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. If you didn't gather what the name of our podcast is called in the intro. After you clicked on it. I'm sure you figured it out. <laughs> Wage brains are slow to slow to catch up sometimes. I feel you. I live with one. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the support. Uh, I'm the host, Kurt Geyer. We got Eric Common. Doug Schmidt. We have the Lord. Austin Chandler. And we have two special guests that drove from one of our favorite states. Uh, I, I guess maybe the state, not so much, but the people. Um, and their hunting culture is very strong. Nice. We have the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, nice. All right, get on with it. <laughs> Travis and Sam from Chase Nation. What's up, fellas? How's it going? Good. Thanks for driving down. Thanks, man. It, it, this last, we were just saying the last five minutes, ten minutes of the drive was probably the best part. Why is that? Um, it's not the skating rink of the road, man. It's it's just the landscape. I, we went from, like, wide open terrain. It almost felt like we were in North Dakota. Right to uh, like Western Wisconsin Bluff County or Buff Country is just beautiful. Right, right. A lot of CRP, what's, a lot of goodies, huh? What's Bucky, yeah. I told you guys, I'm like, pay attention. It, it, it was, on the road. It was real sticky. That's what we said. <laughs> sticky. We're sticky. back in the sticks, man. It's sticky. It, it is back here. It's like the the bad thing about having a production, and a lot of people are like, want to do more video. You you know what it's like. Imagine if we were on your guys' level in video and tried to upload a video from this internet. I uh, just. Yeah, it took about four days. It took about 
four hours. Just Longer to, than Napster? <laughs> just oh, dude. Just get internet reception. Sign into Wi-Fi took like oh, five minutes. Bad. It's bad. Real bad. But, but we're connected We're now. supposed to get fiber here any any day. Like literally. That's not a lie. But uh, before we do a veteran shout out, why don't you guys – I already kind of introduced you guys here. Um, we'll just start – Sam, we'll start with you. Sam Ubel, what's up, man? You've been on the podcast before. It's been a long time. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what the first episode was that you were on, but it's been a while. Well, I 14. think that was – I was – what year? I don't even know. It was a few – two, three years ago. I think um, it was just a year or so after Jared and I killed that canoe buck uh, with the whitetail drone. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was right around the time when I started Chase Nation. Yep, yep, uh, yeah, it would have been. And so it's been a bit. I mean, we've kept in contact, you know, every year since. With shows and, and stuff, but – but um, Probably but, not as much as we should have, you no, know, but – But it's good to be back on the show. Thank you for coming, man. What's up, Travis? Have you ever been on the podcast before? I've never been on the podcast before. Never ever. Never have you ever ever. been on a podcast? I've been on one. One. So nice. He's going to be pretty, a natural. Green. He likes bush light. He's going to be a natural. Right. He's got it. That's he, all it takes. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> all, all it takes. Well, unless they don't sponsor us, and it's Coors Light. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah, I, I, think, I can be bought with light beer. <laughs> is it that different? Oh, uh-huh. dude, I could be bought. Except Miller Light. You give it's me so like a 12 nah, pack I can never week. do Coors. No. You can never no. do Coors? Why? No. No, no. no. Dude, it's so gross. Listen, Doug, there could be money to be made here, and you're fucking us. I'd rather... Water right off the rip. Everybody man. likes the banquet. You just gotta skip the light and go to the banquet. The banquet is good. And yeah, those yeah. little bottles. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, little, little, I could be convinced. Little I, guess. Bottles. <laughs> I, love, I love those things. You twist my arm. I'll, I'll, su- I'll suffer through it. <laughs> so uh, you want to do the veteran shout out now because we're about to deep dive. All right, all right. I just feel that way, you know. This was sent in by Trenton Ross. The veteran name is Tony Walker. He was in the army says, uh, I wanted to give my girlfriend's father, Tony Walker, a veteran shout-out. I've only known this man for about a year now. He is definitely part of the working class. He punches the clock every day. I learned so much from him since meeting him. He has so much knowledge from bow hunting, hogs, and deer his whole life. From running hog dogs to sitting in the stand with, with his bow waiting for that doe or nice buck to step out. I want to thank him for his service and also thank him for letting me be a part of his family and help me learn to be a better and ethical hunter. So thank you for your service, Tony. Thanks for sending that in, Trenton. Thanks, Tony. Well, thanks, You're the Tony. man. Thank you, sir. I like how your son-in-law is sucking up to you. That's cool. It's a good place to that have Well him, played. Man. Well played. Well played. Nice. Uh, thanks for your service, man. And uh, <laughs> he might be proposing here pretty soon. You know, you got to suck up to him a little bit. Yeah. Is it? Were they? Was he married to his daughter? Or is he? No, it's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Well, he's making the moves though. Like, right. You he's, tell. He's not lining it up. I put you on a podcast. He's in the Christmas picture. Yeah. It's checkers. It ain't on the end. That's right. Yeah. He's hey. We're gonna. It's like you know when you first start dating a girl and you first start dating your wife, they take like the family photos and they get one with you. Oh yeah. And do they ever ask you to like step out for a photo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in like three and they took 4,000. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're just kind of staying off the side like awkwardly. Like, you're like, I'm not making here. this cut. You're holding the, you're holding the camera. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the tree. You're being the camera's assistant. <laughs> it's tough out here, man. It's rough. Well, cool. Thanks, Doug, for grabbing that veteran shout out. Veteran shout out, working class bow hunter. Hit the contact tab. And there you go. There's where, that's where it is. Um, Chase Nation, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What's up, man? It's uh, we're just rounding out our fourth season. Um, Congratulations! Our, thank you. Yeah, we got two or three more in the pipeline. I say two or three, not because I don't know. It's just more of a matter of when do you want to air it, kind of a thing. Yeah. So um, I've got two 
uh, that I'm producing right now. And, you know, we've got a couple new series coming in to 2021. And then we've got another episode that kind of depends on when I get the footage. That's part of the problem when, you you know, you got a team of guys. we got 14 guys. Oh, no kidding. And, and, I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize you, got, you had that many dudes. Yeah. Well, we've got, we got core guys, you know, guys that are always, you know, everybody's committed. But there's certain guys that really, um, you know, invest themselves into filming. They really don't take a shot unless they get it on film. Sure. Uh, everywhere they go, they bring cameras, and they just invest themselves. And those are, you know, kind of core guys. Um, and it fluctuates who's core or who's not. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's some guys that live a little further away than others, and uh, they're a little bit more computer savvy than others. Mm-hmm. So, hey, can you, can you Dropbox me the footage? snail mail it whatever can you you know we transfer it how, what's we transfer how do you use it how do you use the internet yeah right. that, i get that a lot so you got that country internet. i'm like man I what cannot. is the internet or, yeah i mean honestly yeah. i've had to mail out a lot of like clips and video clips or have it mailed to me yeah because i can't get it here but so i get that you know it's, yep. it's part of the deal of dealing with hunters and exactly our folk you know it's uh not everybody's gonna be computer literate and not everybody's gonna be you know perfectly camera savvy but um and that's part of like Chase Nation, right? So like our our so we're in our just rounding out our fourth season, mm-hmm. going into season five. Our whole series thus far has been called Unscripted Adventures. Mm-hmm. And when I say unscripted, I mean like to, legit. Like some of the stuff's filmed on an iPhone. You know, it, Matt Hosel, for example. Uh, yeah. When we have conversations on our staff page on Facebook or something, and we're all like talking about camera gear hey so-and-so is selling their ax100 want to offer it to the team first anybody want in um you know there's always like matt hosel in the corner is like hey uh you know i, I use my iphone 5 i'm like bro what are we on now like 13 or yeah, i don't even know they call them like are they like roman numerals now yeah right right <laughs> he's got a 5c with like the colored plastic back on it you know but you know what some i mean you look back at some of the older uh, prosumer camcorders and then you compare it to like an iphone for example uh the quality is actually better mm-hmm. to be honest there's subtle depth if you're really into cameras like i'm really into cameras and i mean i stare at you know footage all the time when i'm producing so it's a little bit more intimate to me than maybe to others but the depth of field and everything it's a little different with an iphone than it is with a camcorder but um i don't exactly prefer phone footage especially like when the guy sent me something filmed vertically oh yeah you gotta, <laughs> right right you know as a producer you got to get real creative when you're editing you, you got to do the uh, blur so what you do is um you crop the the video yeah and then you place it you overlay it or layer it so you're you're showing the video if you're looking at your timeline um on, on your on your video you're overlaying it and one of them is cropped so it's bigger and that's your focal point and then you make it blurry on the sides. That's what you see on the sides. You know, yeah, you yeah, see on yeah. the news all the time when people yeah, are yeah. like, oh, I filmed this guy, like, uh, get run over by a truck, you know, in the right. yard, you know, and it's big news or whatever. And yeah. then they got cell phone footage, and that's what they do. That's what I do, too. A Patriot storm in the Capitol building, like, you know. So, some, yeah, <laughs> right. So, I'm always like, hey, if you're going to do that, turn your phone sideways. Right. Or, you know, like, even most recently, I was out. Um, this I got to give Steve some credit. When he was on, he'd always preach that. Like, if you're going <laughs> to film fight videos, do it with your phone sideways. <laughs> <laughs> legit. Like, it's it's really important. Um, I was out just a couple of weeks ago, late season doe hunting. And uh, um, when it's cold, your batteries die quick. Mm-hmm. 
And I was doing a hanging hunt, so I had my stand on my back. I got all my camera gear, and I brought a tripod just in case I shoot one. I'm solo hunting, so that way I can set up my tripod and film it well rather than finding, like, a wet log to put my camera on, which (laughs) I've done and ruined cameras. So, um, But anyways, that battery died, and I didn't have my camera bag. And so my my camera bag, I've got multiple batteries. Well, when the battery died on that camera, I, I went to my GoPro. And I'm like, I guess I'm filming with this now. Mm-hmm. So here I'm doing like this interview, and then the battery dies. I'm like, son of a gun. <laughs> and well, it was on it was on like time lapse mode or whatever, so it was working extra hard. Oh right, <laughs> which was an accident. You know, I could none of it's usable. So then I'm like, all right, onto the iPhone. So I did a little self interview. I'm like. I gotta resort to what I got. Right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah, make I, it work. Sometimes you know, in certain circumstances, you got to pull out the phone. Like I was telling you guys about that big unicorn seven pointer Tyler Brooks shot, mm-hmm. and they're standing over the deer, died in a scrape, and they're standing over this deer, admiring it, and then all of a sudden, he's got massive brow tines, like seven, maybe t- tickling eight. I mean, they're they're stupid, right? Yeah. And, you know, two guys in blue jeans and blue flannels. And you, know, you think about deer's vision and shades of gray, but they can see blue really well. These guys are all decked out in blue. And they're standing there. And, it's, I mean, it's peak rut. Yeah. But this big buck with, like, such towering brows that you don't even pay attention to time length off the mains comes into within, you know, less than 10 yards. And, you know, Cody Fosman's standing there with a camcorder in his hand. But the first thing he does is reach for his cell phone, <laughs> and he films this thing vertically. Uh, it's millennials, probably not Shame Snapchat, you, too. Right, right. Yeah. TikToks just open all the time on yeah, their yeah, phone. Yeah, but, yeah so certain, certain circumstances call for it. But. That's cool. Well, I mean, it's better than having that than having no story. No. You know, man, I guess so, that's the alternative. But that's part of unscripted adventure. And when you think about in, in, in early on when I started Chase Nation, it was kind of like, okay, you guys call yourself an adventure show. And you had a couple, like, really adventurous hunts, some elk hunts in Utah, Billy Goats, you know, um, Travis's cousin, AJ. Mm-hmm. He's, he like. Sounds like a dude we need to meet. He is such a badass dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, send you some info. It's, okay. just yeah. check him out you know on Instagram. You'll know yeah. exactly what I mean. Well, we saw, we saw him in a video. I was like, that guy just looks like a dude you want to hang out with from the Northwoods for real. And not that you guys are like super far north, but no, just but what he, it's, it's exactly. good appearance. It's up there. I mean, <laughs> it's more up. north than this, right? Yeah, definitely. definitely. But not uh, as sticky. Yeah, not, not as sticky. sticky. <laughs> it gets sticky down here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was pretty open. It just got. Hey, sticky. Let me ask you a question, so I don't forget here. Um, you know, cause you guys, I consider you a high end production. Like you're a dude that knows video, like high quality, good stuff. Like this isn't a, just a web show. What you think when you think yeah. web shows or no. some shit you'd see on like, uh, oh man, I probably shouldn't say that, but like on hunt or pursuit channel, like, you know, there's some good shows on there, but then there's some shows you're like, how'd this get on here? Right. You know? I, and I don't consider you guys to be in that category. I consider you guys to be way above that. Um, not, not nothing against that. There's some awesome shows on there, but that's why I fucking probably shouldn't have said that. But um, <laughs> do you see a difference in so your high end production with the camera you prefer mm-hmm. to film with versus some of them cell phone clips? I mean, yeah. is there a big difference in viewership or traffic? Tremendous. As in bad? No, in good. And like, good. Okay, the so lower quality is better. Yeah. For the first two seasons, I was filming with an, a Sony AX100. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a prosumer camcorder. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, I would say for prosumer camcorders, um, that's like, you know, you're not a professional, but it's like, you're kind of, you're getting in there, you're getting in there. Mm -hmm. You're spending like 1500 bucks on like a a handy cam basically, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a lot nicer. The hunting public films with AX100s all the time. 
I mean, it's I, like something you'd buy off like Cambo cameras or whatever. That's yeah, right. that's just what I know. It's, it from. it's a touch yeah. above them. You know, it's, it's got the lens hood, so it looks fancy. So you got to put camo tape on it too. Right, right. Yeah, You're right. not legit. Okay, duct tape. I, I kind of know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I filmed with that, and um, you know, at that point, and I'm still learning a lot. But at that point, I was still learning a lot about camera settings. Uh, you know, the difference between like filming in 1080 versus 4K, and when yeah. to flip flop between the two. Like at that time, I didn't realize. Okay, if I'm filming something at 200 yards. I don't think I should be filming in 4K because when you zoom in, it's going to be a bit blurry. When you film in when you film in 1080, you have a little bit more defined lines. It's mm. just like frame rate and slow motion. You know, if if you're in a low light situation and you've got your camera settings from the day on say 60 uh, frames per second, right? Um, because you want to catch that arrow lofting off the bow and then sailing into the deer. You know, that's that epic shot that everybody looks for. I hate that word epic, by the way, but well, I, right, I just yeah. used it. It's watered down. Water down the drain. <laughs> um, but, you know. Say sick. That's just, what we say here. So then you, so you, um, you, you drop it down to like, say, 30 or, or some cameras down to 24 or whatever the lowest uh, frame rate is. Suddenly, then you get better low light footage. Mm. Yeah, I was just telling Travis on the way down here. I'm like, man, you know, and I hate to go off on tangents, but I do that a lot. No, this is good. So you're, you're you say I'm like, learning. it's um, those shades of blue, you know, like you're filming in the snow, right? And mm. uh, it's got incandescent lighting, mm-hmm. you know, it's like all these shades of blue and it's really pretty, but everything kind of looks like a shadow. And, and through your LCD screen, you're like, oh man, it looks perfect. And you hit record, but you're on 60 frames. All of a sudden, your screen goes dark, and you watch it back at home. You, if you're looking, you know, um, through the camera, well, it looks still looks good. But mm-hmm. if you're looking at your LCD screen, like you sometimes do when you're self-filming or something, it goes really dark. Mm-hmm. And that sucks. And then the deer's right there, and you don't have time to adjust it. So what I learned over the years is how to drop my frame rate because if you go lower and then you hit record, it looks the exact same as it does on the LCD screen because mm. it's not trying to process so much so fast mm-hmm. that it's able to capture that light. And there's all these things. Uh, there's a lot that you think about when you when you really start getting into it. Yep. And the only reason I started thinking about it is because a couple of the guys on the team started throwing out uh, footage to me with uh, filmed with DSLRs. I thought, oh, my God. Well, I can't be the one, like, the owner and producer, Chase Nation, doing all the editing, running, like, you know, a camcorder. Right. If the, if some of my guys are throwing out, like, sexy footage that's, like, crisp lines, low-light stuff, silhouette stuff. I'm like, I got to get up on that. Mm-hmm. So uh, several of us now are running the Sony a- A7Ss. Um, if you watch, like, The Breaking Point, that's that's yeah. primarily yeah. what they're running, too. They're friends of the show as well. And they and they, and they they run the three. I run the twos. And, and, in fact, Steve Jeffrey and Dave Bechtel, they run twos, too, the A7S twos. Um, I, I, we, if, like, Dylan Lenz was here, and he'd probably back and forth with us a lot about the better of the two. And he, he used to run twos. Now he runs threes. Um, but low light. So you're saying we should have a we should have one of them guys from the Breaking Point and you on and have you guys it's argue about, on the podcast yeah. and make a series. Twos out or of threes, it? man. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get Dylan in here for sure. Videographers fight over cameras on the working class bow hunt. <laughs> Dueling cameramen. <laughs> Dueling cameramen. Uh, but 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 the point is is uh, what we noticed is when we started publishing stuff that was filmed at DSLR with those clean lines, super crisp pictures, mm-hmm. our viewer numbers went up, mm-hmm. and you know. From that point on, I'm like, man, we got to start taking this to another level because we have such stiff competition. I mean, we're, we're part of like what you call because we're online streaming. We're not on cable. 
I'm, but I'll be damned if I'm going to pay somebody to air my show. For a spot, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you want my show, you can pay me. I'm not going to pay there, you. There, to, that goes back to my right. question at the beginning of this the whole deal. <laughs> you know? That, I won't go too deep into that. Anyway. Well, so. Um, you don't need to be on a network, though. No, you don't. No. Not with the, not not these with the days. reach you can get with YouTube. Right. right. So, right. We're, so we're part of what you might call, like, the underground um, outdoor, you know, shows. Underground, though? I mean, I would call it underground just because um, – Okay, so so when you can, when you meet somebody and they say, "Oh, you have a TV show. It's called Chase Lynch. Cool. Where can I watch it? Or how do I watch it? What channel?" And most commonly, it's like, "What, what channel? channel is it on?" I'm like, "Man, you I didn't cut the cord yet." Can, can I ask you this, both yeah. of you guys here? Because I think we kind of went through the same thing with the growth of the podcast. Is so when when we started our podcast, so podcasts are going through the same thing that hunting shows, air quotes, went through. Yeah. Um, when we started our hunting podcast. It was kind of like, oh, damn, I'll check that out. I've never listened to a hunting podcast. And then it was like this up climb. And now it's almost like, oh, yeah, we do a podcast. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, everybody does a podcast. Right, now. Right, yeah. like, did well, you when guys... we first started, too, it was like no one knew what a podcast even was. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, it's been six six years. For, uh, you know what? First time I did yeah, a podcast, I hadn't even heard of a podcast. And so I got an email saying, hey, we would love to have you on the show. I'm like, what kind of show is this? You know, yeah. where, where's the studio? And it was um, – it was Big Buck Registry. Yeah, yeah, they're oh, yeah. they're the OGs. They're they're yeah. they're old school. I, I think they've been around two or three years before us. You two know, years at least. And and we I've I don't, I've done, I've like done that show four maybe four maybe five. I don't even know with them. Uh, that was I mean I haven't talked to them in a few years too. But I think, the, I think the same year that you and I uh, rolled, yeah. we, that was they they were uh, one of the few at the beginning, as far as I was aware. I guessed on one way back in the day, um, probably like. I bet you 10, 11 years ago, I was a guest on one. And that it kind of got me thinking about it. But I always got in, I, I listened to Rogan from like the start. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that'd be cool to start one. But anyway, um, kind of what I'm getting at, like why we started though, there was nothing that was like, like what we were doing. But then now it's like hunting camp radio or whatever, blue collar or whatever. Um, but now it's almost like, oh, yeah, we do a podcast. But like, no, we're not like, like that. Right. I don't know how True. to explain what I mean, but. Well, I think I think a lot of stuff on YouTube is kind of that. There's like a phase of that, uh, like vlogging, like vlog hunting, mm-hmm. where you're oh, just yeah. you're walking out with the camera in your face, talking to the camera all day. We're like, but that's more recent, right? Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Last like, like three, public, four years. I'd say the hunting public is a vlog style I for mean, sure. It, yeah. It's more of a. Um, it's not high in production. I love them. Comfortable. Well, I was gonna say like, well, like what, what Sam like. I don't do anything with the footage. Like I take it and I send it to him. But like what he does with it is. Like he's got hours invested. Well, do you, that, you do know? you guys feel like going back to like you're talking about like oh yeah we're not on the network? Yeah. Do you kind of feel like the market for video hunting shows like at first? So say I'm Mr. Marketing guy that yeah. I'm willing to write checks, and you come to me, you're like oh yeah we're a hunting show. Yeah. Then you're like fuck, of course we're a hunting show because there's everyone's got a hunting show. Oh yeah. You know what I mean a little bit, yeah. but you have to almost like nah, but look though we're not the average. Yeah, just watch it underground show like you use like you guys are more. I guess for the video, by your guys' quality and passion and commitment at this point, like you have your years in, like more kings of the underground than you are just in the mix of the underground. I'd like to say that, you know, not take the white gloves off for a minute and say, you know, we're, I always, always want to strive for a cut above the rest, no matter what. Even when we're still trailing somebody, um, I don't want to be, I don't want to watch somebody else's show and be like, man, we could do so much better. I, I still think that all the time. Um, but I don't want to feel like when I watch somebody's cutting edge stuff, like 
I think Michael Mansell and Dylan Lenz as a combo, and even you know with Brennan, he's great with the camera too. Now, mm-hmm. I think that that show, the way that the Breaking Point films and produces, is exceptional. Yeah, and I look at him like a benchmark. But I don't. I used to kind of feel like, dang man, we need to get to that level. But now right. I think we've rounded that turn. Now we're we're on the same playing field, mm-hmm. and it's been a goal of mine. Not just looking at them, but when I say benchmark, I always benchmark. Yeah, I mean you should see the tech strings. Everybody benchmarks. Oh man, I work for John Deere. We benchmark. You think we don't have other brand combines parked in our shop? Right? <laughs> you know, right. So you know what I mean. And, and, yeah. But 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 the thing that we in and I and part of like when I talk about underground, part of the underground idea behind it's it's unscripting it's unscripted you know reality tv so to speak there's nothing more annoying than and i'm not going to name drop any of the shows on cable but nothing more annoying than watching a guy shoot a deer when it's overcast and then watch him uh, pull his bow back and shoot an arrow into the sand below him (laughs) with you know it's a totally different sky yeah we don't do that and travis can speak to that all day long we've been filming together where i'm like i'm I wish I was recording when you said that, but we're not going back and re-recording that. It just sucks. Cool. Yeah. And I learned that a lot from Jared Scheffler when I filmed with Whitetail Adrenaline. Mm-hmm. That was one thing Jared always was remarkable uh, remarkable about. You know, it surprised me. Um, he prepped me from the beginning when I started filming with them. Um, he's like, hey, sometimes I'll ask leading questions because I, I can kind of tell where you're going with something, but I, I didn't have the camera rolling. So I'm gonna hit, I, when, I, when I hit record, I won't tell you. But I'm going to ask a leading question, and it's just to remind you to talk about something. That doesn't mean go say it the exact same way. That doesn't mean stage what you say. Just say it, it natural. Say it natural. Right. Don't right. answer it like yeah. There, there's stuff know. that applies there a little bit with podcasting too. You know, it's like uh, if I want. I mean, this doesn't happen often, but it happens when needed. Like if I'm bringing up something, I want Eric to talk about. You know, Eric's a very limited dude when you talk. Like you're not overly expressive but if i want to get something out of you i might ask you something a certain way because i know you'll go through it sure sure but yeah i get that that's cool though you do that um okay so i was gonna ask you something too going back on the whole like video thing um so (laughs) you you mentioned the breaking point which eric you're pretty close to the breaking point guys i i know him and we've had him on the show but i'm not as close to him as you actually uh did our video for the for our wedding yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. So we're due to have them guys back on. Yeah, we got to have them we on. We get them sure. in the studio. So you, I'm assuming you're good friends with them. Cause I, I wouldn't say good friends. Not, not be, the only reason I say that is because I kind of say that for like truly, you know, good friends that we you know, spend a lot of time together. Right. Dylan and I um, talk a lot on social media, like on Messenger. I, I ask him camera questions. I, I think the guy is a genius when it comes. In fact, yeah. if you watch like some of uh, his tips and tutorials on running the Sonys, um, on YouTube, um, those uh, to me are really helpful because when I bought that camera, when you buy, um, a, I would call it a professional DSLR, you are now leaving the okay, hit record, here's a button for zoom in and out, you know, and like there's three little buttons on a prosumer camcorder for like, you know, on an AX100 mm-hmm, right. that's like, oh, okay, um, ISO, aperture, whatever. These cameras, there's so much to learn. You know, white balance is something that I always, always use. Um, And custom white balance is something that I learned from Dylan. And the reason is because, okay, so it's cloudy out during the day. So you go to your white balance and you pick cloudy and you're like, eh, it's a little warm. Like, you know, it's a little orange or or brown shades Mm -hmm. or whatever. So you kind of like bring it down to, say, 
I guess incandescent warm. There's a setting on the on the A7S that. Did you were making film seem so intimidating? I'm, yeah, <laughs> but so you, I'm but, still on that phone. It's level. way ab- it's GoPros. way above my wage way my wage brand right now. <laughs> we're filming shit with GoPros and calling it a day. <laughs> Say like a white like a white color. Um, you, your whites might be a little bit shaded one color or the next. You know, like mm-hmm. you look at what you're seeing on your screen, and then you look naturally, and you're like, that just doesn't look the same. Right. Okay. Maybe if you're going for some sort of dramatic, you know, footage, maybe maybe it's or a certain okay. vibe to like a whole project or but, something like but that. The, but but what's really annoying is just like bad audio. I'm, I'm sure you can relate with a with a podcast. Mm-hmm. I hate when you have bad audio in a video. Mm-hmm. Um, like this year when I shot that big buck on film. I didn't have my I, – I, I had my mics, my wireless mics, but the little, like, coily cable that plugs the receiver into the camera was on my, my computer desk at home. Mm. So we had to film a shotgun mic, and so it was windier than hell. And for that reason, one of my favorite, you know, films is crappy. Right. But but um, but probably probably just in your eyes, though. Like, everybody else yeah. is probably cool with it. I'm sure nobody – yeah. The, the no biggest, one even probably realized, but, but no. you. Yeah, like I was telling you about when it rendered down, when I, <laughs> there's, like, the green flashes at mm-hmm. the end yeah. when we get to Kissel's uh, Deer Shack there, man. It, that bothers the hell out of me. Everything's I meant to do because it kind of goes with the music. Yeah. I'm like, bro. That's I'm like, I thought it was part of the edit, to be I honest too. with you. I'm so, like, some yeah. of the stuff, you just have to send it, though. Like, example, on our end, we launched a podcast. The day we were recording this podcast, we launched a podcast today. Yeah. And we let um, our wives take over the show and kind of talk about, like, pros and cons of, like, being married to somebody who's, like, so into hunting. Mm-hmm. And I let I kind of, like, roughly taught my wife how to drive. And you can hear some, like, cutouts and some, like, right. j- certain signal coming through. And it's, like, it's... It, I could edit it out, but I'm like, man, I'm just going to send it because it's that's kind of part of, yeah, part of the deal real. for that day. It's just part of the deal, it you know. What it is, and I'm not going to. Nobody else probably think anything of it, but I do a little bit. Well, you know? we get we get a lot of flack too, um, unlike YouTube or I get private messages. YouTube people are assholes. People can be savage, <laughs> savage for real. We have oh, an yeah. interview with Rut Daniels. We did as a joke, oh, it was nice. a five minute interview, <laughs> and people. A guy commented and said, because we're talking about, you know, he's the biggest hunter ever. He's the best hunter of all time. Yep. Some guy's like, I don't know if I would call Rut Daniels the best hunter of all time. You have to consider Fred Bear. And he named off, like, all these legitimate <laughs> legends. And I commented, I was like, hey, uh, I hope you realize, like, this is a joke. Yeah. Like, good like, thing. Like, Rut Daniels is not a real I person. think I responded, like, good thing this is a joke with, like, a thumbs up emoji. And, like, I legitimately think the dude thinks Rhett Daniels is a real person. Well, hey, the, <laughs> There's the, a bunch the, of the comments positive, on that. The boss, positive thing is they look at your show like gospel. So they're really paying attention and they really listen to every word. That's cool, but it sucks. you got to throw like, the shade. Relax. Uh, we get shade a lot. I mean... I feel like there's like there's like gotta be like four or five people that every time we launch a video they just gonna hit the thumbs down. Just oh the yeah, hell of it. Before they even, oh, yeah. You can have a video, you can set it on a premiere as YouTube and it's an hour, say it's an hour long and it's got a thumbs down. It's like, yo, it hasn't been out an hour. You'd hate and just to hate, like, easy up there. You know? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, prime example, Joe Brond, um, he's a real soloist. I mean, he, he doesn't ever invite me to come film him or nothing because he's so spur of the moment, right? And he goes all over. He hunts Mississippi, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, um, every, anywhere he can go. And he's from Wisconsin. Of course, he hunts Wisconsin. Well, he goes down to Kansas, and he shoots this really nice buck. Um, I think, I want to say mid-upper 150s. Whatever. Yeah, it was, nice it was a great deer. Not that I care about score, but just to put it into perspective, anybody listening, uh, time length was significant. And um, this deer walks in, and when he takes a shot, the shot goes high. The deer didn't duck. 
Now, he's spined it. The deer goes down instantly, right? Nobody likes to see that, especially you as a hunter. You, you don't oh, want yeah. to see that. Mm-hmm. But you got to remember, like, how the spine work in a deer, it dips down in the front. So when you see the shot on slow motion, which I didn't show because I'm not going to glorify, you know, that shot because I know about the, the hate we're going to get from it. Mm-hmm. But if I wanted to, I could slow that down and show folks. It's just a bit above the shoulder. At the top of the shoulder, it's not much higher, but that spine dips down, and it it hit the bottom of the spine. The deer drops. As soon as he drops, Joe immediately says, and he's got, you know, his camera's on tri- on a arm, you know, facing him. And he goes, oh, my God. And he feels terrible. Yeah. yeah. And, he, and he's very um, religious. So he's, he's like, literally talking to God as he's getting another arrow ready. And then he shoots him again and finishes the deer. And then he sits there. And now I, because I know people aren't going to want to watch this deer flop. I then cut to the scene uh, where he goes, thank God, uh, deer just expired. And just like three to four days ago, some guy watched it. And he goes, LOL, LOL, LOL. You know, you can clearly hear that deer thrashing as he says the deer just expired. And I'm like, bro, I produced it. I know that didn't happen. Because I, <laughs> I was purposefully trying to avoid that kind of comment. Right. So I, I made a comment back to him as polite as I could without... Uh, being arrogant or dickish, but also getting my point across. I saw he deleted his comment and made a different one, which, you know, whatever. But still, I mean. People are ready to just hate, man. Everybody's, For everybody. some reason, it's easier to hate than throw a positive comment. Man. I mean, and, and I've and I, I, so my wife tells me, you know, you shouldn't. So I've unfortunately wounded a couple of really big animals on film, but I produced it. I ended up killing a different one later. And then I produce it, and I included that footage because that's part of my story. That's right. real, right? That's just bow hunting. That yeah. is unscripted reality. Right? It's funny we're talking about this. We just got done editing my second traditional kill, and I spine shot, put a spine shot on that deer. I mean, in my opinion, I guess, you're doing something totally different than what I'm doing. But when I put a poor shot on an animal or whatever, I guess if I can take anything away from it, I want to share it with people, show them what I did wrong. Maybe they don't make the same mistake or if they do make it, you know, they know how to handle it afterwards or whatever. Yeah. It's just educational in my opinion. And we had the conversation too. Like we're like, Hey, do we show this? Right. Do do we, do we make it seem like it was something different? And we both decide like that. Let's show it how it happened. Right. Um, Because honestly it happens. It happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it long enough, man, like, that's not how it works. No, 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 you bow hunt them long enough, you you got to put a second arrow in them. It's going to happen. Yep. Yep. The important thing is, like, you get in there, you take care of it how you need to take care exactly. of it. You know, and yep. that's being what being we, a human being. What we really wanted know? to do, though, from the beginning, is um, how do we relate to the everyday hunter? Well, we we can relate to the everyday hunter by heading everyday ground. I mean, everybody hunts or gets a chance to hunt public. If you don't, you could, right? Mm-hmm. A small acre private. We're being from Wisconsin. I mean, a big piece by us is like 20 acres. 40, that's really big. And if you get over 100, well, shit, I mean, that's really big. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't need to tell you guys, but anybody listen, let me tell you. You can burn out 120 acres, 240 acres so fast by overhunting it. It's not even funny because you have those walls around you, those invisible walls, private. You're like, hey, nobody's competing with me, right? Mm-hmm. So you just tend to beat the hell out of that property. Yep. And eventually, you know, you're the hunter, but it's like, it's not like the deer now are hunting you, you know, like, but the point is, is that they all adapt around you. That's the beauty of like that mobile hunting that, you know, I know everybody in this room does They keep the deer guessing and keep moving. Well, like we, 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 we show 
that side of things. Like, okay, I'm hunting. Okay, so f- look at last year and watch Dave Bechtel shoot this buck. I'm I'm on the ground and I filmed this thing. He just hung two stands up in the tree. He just lowered his bow hoist rope down to me. It's kind of raining just a touch. I tie his bow up and he starts hoisting it up. My camera is wrapped in a grocery bag from like, you know, Sendex. I don't know, some one of our local grocery stores. Coles. In in, in Coles, yeah. In, in, in this same yellow bag, same yellow bag, a backpack at the base of the tree, right by my feet. And I look, and here's a shooter coming right to us. He's at 65 yards. So now I got to open my backpack and I got to use that crinkly bag sound to get my camera out. And, some, and I'm standing at the bottom of the tree. I get my camera out somehow without the deer catching on. And I filmed Dave shoot this deer. I'm at eye level with the deer. And I'm on 12 acres, something like that. Right. And I brought him out there as a guest. The deer ran 150 yards. was immediately then on neighbor's property. He shot one lung. Now, it was just the quarter, quarter two shot. But he hit a lung. I knew, we knew that deer was going to die. Now I'm dealing with, I don't want to call them yuppies, but this is a bit of a upscale neighborhood area. Suburbs. This yuppies. is country suburbs. This isn't like suburbs of the city. This is, you know, I'm, we're hunting It's not over. sticky. It's, I, not, I, it's not sticky. Not a sticky place. Let me throw out something here and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Is it the kids that claim to be country, but their dad bought their diesel truck? 100%. Yeah. They, got, <laughs> yeah. they got a Confederate flag in the burbs you, you and the antenna whips that are hooked up? Yeah, yeah. they have a They got a bro dozer going? <laughs> yeah, a bro dozer. Yeah, yeah right. For sure. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, all right. So so um, it's four days before we recover this deer. We're all over the place, knocking on doors, asking folks. Uh, the now, first, can I cut you off real quick? In yeah. Wisconsin, can you, like, say it runs on the neighbors, can you legally go after that deer, or do you have to ask permission? You've got to ask you permission. permission. Well, okay. and, and you know what's worse? Uh, the warden, I call the warden. I'm familiar with the wardens. You gotta, if, if you're filming a show, you got to know the local wardens. Protest. So you are on the same page because you are the first in line to be blasted if oh, you yeah. screw up. Hey, so, you might want to say a little so, louder for people in the back on that one <laughs> in this industry lately, man. I, and I'm work. I'm kidding a little, but yeah. it's a real thing, man. So I, I uh, so I got him on speed dial. Props to you guys for that because that's a big deal, man. Keeps you out of shit. So I, I get in the phone with him and I'm like, hey, this is our local warden just writing our our county. There's only a couple of them in our county, and uh, I tell him the story. I'm like, I have a feeling a strong hunch this deer is dead on this guy's property, but I just recorded him telling me i don't want anybody stepping foot on my property i'll go for a walk out back and if i see him i'll call you otherwise you try calling me back and i'll let you know what i found and i'm like okay mind you this guy's like i could tell he was old i didn't know how old but when i met him he's real old like real old the game warden no the guy whose property the deer died on <laughs> oh, okay i got you gotcha. four days later now mind you this is the end of september it's hot deer is spoiled so it sucks. I said on, and like I say, I record everything. I said, man, I, it's so warm out. Uh, for the sake of us not spoiling the meat and for you not having to smell when you're dead downwind of this thing, if he is dead on your property, I would really like to change your mind. Mm-hmm. He was pretty firm no. Okay. Man. The deer died on his land. I found it from the road at 120 yards you could four days it. later. No. I mean, you'd think if I had my windows down, maybe I actually... I was working. I left work two hours early. I didn't even shoot the deer, but I hated that we lost that deer. I'm like, I know he's dead. So I just, and again, it's super green, so we got a, a heavy canopy. 
I'm driving up and down every road around the area, and I just happen to get a glimpse of white between some green brush, and I put it in reverse. I'm like, son of a bitch, there's a tire. There he is. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he died on the guy's property. When uh, we pulled up to the guy's place, I called Dave, and he had a guy coming. He was, like, he was selling his house or something, so he was like in the middle of like negotiation or whatever. <laughs> he's like, dude, this better be important. I'm like, dude, I just found him. And can you break like, off that? Uh, you use selling your house, so we got good <laughs> here. He's like, Are you serious? He was there like 15 minutes later, and he lived close by. He flies out there, jumps in my truck. We go over there, and we're glassing the thing from the road. I'm like, That's him. He's like, By God, he's dead. And I'm like, Well, of course, he's dead. He's like, I can't believe you found him from the road. And then all of a sudden, here comes like this 80 plus year old hobbling out in his yard and he comes up to my truck and i'm like oh this is gonna be weird here we (laughs) go and he goes did you guys shoot that deer and we're like yep he's like did you guys call me a couple nights like three four nights ago i said yeah he goes why didn't you call me back i said sir i called you every single day for four days including about two hours ago but i couldn't get you an answer (laughs) he said a landline just wasn't there he goes well what number were you calling i'm like the only number i had that we talked the first time you said call you back so i called you every day and he's like well get that thing out of here i already called the the town and they're coming to remove him because he stinks to high heaven or whatever i was like okay <laughs> okay yeah we'll After go get I him. Told this you would have been a lot easier just to do this on the first day yeah. so you watch that and it's funny i mean you see dave like me i filmed him puking i'm not gonna lie i bet you it was rank and i go hey man <laughs> what, what did september? you I'm like, september i'm like Whoa. what color was that what? he's like buffalo wild wings last night. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny turn that turn the white balance up on that yeah <laughs> but but i mean i know that's a long story but just to put into perspective when i say unscripted i mean like yeah. legit like this is it we film going up to doors we film talking to landowners being mean pa- and it nice. paints a good picture man oh, yeah. and and i don't know did we miss like where if someone's like man this guy's interesting you guys are cool I want to watch it we don't think we covered where you're at oh man it's um, I stream everything on Facebook YouTube we're on Amazon Prime oh, that's a different series I'll, I'll tell you that in a second and then uh, we're on Carbon TV mm-hmm. the unscripted adventure series is on all of them okay. uh, uh, no no I shouldn't say all of them it's on all but Prime but Prime okay. I saved the best for Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, and we call that series the uh, visual storytellers. Mm-hmm. And that's the stuff that's filmed, like you go back to video quality. That's the stuff that's filmed, like, pristine. The, best of the best. The edit's the best. The The whole storyline is the best. I mean, Travis's buck from last year is going to – he's coming up on season two here. That's me airing, like, in a couple weeks. Cool. Uh, everywhere but Amazon Prime. You know, the Amazon Prime. That will be on Prime. That oh, will th- be on that, Prime. that's – okay. That's, okay. That, that particular hunt is already on uh, all the other channels, but it hasn't gotcha. made Prime, but it should have been because gotcha. it is so well done. So when you like, when you guys launch a new episode, does it go to all those platforms like the same day or within the week or yeah, how does that work? I'm not that – this is um, – so Chase Nation is my side hustle, mm-hmm. and um, it's one that I invest a lot of myself into. But when um, – you know, when you talk about moonlighting – Mm-hmm. Uh, it puts moonlighting into perspective. This is legitimately one of those things that I I don't I have two little kids. I have a four year old and a, and a three year old, mm-hmm. and so life's weird at home. Yeah, you know. And then I'm married. I don't hear that term often. Moonlighting. Oh man, it's well, you, is that like a common thing? It's a, un, it's a union thing. It is working on the side. It's it's side hustle. government. I call it government work. All right. So, <laughs> but but it's legitimately under moonlight. I mean, it it, it it's either moonlight or shades of blue in the morning. You it's know, what our podcast is. Up. It's a lot of this is moonlighting. It's a lot of is government that? work. 
<laughs> mine is like, okay, so kids are in bed and they don't go to bed on time because for some reason we've allowed them for their whole short, innocent lives to live or to, 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 to you know, not to go to bed until say, you know, uh, 9.30 you know maybe 10 and then unfortunately there's a lot of nights where it's even beyond that yeah so when they finally go to sleep and you finish up the work day and it's like all right sweetheart now we finally have a minute to like talk to each other it's like well shit i'm too tired let's just say a few words and then have a drink and like watch a show (laughs) to talk to each other and i always say you know people ask like what i mean by moonlighting and i'm like listen it's after my kids go to bed um you know my wife her breathing i know her breathing all the the years how it changes i know she's she's about asleep and that's when i flip the covers over i get out of bed i go downstairs into the editing studio and i produce till about one two in the morning sometimes later like when i did travis's for that new series we got coming up I was producing that till about four thirty. Well, and he, you can tell when he does it because we have a staff page, mm-hmm. and he'll like he'll post it at like two in the morning. Yeah, so like yeah. you'll get up and then get ready <laughs> oh, for yeah. work. It's like Sam was up three hours ago. Yeah, like, yeah. That's why you must not have to get to work till like nine or something the next day. No, it's usually it's a start time is like the eight o'clock thing. That's it's fair. Secondly, seven thirty, but we work remote now, so nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're still editing when I get up for work. Yeah, yeah. It's probably if, I've been waking up at three thirty and getting to work early lately. Three, yeah, three thirty is about when I get up. It's a tough go, man. Like, but hey, that's what you got to do. It is but, what it is. No, that's cool, man. It's cool to hear. Um, I'm sure people that either already watch your show, it's cool for them to hear some of this kind of. I don't know. It's behind the scenes, but like yep. background type stuff. Yeah. You know what you guys do. But can we talk about the new series a little bit yet? Are we already that point? Yeah, I love. I mean, yeah, I think so. You should. You know what, Travis? Travis. Okay, so there's an. I'll just I'll segue it. So there's two new series that are coming up in 2021. Um, one of them is going to be called uh, Campfire Stories. And so everybody from the team, they send me their footage. I put it together. I, I use the timeline based on you know the t- date and time stamps. Um, that come with the video. You know, I hear the stories from them. They tell it to me. I got a visual in my head. But when you start looking at the um, the footage, you kind of piece it together. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and as an editor, you have to rough cut, say, you know, like Travis last year, I, I think he had maybe nine and a half hours on that card of footage Woof. from the season. Mm-hmm. Now, rough cut nine and a half hours down to, say, 30, 45 minutes. Whew. Now you're starting to piece together, okay, this piece I want to keep, this piece. And so rough cutting is like, it's a it's a lengthy process. Episode right. went to like, oh, episode 13, 14? 14 minutes maybe. So yeah, that's crazy. And yeah. you have to be able to tell the whole story as fast as you can. That's right? impressive, man. How long does it take you to cut through that amount of footage? I think for an average 18 to 24 hours. Jeez. For, to get from start to finish. You got patience, man. I can't sit at a computer for that's, like twelve minutes. Thinking about that, in my perspective, I would have thought a lot longer. Well, and that's and that's why. So we get the heartburn about, like, say, YouTube and YouTube following. It sucks, and it's like <laughs> we put all this time. You're out here, no, like you're out here, bu- you're out here busting your ass. We you bust our get, asses, and right. we do, we're doing it. Like, okay, so for the first two seasons, we never ever accepted an invitation to have a sponsorship. We had we had companies propose opportunities to us and turn them all down and i always said to them we don't have a strong enough following community yet we don't have the the, the numbers well, lever- to, leverage to, really we don't, yeah i don't have the i don't i can't mm-hmm. qualify ourselves well enough to give you back what you're putting in 
I want to start the relationship out better. Why don't we wait a year or two and see where we're at, and then let's reconvene. And that says a lot about who you guys are because that'll any guy out there that has a production show or anything would be like, yeah. Oh, we have a sponsorship opportunity. Yeah. Let's jump on that right away. Mm-hmm. And you know I get a lot of a lot of guys that say, oh, "So how much you making doing that?" And I'm like, "Dude, uh, you want to talk negative? Because I mean, <laughs> the amount of money that it costs to produce a show is is stupid. I mean, three hundred bucks a year just to like get the music license to have licensed music I can use. That if I wanted to monetize our channel, I could without any flack." Um, or, you know, YouTube won't send you a weird copyright warning or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just to have a website, 300 bucks, to have e-commerce on there, another 350 mm-hmm. for who we go through. And so you're now you're in like a grand just for music licensing and for website maintenance and e-commerce. Yeah. I mean, just th- I mean, so it's just... People don't realize that stuff, no. man. Like Eric and I live that life a little bit, and yeah. Doug's getting into that even more as, as we go, and Chandler's piling into it as well, but like... That's stuff me, Eric and I have been going through as a podcast is you yeah. know even different because it, it it was niche market until recent right the last year and a half two years and now it's flooded huh now it's it's flooded now but it's almost been better for us that it's flooded because we've already had like our footings you know the concrete's been hardened and we already got you know we're already up you, you know you've so, got you've got the people that are gonna follow no get the people what, and you know. and I think what we've done is. Uh, and, and not to take away from your new series, though, I guess we're kind of just rolling a conversation <laughs> that here. That happens every time. We'll go yeah, back to it. So easy. It's just natural. <laughs> that's, that's why it's fun, you know? Yep. But I think we've just always not given a fuck to a fair amount where it's like, you know, we've dropped sponsors. And we don't talk about all of it because it doesn't need to be talked about. But we've dropped sponsors because a sponsor works with people who are fucking poachers and it's just not what we vibe with. And we've called poachers out, which has hurt us in the initial because it hurts. I always say this, and it sounds a little harsh. Um, it, people get upset. It's funny when you call out a poacher in the industry. The people who get upset with you are the people that are sucking dicks in the industry that are involved in that circle. Of who's or, or, they're or they're poachers, or they're poachers. Yeah. It, it's one or the other. And uh, we've dealt with all of them. And man, it's crazy the stuff we know about. Once you call somebody out on poaching, the stuff that the people that reach out to you and say, yeah. "Just so you know." Watch out for this motherfucker. Um, but we've done that, and it's hurt us, but then it's helped us in the long run. Like, we've yeah, dropped sponsorships over it. It's and important. It's important because that's real. the future. Like, you have to – It's a you have to be abrasive for the good sometimes. Yeah. And if that's what it takes, fuck them. But, you know, it's a weird area to play, you know. it's right. um, But it's done us better in the long run. But it's uh, – It's worked out. Yeah. But no one else is willing to do that because True. a lot of people are willing to just do weird things for a 25% – yeah, go, go go along with the crowd just to yeah, get the twenty five. Turn a blind eye, right? Whereas, like, I don't even want to use that example. A top sponsor did something goofy that we didn't agree with. Yeah, we might drop them, but we're not going to blast them. But right, right. if they did something really dirty, then yeah, we might maybe. But you know, there's a time to do it and time not to do it. You but never know what's going to happen on this show. Right. But I don't know where <laughs> we, we led into we, that. Now. We talk to the like don't. Don't burn bridges either, you know? Yeah, yeah. don't burn bridges either, but at a be point, honest. There's a point where it's like, fuck them. Yeah, right. uh, fuck them, right. There's a, there's I a can point swim. There. Yeah. So, so <laughs> right. they got floaties. <laughs> right, right. But and I don't even know where I got down on that tangent. I, but. Think, I think we're going into the new series. Oh, the right? new yeah, let's go back to the new series, yeah, all right. Hey? All right. <laughs> hey, let's get back to that one. Hey, that okay. new series. So, so I guess the important thing here is, you know, and, and I'm a writer too, right? So I've been writing for, I want to say, 18 years. 
since I was like in my late teen years, I started writing for outdoor magazines, and um, as the internet got more popular, I managed a whitetail website. Um, I was a managing editor there, and I've, I've been writing for a long time. So you got to forgive me. Sometimes when I talk, you almost kind of get carried away with details. I'll start talking about like the way the wind f- kissed my cheeks or something, you know, weird, and you're like, "What the fuck?" You know, is he getting poetic about something? <laughs> huh? I, I try to like right, make right. people feel like they're there. Yeah, you understand right. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so, like, I. It, that's my downfall is like trying to tell a story and you're just asking a simple question so i i probably the reason we got carried away on that conversation it's also our podcast man don't don't yeah. blame yourself <laughs> but but the point we'll, we'll bring it back in yeah, right yeah. we'll yeah. reel back so there's two new series though and the one we were just talking about was campfire stories um and that one in particular is uh, a way for uh, everybody on the team to tell their side of the story so what I was, where we got loose here is when I was talking about I'm getting footage from everybody and I'm putting my own interpretation after rough cutting uh, of, of their, their story together. Right. And they watch it back and they say, you know, hey, man, thanks for working your magic or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. On to the next one. But the thing is, is that there's so much more behind it. Um, in in particular, like the first episode we filmed of of Campfire Stories with this Travis here, and we just did that about four nights ago. I want to say Saturday I, night. Saturday night, I filmed him shoot a late season doe, and his dad shot a late season doe, mm-hmm. a dry doe, which you know is a real loose term. I don't think people really know what the hell a dry doe is, mm-hmm. but when you know how rare a dry doe is. He shot one, you know, I mean, field dressed at like, what, 120? 120, she didn't have any phones in her? No. No kidding. No. Say she came in solo. Yeah. So, I mean. It looked like really? a cow elk, man. It was such a big Looks deer. like a duck, walks like a duck, had to be a dry dog. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, and so, and, and I'll, I'll let Travis speak a little bit more to that, but then there's one other series, and, uh, and that's called Taste of the Wild. And so we were thinking about. How can we leverage our viewership numbers? And so one of the ways was, well, we cook wild game. We're hunters. We cook it all the time. And you can go on YouTube all day long and look up these shows. But some of them are just too long. They're a bit annoying. And one of the things that's nice is when you can find something when you're like, hey, how do I cook, you know, venison on the grill, right? Mm -hmm. Simple. But let me get some ideas for different recipes. So if you put a fancy word to it and you actually spice it up to meet the name that you're putting with it, and then you demonstrate in a cinematic way at high quality, high definition, here's how we season, here's how we prep, here's what we cut off, here's how we cut the meat, mm-hmm. all of that. And then you show the cooking part and, and you don't use any words. So there's totally no words, just some you know music in the background but you're using some text on the screen and you can cut that mm. to three to five minutes. Now Perfect. people get used to that format mm, and they can always rely on you and then they can rewind. They know how to navigate your channel to see, okay, I know they do the seasoning every time at the beginning. So they always know how to, so that's, that's the other one. Taste Dude, I think, and keep it short Ooh. and sweet too. Little, I think you're on, are under like, yeah, after the kill stuff too. And yeah, then, yeah. And you can put a direct link in the description right to the kill if you really want to, because these might be non-hunters, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you want to see the kill of the animal or a hunt like that, right. we'll put direct links down in the description. Go watch the hunt happen here. Okay, so let's let's talk about taste for the wild a little bit. Let's focus on that before we get to the other series yeah. because. My wife and I talk about this a lot. This is something that hits me. This is something I will watch a lot. Mm-hmm. So I've done the same circle of recipes since I've been hunting. You know, the oh, yeah. the same backstrap recipes, the same roast rep recipes, the same Hamburgers, like... Hamburgers. Yep. And, same and thing. It's good. 
but I'm always there's got to be more. Yeah. Right? yeah. And but the thing is, and you know, um, for example, like a meat eater does this kind of the thing, but it's like they're using shit and seasonings that nobody fucking has. Dude, you got to go to the store if you want to cook. I mean, and yeah. you got to go to like fancy ass. Yeah, you got to go to right. Whole Foods, which is a liberal whole deal. And it's like <laughs> I want to get into meat eating the whole liberal thing because right. we all have our. Assumptions yeah, or it's here. like uh, but if you want our like, seasoning, you gotta go. You gotta buy it from us. Like I want to yeah. use Laurie's and do do it. It's like you want to <laughs> make a you know? yeah, yeah. You gotta have some like witch's tit fucking <laughs> frost seasoning <laughs> that you buy at Whole Foods in <laughs> Chicago. Right, you gotta yeah. go to and Mermaid's working here, class. Too. You gotta like just keep it real. Elbow off Biden supporters while you're getting in there to buy a pound of dehydrated morel mushrooms for 250 bucks you I'm know yell I mean? at you for not wearing a mask <laughs> yeah yell, well, yeah fighting them off elbow to elbow while they're yelling at you for not having a mask on. just to get some I'm goddamn get some mermaid tears <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude I, I, I always marinate my back shafts in mermaid tears <laughs> always mermaid always tears. dude there's a mermaid there's a mermaid hotspot by shaboggin Oh damn! What the fuck right. are mermaid tears? I don't know. I, I just don't said it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I was just rolling with it. Sounds great though. It. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's not realistic to the dude that lives mm-hmm. in the stickiness area of Illinois. But right. the thing is, is you can make something so easy that people just don't consider. Like the first episode, I just filmed it literally yesterday, mm-hmm. and it's Sitka deer. It's mm. Sitka deer that was shipped home whole that was just butchered over at Kissel Shack. And um, when I was over there filming uh, recently, the uh, we were filming the campfire. Story. Yeah, the campfire story with Travis. Um, he and his dad flipped me a, a half of a backstrap. I was like, "Well, this might be the good start to it." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're going to feature a lot of different recipes. Something as simple as cedar playing salmon, and, and the reason is like for something like that is because anybody you don't have to be a hunter or fisherman to eat salmon. Right, right? Everybody right. wants to know how to make it. Well, you go listen. to Costco and buy a whole shit ton of it. Like, you know? I'm not. I mean, but we're like not trying to us, for us though. We're like close enough to Lake Michigan. Oh, yeah. like, right. We got a hookup. It, right. you know, right. Yeah. I mean, we did. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it. We did a short film. And by uh, the way, sorry if I shit all like you guys are going to Whole Foods to get your shit. Oh, and no. you're going to do rest recipes but no, we're not. so we're <laughs> not that that yuppie last, <laughs> last year kissel kissel's family they taught us a, a new tactic so like we did a short film called ladder fishing and it's literally we wait out in chest waders or like i did a swimsuit when it was way too cold um with like a, fine. an eight foot ladder on your shoulder <laughs> and a fishing rod in the other and a net and you put it out in the, and the sand is really firm so it doesn't sink in much you just get a little weight on there and she gets herself stable mm-hmm. and you sit on top of the ladder and that gets you out closer to the break and oh, when no the kidding. you know when the when the salmon are closer and you know your odds are up a little bit hmm. and without a boat never talk, heard of such a thing talk, talking about like you know surf fishing Real. I was no, not expecting you to actually using a ladder when you no, said ladder. No, actually, no, <laughs> not. We, we, That's amazing. It's hook them right off the top of a step ladder. It's called mobile really? fishing. In man. fact, when yeah. we, when mobile fishing. <laughs> mobile fishing. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 yep. And so when we finish this podcast, you guys got to watch that because that's okay. That's really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah you know, puts sure. everything into perspective. <laughs> but the idea is, um, it doesn't matter if you're fishermen, outdoorsmen in general, or whatever. You might find our channel. And if you are an outdoorsman, you never heard of us. Well, there'll be links to our haunts or fishing you know we i fish, I fish muskies like crazy so mm-hmm. there'll be clips of that and the salmon fishing like the ladder fishing how often do you think you're going to put the series out okay or? so we're going to do probably eight campfire stories per season mm-hmm. um they take a long time to produce yeah uh so i want to do about eight of those we well, want uh, sorry go ahead sorry and with with the with the recipe ones um the taste of the wild we're gonna have about a dozen we i'm i'm not the kind of guy that's like oh hey our format's 12 
you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Maybe 12, maybe 15. Just hey, do what it applies. It was really hard this year. Maybe we did 10. Right. But the point is, is that after years of doing this, people are going to start to remember it. My hope is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this one with the Sitka deer. Well, I mean, come on. I mean, not many people get sick of deer. In fact, after it was I, off of Kodiak Island too, like, which is so that so, oh, okay. yeah. So I want to cool. I, I want to reach out to an audience that's like, damn, they they even do sick of deer or or muskox? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, or moose and that kind of thing. We have everything from that down to squirrel, and we'll get it down to a science and do it real fast so you don't get bored. Can I, can I put in a request? Yeah, on, on air if that's okay, um, because I I shot my first black bear last last year and i've eaten a lot of it so far but i'm like kind of saving some of it for i want to learn different recipes to make yeah there is a high shortage of bear, bear black bear recipes yes. on youtube how, man. how do you like it okay so like you shot in wyoming right mm-hmm. is it is it pretty oily compared to venison so and chewy People, I don't. I people, ate some. I I've been saving the other backstrap. Greasy, I should say. Oh, that's, greasy. that's what I would say. Kind of a greasy. greasy yeah. yeah. I, I find it. So I, I ate one backstrap in camp with everybody, and I say I've been saving the other one. I haven't eaten that yet, but I've eaten. I've done like barbecue and Italian roast out of it, and it's delicious. I didn't. I think it's kind of like a weird blend between like venison and pork. Dude, that's that's exactly what I say. It's a. It's, it's pretty much. Venice, if you cross venison and pork, that's yeah, what you it's, get. It's more venison side, but it's like with pork and. Well, and still, they're like, from the pig family, right? Yeah, aren't they? They're like giant raccoons. They're, they're, they're giant raccoons. Bear is weird. When I, sh- I sh- weird. the last bear I shot, the guy that baited for me skinned it, and when that thing was hanging there, it's like that looks like a fucking person. It looks like a human. <laughs> it's, it's we skinned weird. my bear out so on the mountain, and I'm like, that looks like a human thigh. It's weird. It is, it is weird. Range man. Some guys love it, and some guys are like, we don't eat those. I was getting – before we go on, I want to talk about yeah. the other series. Yeah, yeah. That's what we do here. Um, I was So we skinned my bear out and quartered it out, put it in game bags on the mountain, got it off the mountain. We get back to camp. I'm in the canvas wall tent. Chandler brought his uh, – you brought your vac sealer. Yep. I'm in one of the tents. Nobody was sleeping in there, so I put a bunch of coolers up like tables, and I'm in there cutting up the bear quarters and the roasts and just kind of – Basically, I just quartered it out and cut it into roast and then vac sealed it all. Um, what, what beer you got over there? Bush Light. I'm drinking some of your guys' uh, fancy Wisconsin oh, go beer. F- yeah, go for it. I went from the IPA to the pills, and that's shocking. I thought I was getting the IPA. And hey, got they the pills. sell this in the Wisconsin. Pi- I'm going to rep both koozies right now, the empty and the, and, the, the full. Nice. The, the, the pills is goes uh, down a little easier than that IPA, though. It's just shocking going from one to the other. Yeah. But yeah. Um, when, I was cutting, when I was cutting up the bear... I got mixed reviews, and they were all kind of kidding, razzing me a little bit. But I'd have some of the guys from the area would walk by the camp. And, I cannot believe you're cutting that thing up and you're taking it home. Like I don't even. Were they dead serious? These. Yeah, um, these but, are guys that live out west that yeah. are around bears all the time, razzing me, but like serious. So, yeah. oh really? And then other guys would be like, "Dude, I'd take the meat." Like Devin, our buddy up the Devin White Teeth on the planet, he's like, <laughs> "I this is the best, dude. This is great meat. I'd keep this. It looks good." And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I'm going to eat the shit out of it, you know? Oh, and uh, I really enjoy it. I, I got to tell you, so just this, <laughs> oh, this a few days ago by Kissel Shack, when we were cutting up those doughs and, and recording, um, we ate mountain goat burgers. And I'm like, God damn. What are they? I said, God so I said damn. to his dad, I said, is that mixed with uh, pork? He goes, no. And I, I was thinking mountain goat was going to taste like lamb. 
or sh- you know, yeah, uh-huh, it right. has nothing at all like that. It tastes exactly like ground beef, in my opinion. Like you maybe eating a euro, really? yeah, and, and it's got a lot of fat in it. Yeah, so you, a euro. Yeah, you look a euro. at the fat. I saw the white fat, and I thought, man, I hate venison fat. So I hope this doesn't Towel, taste weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'll tell you what, money, and really? not only that, but I had heart venison heart one time. It was pre frozen, and then it was cooked way too long, and I was like, I'll yeah. never eat that again. It tasted like Tough. I was eating blood or something. So we cut the heart out of the, one of the two deer that they shot that night, and he's like, Kissel recipe. I'm like, all right. Kissel recipe go. is pretty simple, man, but I'll tell you what. You medallion it, throw some Lowry's on it. If Lowry's on it, slam her down. With Sometimes the less is more. Slam her down. I will flop her down. <laughs> I went home. And a pound of lard. <laughs> I bragged to my wife. I'm like, I, I don't know if you'll ever try it, but don't ever think I'm not bringing heart home every deer I shoot now. I'll tell you, too, before we go on, go ahead. Channel. No, I was going to say, my son Cody, he is extremely picky, and if there's one thing that he will clean his plate on, it's deer heart. For whatever reason, cook it like rare, and that kid will eat a half of a deer heart by itself. Yep. No kidding. It's oh, so I, good. I've gotten in it the last couple of years to where that's like the delicacy for me. It melts in your mouth. Yeah, it's yeah, good. It it's really good. So Sounds we did like, uh, need to go to Kessel Shack for <laughs> Before <laughs> we go on to the, dinner. the campfire yeah. series here quick, I want to finish. So Dan and Sean, our, our boys from Team Working Class from out east, came out. And I, they're, I told them to have to come back next year because there's my good luck charms. I had no luck. I killed a doe and both my bucks while they were here in camp. They stayed here. Nice. How many like, days was that? That makes days better. Six days. No oh, shit. I went from like and slow season to I'm tagged out in six days. I got deer out. I didn't get from them. Um, they nice. stayed in here because they're here just hunting public land and whatever. Yeah. But um, I I kept a deer heart and we cut it up and deep fried it. And whatever seasoning they made up, it was like insane. I've eaten a lot of so deer. Deep fried is. I mean, I'm new to heart, but man, I would try that now. I would try oh. the heart anyway, other right. than frozen. It, it was and, insane. And cooked like over. garlic salt on it. It was. It was nuts. Dan's got a bunch of different recipes for all kinds of. They're shit. They're just way better cooks than all of us. Right. But, um, so I'm. I'm really looking forward to that series, cool. man. That's cool. going to be good. Too. Yeah, I will I be. Uh, I bet you over half your views will be from my household. <laughs> Make going like back and forth, like yeah. nice. Hey, and, and an open to request too. So like, I would really appreciate if anybody sent me private messages. Like, hey man, I'd love to see this done because I'm pretty sure, based on the network that we've got, if there's a type of meat that you can kill in North America, we know somebody that has a little enough to give us, you know, to contribute. Yeah, yeah. People, I mean, I just did a wild game dinner. We sponsored Chase Nation did for uh, a veterans um, facility that did this big cookout, right? And this was just not even like, I don't even know, like seven, eight months ago. And everybody from the team donated moose, bear. Possum. Um, there was moose. Not bear. possum. There was, no, there was no possum. We had moose. <laughs> we had bear. We had elk. We had, jeez, uh, I don't even know. Um, oh, we, we even had, uh, what's that? Cool deer that Nick Nick shot. Oh, Axis deer. Axis deer. deer. He yep. goes, "Hey man, this is the butter of venison. This I heard that the best venison you can ever have." And I'm like, "You're gonna give me something?" He's like, well, "I'm gonna give you the liver." And I'm like, "Come on, dude. <laughs> the <laughs> liver. We got a, we got the like filter? 150 Fucking people Nick. to feed, and you can give me a liver." And he's like, "Then <sighs> he gave me. He just didn't want to give it to you. No, no. He's, he's like, like, give it up. He's like, I kind of want to brag that I got this. Like, who the hell brought the liver home to be like, I'm gonna pawn this off some veterans? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> give this chair. It turned out good. And we did everything from like, you know, we did ducks. We in and, and I'm really particular because like, okay, so if we're gonna do duck, I don't want you just eat it and be like, oh, it was duck. Because that sucks, man. Hey, what right. kind of duck was it? Was that pintail? Was that mallard? Was that teal? Woody? You know what was it? So like, I'm really particular, and you get a little bit of everything. 
Well, guess what? Those are your hors d'oeuvres, folks. So right, one right. piece each, right? And that kind of stick. Yeah, take a number. And, and you don't get seconds. You know what? And then I spoke. <laughs> That's cool, I spoke for like fifteen minutes to these people. And you know what they appreciated the most? And and mind you, this is a wild game cookout, but our dinner it's actually not out. It was interior. It was inside. Mm-hmm. Not everybody there was a hunter. There was wives there, and in some wives that were potential hunters, to convert a lot of people. Yeah, and well, listen, when you start to talk about the story behind a certain animal, like, um, hey, what it took to pack that thing out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. Did uh, so one of the things I said to everybody, I was like, does everybody like the elk? Everybody's like, oh yeah, and you just look out at this crowd, 150 people, and they're all nodding yes, right? And you have like the nervous pee because you're talking in front of people, and yeah, kind of yeah. like, okay, breaking the ice, right? And well, the next thing I said was, um, you want to hear the story behind that? And everybody kept nodding yes. I said that was packed out six times, six times to get that whole elk back to camp, and then back to the truck. And what was the last thing to come out was the antlers. Mm-hmm. And everybody thinks, you know, us hunters, we, we're hunting for horns, you know. Like, we're hunting for a trophy, something to show mm-hmm. off. But I'll tell you what, if you're an actual, like, hunter and you talk to a, a hunter that hunts for the right reasons, you start to find out that the intimacy we have with these animals, the respect we have with these animals, it goes much deeper than trophy level it's mm-hmm. not just oh, yeah. bragging rights man it's so much more and you guys are all attest to it yep but the point i was trying to make was like everything that you guys just ate tonight it was work mm-hmm. um the salmon i got sick on that trip going out to catch that salmon you know like right and, and nobody can think about that price per ounce is a lot more than it would be a texas you're, roadhouse you're eating it you're <laughs> enjoying it, you're like this it's is not really the catfish <laughs> with the creole mustard <laughs> right, you know right. i mean this is this is and, and by the way Okay, so yeah, um, meat's available in the, and, and I'm going off on a tangent, but I'll keep it short. When you start thinking about, and we've talked, I mean, you guys probably talked about this with a lot of people, but when you're at a grocery store and you need to buy something that's saran wrapped on, you know, some sort of foam tray, yeah, it's easier. And you know, why go hunting when it's so easy? You just go to the store and buy that. I'll tell you what. If you think that it's just about, like, buying, eating the stuff, it has nothing to do with that. What it has to do with is connecting with what you're out there doing. 100%. It's 100% going back to what, like, we as people came from. And the connection that you have to the animal, the amount of money that goes into it, and I'm I'm preaching to the choir, but the tags, the travel. How much does it cost, Travis? How much does it cost to ship a mountain goat home from Alaska or or moose? Six, I don't even know. Eight hundred bucks. Oh, right, close to that. It ain't so, cheap. Hey, how about how about uh, was it four sick a deer and two mountain goats? Six, 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 yeah, six something like that. Six sick a deer six, and two mountain goats. We're talking about thousands of dollars. Be easier to just leave it there. How yeah, well, about the flights to go out there and then the tags and then yeah. how many years did you wait to get that tag and then all the equipment? Well, I yeah. think I think too like. That meat tastes a little better when you packed it out. Hundred percent. Really exactly. exactly. Dude, my guilty pleasure like. I love quartering deer and throwing them on my back and walking them out. It's I awesome. love it. Like, it's, uh, it's fun. Chandler, it's our ca- term. I feel like that we're kind of connected. Secondhand, Secondhand fun. fun. Secondhand oh, fun. yeah. Like in the moment, it sucks. So, oh, yeah. so after, after I get done talking yeah. to all these folks, right, um, I'm having a couple beers just hanging out. Dave Bechtel and his wife uh, were there. Dave, Dave, Dave's from part of my team. Mm. Um, and we're having some beers. And my wife, Christy, and uh, – these people are coming up to me, and they're like, hey, that was impactful, what you were just talking about there. It made me enjoy the food. I mean, it's already 
in me, but I just enjoyed the fact that I just ate it so much more. Mm-hmm. I And I had two different people that I'll, I'll never forget that said the same thing. I never had respect. People ask us to hunt in our back, and I never let anybody go hunting because I don't like the idea of killing. And I knew this is a wild game dinner, and I barely ate a thing. I ate some of the salmon dip, and I tried to avoid the rest. I ate some of the sides. You made me regret that. I wish I would have eaten some of it because knowing the story behind some of these animals and the fish and just all of it, it makes me almost feel like part of the process. I almost feel connected. I've never done it in my life, Mm -hmm. and it kind of makes me want to do it. Don't tell anybody I said that. I'm like, no problem. I have no idea who you are. <laughs> hey, the point is, is when you have somebody, uh, you know, confess it to you, you know, you got screwed cool. to somebody. Right, right. It's really, I don't know. Kind of made, kind of made an impact. That, that's really cool, man. That is really cool. That's a big deal. And so, that, and, 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 that, and that feeds kind of like into the other series that we're filming, this campfire stories. It's the whole thing is, so I'm, I'm producing the show, and you get to watch the hunt. So we just, we just watched before we started recording. Um, we watched the first installment, or I don't know how yep. it's all going to be. Maybe just the first episode. Ep- the first episode. episode. We watched that, and uh, I mean, let, 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 how about we talk about it, and then you guys break That's it down fair. a little bit. You guys bit. talk about it. I'm going to go pee. Okay, here. We'll <laughs> wait a little bit. Um, here. We should all probably take a pee break if we're to that point. Take a whiz break? Yeah. We'll whiz take break. a break from our sponsors, a.k.a. Uh, 0.5 seconds, and we'll be right back. Hopefully, Bush Light. Everyone take a whiz, quiz. <laughs> yeah. Boom. The Magic of Podcasting, we are back. Uh, let's talk Campfire Stories, the other series that's coming, because um, we get sidetracked in conversations. It's natural. That's what we do here. Um, oh, so natural. I guess where we stopped is we were going to, the podcast crew was going to talk about our first reactions, if that's cool, and then let like you that. guys kind of break it down from there. Sure. Who wants to go first? I can you go first. Do it. You do it. You never go first. I go first like every time. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I feel that way anyway. Maybe I don't. Um, I really enjoyed it, man. I like the series. I think it's cool. It's uh, high quality as high quality gets, in my opinion, um, as far as what my eye can pick up. Um, but I like the – what I liked about it most, I think the first thing I picked up on was – and this new series that's coming out is it's comfortable and relatable to, like, my type of people. More – like, you can be kind of rough around the edges and – have a be able to have a beer at a campfire and talk hunting stories with your buddies, but still be respectful when it comes to the hunting part. Just because you cuss and drink a beer doesn't mean that you're going to disrespect an animal in your hunting type of thing. You know what I mean? It's just right. kind of like the impression that might make on the general public. But you guys showed the tradition of hunting camp, but the respect of killing an animal all in one. Like I would say, and maybe cinematic is a watered down term. Maybe it's not like a that type of quality production that kind of made you relate to it, then get you a little emotional and the appreciation of a kill or a harvest or whatever term you prefer, and then kind of shows like the the moment that we all live for all year round. That that's my take from it. I really enjoyed it, um, and I think that's going to be. I think that's going to skyrocket you guys big time. Yeah, from I agree with you one hundred percent. I loved it too. How you kind of you had your whole family there. Yep, and telling them you know when your family members came into the story, so you can they were there. You had the video of them, kind of tell it as it played out. I thought it was pretty badass. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was really well. Like uh, even when your your son was there talking about it too, that was pretty funny. He was surprised. Was, yeah, he was surprised. Surprised you killed something. <laughs> Kids got no faith in me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he had to razz you a little bit. Old dad finally got it done. Yeah. Jeez, I was on the bus. I'm not lying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's just a really cool way to do it. Really authentic, all encompassing. I mean, you get you get the family there, the boys there. You can hear the fire crackling in the yeah. background. It oh, really yeah. feels like you're just sitting at camp, yeah. rehashing that story, and kind of brings you back to that place. And then you combine that with the clips um, as the hunt progressed, and it was just a really, it was kind of fast paced, but just a really to the point mm-hmm. way to get that story across. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, thought it was awesome. That's what we're shooting for. Um, we got four, four coming up, but uh, it's kind of. Like we were talking earlier, you can see it and like you watch someone shoot a deer, but like you know, it's a, that's a little different than when you hear the hear the story. And right, right. Story. you know, and it, we want it to feel like you're sitting there around the campfire listening to it, right? From you know, right, and we get a flavor of like your perspective. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Whereas, so, like you know, you see it from the like the just the Chase Nation view of it. Yeah. You know, it might paint. As a consumer or a viewer or whatever, however you want to view it, like we see a certain way and it's great, but we don't know how you feel. But it's a cool way. It's it's a way to break it down to another level without like boring people. To well, and I think it's cool to like you catch a little more like especially with video, you don't catch as much of like a guy's personality. Mm-hmm. When you do this, yeah. you kind of get their personality a little more. Yeah, I, I like that because there's a bunch of really cool guys in the team and it's like if you get to know them a little better i like it you know right. yeah, you know, yeah. you can see him shoot a deer and then you can hear him like narrate their story yep. you know i like that yeah i do i think it's great. people want to know like the right. personality a little yeah, bit yeah you don't know the guy you see a guy hunting you see a guy hunting yeah. intro you, intro shoot, shoot the deer outro and that's about it you don't know his personality or how he actually is either. well you've probably you guys go to trade shows like you see guys on tv all the time and like you talk to him and it's like that's not who I thought they were. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. the most awkward fucking thing I've ever seen. When, when you yeah. film a, a hunt, when you film a hunt and you produce that, you're just seeing what was captured when somebody pressed record. Right. You know, right. You, you, like I was telling you guys a story about hunting with Dave Bechtel. Well, guess what? That's another campfire story, and that that's episode two, and that one's kick ass. Yeah. I mean, that's nobody would know watching that. I mean, yeah, I, I said on film, I'm like, I can't believe I just filmed that from the ground, dude. Like in the fire of the moment. But, like, if you get the details behind that story uh, and the, the old man that wasn't so friendly, like, these are the things that we recorded <laughs> as much. We recorded that, right? But we didn't record some of the details. And you can spit that out like we're talking now yeah, real yeah. quick. It's kind of a way for my look on it being not involved in the video game. But, like, so you have your shows like The Bone Collectors, like Real Tree Road Trips, where they kind of incorporate some of that personality into, like, the hunt footage. Right. Whereas you, your guys, from my impression, is, like, it's the and I see as the higher-end stuff. So this is a good opportunity to expose that more personality without being cut from a bone collector or Realtree road trips mold. You guys are kind of spinning a different way to take advantage for your content in a different platform to kind of maximize what you got. I think it's a great move. Because you guys are separating yourself in the industry from what other people are doing well, too with this, and it's it's easier to do that I think when like if Sam's filming me, you can catch my personality a little more, right? But when, like we do a lot of self filming, like me especially, it's it's hard to catch your well, you're personality. You're just like, hey, like you're, yeah, it's yeah, awkward. You know, you're by yourself. yourself. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was dumb, like, <laughs> dude. I, I, I like so many times. One time Sam's like, stupid. "You're pretty good on camera." I'm like, well, "I'm just like talking to myself in the right, tree." Right. So stupid. I tell him something. I'm like, "I should just jump head first off the camera." Unhook and jump. I'm gonna delete this one. Yeah, you seem a lot more robotic when you're doing it yourself, whereas when you got your buddy cutting it up with you, it's just a lot more natural. It's weird. Like I looked at because I log all my stuff, so I started self filming in 2013. 
And I look at that stuff, and I'm just, like, trying to be such a fucking hard ass, and I sound stupid. But now it's, like, when I, I'll do, like, yeah. a quick quick intro or whatever, it's, like, I just sound like myself hey, now. Stay you know? tuned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, folks. Hey, hey folks. folks. You never yeah. know what can happen. <laughs> Can't kill from the couch. Yeah. Well, it, to, that, to be continued. It's, it's cool because, like, what your guys' project – I mean, people listen to you guys on podcasts like this. Like, they get to see your personality a little bit, yeah. you know, which is cool, right? But – it's a way to involve that personality and emotion and like feelings into your project where like if we did a behind the scenes thing for working class boner for the podcast, I mean, it might do okay, but we're kind of just, this is behind just, the scenes. Yeah, gonna be us, right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is well, like even, what more even now, is? like I feel like I'm just, it's, real it's like I'm listening to you guys in my truck, but I'm allowed to talk. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's the not whole like, time I drive, like fuck you guys. You guys are assholes. But what, what's you cool? guys are wrong, but now I can defend myself. Right, right. yeah. You guys are all dicks. <laughs> I got something to say. <laughs> yeah. Is there a call-in center? I want to call these motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, it's 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 cool. Like you created a different platform, but still like put together and good. And yeah. you know, it's uh, like our platform is camaraderie and bullshitting like that's our main deal yeah. so but it would be weird it doesn't work the other way like if i if we just came out with this serious cinematic thing all of a sudden people are like no fuck is this? yeah it's like donnie vincent every time i hear cinematic my mind goes to donnie vincent okay like the guy i don't know him personally yeah right? i know he's from wisconsin and i know that his ba- his films are badass i have a f- um he's know. friends with wolves though He's heard that, little, but, John but <laughs> when I remember watching Rivers Divide, I remember thinking to myself, "Like this is so phenomenally filmed and produced. This is extraordinary. This is outside of the box. This is outside the comfort zone." I know that when I first when I first got it, um, I shared it with some folks that were friends of my wife's who who, who came over and watched it, and they were like, "You know what? Like th- that makes me want to watch hunting shows." I can't speak to Donnie Vincent, and I could really care less if somebody doesn't like him because all I'm talking about is strictly the film. And if you watch the film and you listen to him talk, he's pretty badass. Now let's let's just talk a second later when he starts to interview, you know, get interviewed about Rivers Divide. He's not hiding behind the fact that the river is like six inches deep. Yeah, we didn't need that boat to get across the river. But we filmed it because the footage was amazing. It mm. it made you feel something when you watched it. It's already out there. Right. You already watched it. Now you're hearing me say it. Okay, yeah. There was now okay, that's scripted. We don't do that. And I'm not saying that we're ever gonna do that. But what I will say is that when I watched it I felt something. And we when we film our hunts, you especially self filming, we're not always self filming, but when we are, you you, you can only um, catch a bit of the story. Campfire stories is legit. Like just right now, when us boys are standing around talking, we're just shooting the mm-hmm. bullshit. When you're able to just let loose and tell the real story raw, one cut, you know, like a singer gets on stage and and sings live. You can't go back and re-sing that for the you know bunch of people out there because you already did it. Yeah, yeah. Right. Your voice cracked. Well, goddamn, sorry. It is what it is. It is it's what real. it is. And and nice. that's what it was like when we when when Travis and I did this just recently when we filmed his episode. Uh, I mean, it's just it's one take. Just tell me your story. Be real. Yeah, well, and, you want it to sound like you're telling your best friend for the first time, almost yeah. type of deal. But then you got the cool like the footage that you already took. Yeah, it's just a genuine so right. kinda, story. Yeah. I love. I like how it meshes a lot. Well, I mean, you're right out the rip. You're like on the same level as as the viewer. 
you know what yeah, I mean? Right away. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Get, you get to take the best aspects of the hunt, yep. the high-quality footage, the history with the deer, and then you get to combine that with yeah. the story and the environment i mean it, it just makes for a really cool combination it, it, I think. it makes you feel like you're actually sitting there drinking a beer with you well let listen me, to the story I, i'd say like i said i feel like i'm driving my truck with you guys right yeah. that's right. how i want it to feel you right. know what I mean? let, let me when i say this i mean it as a compliment i don't think you'll take it as not a compliment yeah. but maybe other shows might take it as a dig but it's not this this platform fills the void of you being a video production right. that just feels the need because everybody else is making a podcast to make right. a podcast. And do you see that trend in the video game? Because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, okay. well, we need to have a podcast because everybody else just has a podcast. So we're going to put out this like third effort volume go, podcast. Go on YouTube and just, just type in search search query uh, outdoors and you get Joe Blow Outdoors times 5,000. Right. Everybody's got their own so and so outdoors, right? Right, 100%. and everybody's trying to trying to make it. But what is making it? I would, you know, uh, on the way here, we were talking about the fact that, like, in four years, four seasons, I have not made much at all. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, apparel, right? So you kick out five grand to get a bunch of t-shirts, and mind you, you got to have I've got five colors of every t-shirt. You got to have every size, and then when you get to two XLs and three XLs, add on another two fifty or three fifty per. Yep, especially in Wisconsin. And Eric, you're, 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 you're paying out of your pocket, Eric. So, so you're not hats you're and not, sweatshirts. You're and not, you don't have like this pool of money that's like coming from sponsors that you just be like, oh, let's put that towards that. No, it's coming out of your checking account. Yeah. yeah. And so our volumes are low, and you guys can probably attest. Yeah. A volume of of uh, of apparel or hats or koozies or whatever at a low volume is a little higher price tag. The yeah. more you order, the cheaper it costs for you. Then the, the cheaper it is, the more money you make. Well, guess what? We don't have much markup. And yeah. I have a hard time like charging too much for stuff because I'm not trying to turn a huge price. This is a passion project. Yeah, yeah. And, and it means everything to me. It's it's all about sharing the experience. And by getting apparel out there, or koozies or whatever it is, somebody repping like, you know, our decal, I get texts a lot. People like, hey, man, were you just – no, man, my truck's different than that one, but it's cool. It's a good feeling. Uh, a lo- yeah, yeah, I love seeing it. I mean, people are, you know, are repping. And, and if somebody can connect with us a little bit and we can all like – we have like, you know, we're on the same level. Now we understand each other. Yep. Like that to me means we're hitting the mark. It's not about making a bunch of money. Shit, if I could do this full time, I would do it in a heartbeat. Sure. Man, I got to think this new project on Amazon is going to put you guys in the stratosphere, man. Like it, it's so good. Thanks. It's And that's such a platform. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, if it doesn't, you should be able to be like, yeah, I'm making enough money where that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so, so, you know, Travis is. Uh, recording, and I hope everybody watches that episode because that's that's the first episode. That's one that's going to kick us out the gate. Uh, here's what I want everybody to hear: this straight up, when you see things like, uh, and and I'm so transparent about how we do things, you're going to see a cat, right? Just remember that mm-hmm. Travis Kissel and a cat doing this campfire stories. This cat was all over me while I was filming. He was on my shoulders. I would, if you see me shake at all with the camera, it's infrequent, but it happens, and it's this cat, okay? It just <laughs> fell in love with me, or I smelled like meat because I just dragged deer out of the woods. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> the, the point is, you're going to see the cat one time, and that is me not hitting. I'm, I'm going to keep recording, but I need to get a different angle. 
And, you know, like sometimes what Jared Scheffler taught me a long time ago was when, when, when we're filming each other, you got to learn the person's, like, how, how do they work? Like when you're talking, if you pay attention to somebody's personality, you know when they take breaths in between sentences. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless, like conversational flow yeah, and everything. When you mm-hmm. see that, okay, and you're filming that person. It gets boring and stale if you see the person in one frame, right? And he's just standing there, and it's like, okay. But you need so you need some dynamics. So once in a while, Jared would be like, okay, if you you sense I'm going to catch my breath and I'm thinking about what I'm going to say next, zoom in and get tight. Mm. Wait till I stop talking and then zoom back out, right? And you can do that editing, but you know what? Even in high quality, when you start cropping and you zoom in and out, you're going to lose a little bit of quality. But when yeah. you zoom a little bit, you might keep that quality because you mm. adjust your focus manually, and so. When you see that cat in Travis's episode, that is when I'm standing in front of him and I'm I'm having him just look past me. There's nobody standing over my shoulder. There's mm-hmm. nobody over my shoulder. But he, he knows to keep his eye trained there. Right. And then I need to get a different angle and get that fire below him. And you'll you'll know the scene when you see the cat. That's me. I'm still recording, but it's shaky as hell. So now I'm getting a different angle. I'm going to cut to the cat quick, which is a pretty cool clip. That's just some B-roll yeah. we filmed earlier. Can I bring up another example? You know? I'm hoping I'm on the same page. I get what you're saying. Yeah. But there's a point in that where you start to talk, and I got a beer can in my hand, and you take a big slug of beer. Mm-hmm. But it's like the focus is you taking a big slug of beer. Right. But it's not like awkwardly like it's like one shot where you're like, <laughs> Take a drink of your beer, yeah. just like, pinky out. Like, because when I watched crossed. it, all of us were like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, well, no, I mean it's it's just like so it, mid. If you're telling a big buck story, you're gonna have a slug of beer in the middle of it, right? Yeah, yeah you're like, dude, then he came in or crack it open another one. Got to yeah. take a breather. Yeah, let me get a pause. This. This. I gotta get another beer quick. Yeah, so I mean, if we had like a lot of income generated, like sponsors are giving us some buku dollars, and we could use it administratively, and I could go buy more equipment, you know, out of instead of out of my pocket. Well, you know, hey, then I'd buy, like, another recorder or something. Yeah, yeah. But to maintain the quality of the audio so you don't hear such differences. It's, it's annoying. Like, I was talking about the beginning of this conversation about white balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you pick one, you got to ride it out, and then when you as the day gets longer and low light comes in or it gets brighter and you don't get overexposed, you got to maintain the same color scheme. Otherwise, people are like, damn, how'd it go so, like, warm to cool? Right, right, right. And so same with audio. You can't go from like shh background to like, you know, because right, you hear right. that and it's yeah. weird, right? Yeah, it cuts. And if you try to like play with your audio with like Final Cut or Premiere or something and get rid of that hum, well, it makes your voice sound echoey and distorted. So, right. you, mm-hmm. so really, you got to try to maintain the exact same sound quality. Right. So right now at this point, we're just working with what we have. So I just keep recording, and I'm going to adjust my angles of the camera, and he's going to keep talking unscripted, one take, and then we're going to use B-roll from some bullshit when we took a break or something, like a cat, my you know, or his little boy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I, I should I should put that in there. I should shout out, hey, Balin. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he was so One of your um, biggest he, fans. Dude, he like... I told him I was coming down. He's like, can I go along? I'm like, dude, it's a school night. <laughs> yeah, it's a school <laughs> night. But, he, but you can go. He was good at it, man. I thought that had another layer to the whole deal. Oh, yeah. And, and your dad being the campfire there. noise the whole time in it. Because like, like you said, it was all well, Dude, I love the crackling in the that's background. Perfect. God, yeah. it, it makes it more. It makes it more. Yeah, loose greenwood. It adds like a uh, 
what'd you call it? That loose grain wood. Oh, yeah, yeah, can't, yeah. Can't throw any of the oak in there. I thought you, you said know? Instagram something. Oh, no. Um, yeah, but it adds like a, f- a flavor to it that is, is hard to, to duplicate, but our rep. Replicate? Dupli- Repli- duplicate. 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 I said that immediately. I was like, that didn't sound right. Um, no, dude, I love it, man. I really do. I think that's going to be huge for you guys. And uh, Yeah, so it's going to be a hit. Hopefully this launches right before that launches. So if yeah. you're listening to this, just know it's right around the corner. And to check it out, Chase Nation. Website? It's www.chasenation.tv. Okay. So Perfect. There's links there to get you to where you need yeah, to be, absolutely. or if you just have Amazon's there. We have everything. Subscribe to our website. You can shop for the, the little bit of apparel that we, we offer. <laughs> so Different I'll, colors. I'll, I want to keep moving on with the conversation. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this last season, man, because uh, I don't know when, when season in Wisconsin. The time of recording, by the time it airs, it'll probably be season be over. But oh, maybe. No, we're semi-live. It's 31st. Oh, the 31st. Holy oh, shit. So, yeah. Well, uh, it depends on the county. Like, there's like mm. probably a handful of counties. Ozaki and Washington are open Sheb- till thirty first. Sheboygan is open till thirty first. Milwaukee Sheboygan. County, half Sheboygan. of Milwaukee. Sheboygan. Sheboygan. We have metro subunits, and they're open till the end of the, the month. Gotcha. Uh, but most of the season and main part of the state closed just a few days ago. Wow. Gotcha. We got a week at the time of recording, roughly a week and a half. Is it yeah, like is it a set Sunday. date every year by you guys? It's. It's probably technically the same weekend, but it like varies by a yeah. few days. Oh, ours yeah. is January. Ours yeah. is uh, the tenth, January tenth every year. Every year, every year. Yep. My dad killed a really not, his first nice Pope and Young January tenth one year. Hopefully, we um, do too. Ours is like the fifteenth through the eighteenth. Depends on like the year and shit. But yeah. oh, that's crazy. Um, but we'll be in Nebraska for a show with, when it closes out. But um, we we had a kick kick ass season this year as far as the boys laying down deer. I think the best season since season one. We just found out I might have footage. Yeah. Oh man. So I mean, he what state? I didn't even know. Was Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah, he was Wyoming, and he's in the black black hills. Black, black, black hills. hills. Forest. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass when you're hunting on the road and you're hiking into the mountains or hills or whatever the hell. Self filming, yeah. by the way. Self filming yeah, yeah. with tripod, you know, in public land. And then you end up scoring the shot, and everything is good. And you give me the card, and it says corrupt. And oh, I'm like, no. bro, I've tried every trick I know. The only thing we didn't try was putting it back into his camera that he filmed with and looking at it. So when he actually, when I was out there the other day, I forgot forgot his card back at my my office. And so when he comes over today to the the hook up with me to drive down here, don't say hook up. Yeah, hey, not that way. Hey, no judgment here. So he brings his camera and we, we put a lot the of card in, in and it goes, uh, "No, uh, I can't, cannot read SD card." Son of a bitch! Like that was the last thing we could think last of. Last ditch effort. Chris, Christy's like, "My wife, give me that card. I'll, let me try it one more time." Boom! It works. It all pops. It up. was so weird. What? She put it into one of my card readers into her her laptop, which we've done about a dozen times. And suddenly on her, like, old-school Dell da- laptop, oh, there it is. I'm like, thank nice. God, man. Good. Now, after this podcast, tomorrow night, I'm going home. She has so mark, much shit on you for a month Mark now. me. <laughs> for the next four <laughs> nights, I will be up till uh, you getting up for work. And just, just mark me on that. You can go ahead and text me at, like, 3 in the morning. I'll be you like, well, oh, well let's, let's put it this way. <laughs> when I hoofed in, like, I, I was hunting. We were in Wyoming for the rifle season. And I was hunting a piece of public that didn't touch the piece of public that I was hunting. Mm-hmm. And I saw these deer come out. So I, I told my dad, I'm like, you have to drop me off right here. I can get in there. 
And I walk in with way more shit than I should have, cameras and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, then you got to carry your whole deer out. Oh. So I'm walking. I'd, I'd every right, set the camera the up enti- and film yourself walking out. I had the, the entire deer, deer on my Stop. back. Put the deer back. Go back at the camera. Then go back and catch I did up. That. With, oh man! I had the entire deer on my back, and I walked out with a rifle in one hand and my camera and tripod in the other hand. And uh, <sighs> I get out, and Sam's like, "Yeah, I can get that footage." I'm like, "Fuck!" All that work, oh, dude. Man. Oh, Podcast man. is way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this season, season I love was, GoPros. Yeah, GoPros and mics in the studio. Season one, I think we put down twelve or thirteen bucks. It was one of the best seasons. Impressive. It, I think it is the best season. And dude, all that, nice that got stupid. We, we, got, we was, had like it was stupid weird how many people were laying down. Like every other day, it was like me too. This year, we had three um, Pope and Young and Bigger shot in the same day. Okay. It was to the wow. point where it was so weird that I didn't even tell the rest of the staff, and I asked the guys not to share it on our staff page till the next day so you didn't take the glory away. Right. And I felt bad for the last guy to share that he shot one. On our public page on Facebook, I was like, so-and-so got another one. Well, I didn't even say, like, on the same day that you know, no the other two up. got. You know, right. There's no built. So, like, you know, I kind of feel you bad. Gotta, like, like, nobody, do, 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 nobody cares except for the guy that shot it. Right, right. He's like, damn, but, dude, it was two days ago. But who cares? You got right. there. Living it now. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really, really cool. Um, as a semi-live production, uh, it was hard because I was literally downstairs every day editing. <laughs> and my wife's like, Are you, oh, you're probably editing. Okay, never mind. We'll so do, do it another night. <laughs> it's game time. Not yeah. now, yeah. damn it. Oh, I guess we're prime season. Yeah. Yeah. But, Fight I mean, it started right from, the, right from opening day. I mean, even before opening day in Wisconsin, I went to North Dakota to kick off the season um, in the beginning of September with my wife. It was her first time going on a hunting trip. And she is behind the scenes a lot with Chase Nation, more than even any of the guys on the team know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's there a tremendous amount. Well, she says... Um, I want. Who's going with you to North Dakota? I said. Well, at this point, I haven't asked anybody. She's like, I kind of want to go. Like, I mm-hmm. want to film. I want to be more a part of this. I said, let's do it. That's cool. So she learned my camera. She's already real artistic and good with the camera. So she learned my camera real fast. We go out there, and again, she's still learning. I mean, she she learned it a lot, but she's still learning a bit you know, on the fly. I mean, on the fly, meaning we are out there. Don't screw up. Mm-hmm. And she she did a astounding job. We got real close on some deer. We were spent seven and a half days there. Um, we got schooled by a few of the guys that were staying in the same hotel. I come home opening day. Uh, we go out. I got Steve Jeffrey behind over my shoulder with the camera. We do a hang and hunt on a piece that I got. It's 15 acres. Um, I had watched uh, some really nice deer. Uh, two of them that were, you know, one of them is so big that, you know, when you start talking upper one like 90 mm. register close to 200 mm-hmm. that's where you feel weird you know like I, it's like musky fisherman i hate to say it's like almost a 50 incher but like it kind of was or pushing double nickels it's like right. most like serious musky guys are like yeah fuck you you, you don't yeah. know what double nickels right. is it's like bro trust me yeah so we got one giant out there then there's this huge eight pointer that's in my opinion i would call him world class I mean, he, you know 160 register mm-hmm. eight pointer and that's huge um, you only got you know eight points to measure, you know. So yeah, dude, big. Yeah, that, we talk about it a lot, man. <laughs> but a, big eight points are gangster, and people don't know what it takes to get a good eight. To get me one of them, but, you get one hundred sixty <laughs> and eight. But, but, but the thing that that re- there was a big ass seven pointer who was lopsided and cool. I loved him, but he was young. I mean, three and a half. Not. I mean, a lot of people. I would have shot him. Okay? Yeah, I'm not right. gonna be picky like that. He's a beautiful deer. He's real big, but there's this one deer 
that eats me up. And I first learned of him in 2015. And he's a deer that I hit last year, December 6th. I shot him with my bow during the muzzleloader season. I shot him low in the shoulder, like right here, the mm-hmm. very bottom, top of the leg, bottom of the shoulder kind of a spot. Yeah. It wasn't shoulder bone. It was top of the leg by gotcha. the shoulder. Yep, gotcha. That ate me up for almost a full... 365 but it's more like you know like a 300 days because yeah. i just killed him on on september whatever the opening day was 14th 12th this year yeah whatever the one that Damn. one that day i shot him on God bless wisconsin huh no steve they still got blood on the horns yeah so so my wife christy and i we spent like four nights um together out on the edge of this field this hay field watching deer come out filming velvet footage um, you know, we'd always have a couple beers on the side of the road. Classic. It's okay. So it's what it is. It's it's a road, a little tiny single lane country road, mm-hmm. and then there's a, a row of buckthorn. And I don't know what it's like down here in Illinois, but in Wisconsin, the cheap way of making a fence way back when it was not you know looked at so closely was to plant the tree that grew the fastest. Mm-hmm. And the buckthorn tree is just you know quick. That's yeah. Funny. So it's a whole row of buckthorn along, and that's my curtain. Right, and there's some openings people can see, and that sucks. That when I'm hunting, they stop their cars and they watch the deer, and then the deer run away. But the point is, is she sat with me, we drank some beers, and filmed some epic footage. I get get to the point where I was filming like lightning bugs, and my goal was to get this crisp like 4K footage of a lightning bug tail lighting up with like 20 other ones orbing in the background, <laughs> and in Boca, like just perfect, like mm-hmm. creamy, like Boca, like blur and i finally nailed that footage and i was like oh my god this i finally got it and then she goes there's a buck and i'm like oh yeah that one's taller she goes it has a drop time i'm like son of a bitch i'm recording this whole thing yeah you're over here playing with lightning bugs dude so so (laughs) cool hang these in the bedroom tonight so i filmed this thing come out and i'm like god dang he looks familiar like that deer so the episode's called second chances i end up killing this deer on opening day of wisconsin's archery season with steve over my shoulder we just had a coyote come in oh dude at 40 yards with a squirrel in its mouth this, we watched the play okay, before you guys got here yeah. yeah i got a hard on over that shot the way you edited that <laughs> the coyote dude, i we were, yeah, we were the slow motion i was oh, like yeah. oh shit I, I think we replayed it three times in here if you guys got here. i'm like oh, <laughs> yeah, it was dirty the way you edited the dude it was so nasty <laughs> man it was so good and then after like after a few beers you know later we go to recover we're out there and i'm like um i don't think he went very far i don't think he could breathe very well no <laughs> no, no. wallop you ass. cut him open pretty good right, right. <laughs> he was breathing bubbles it was bad that's he, awesome he, man. You know, we went six yards six and uh and he piled up and when we walked up to him, he was stiff as a board. And I'm like, you think he's dead? And he looks pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's like, I'm pretty sure he's dead, man. I'm like, we'll edit that part out. <laughs> it's a little raw. Hey, uh, coyotes, man. But um, then that drop time buck came out. This is the one that I shot the year before. He didn't have a drop time. He was a mainframe eight. He was old as hell. He had a huge frame. He's, you know, 21 wide, something like that. And he's just a cool old buck. Mm-hmm. And... Um, his body was so big, it looked like a pig with sticks for legs. And I just remember that when Steve was filming, like, we heard a dog barking across the road. And I'm like, hey, man, get the camera ready. I bet you something's going to come across the road. Well, 16 deer came. No it was shit. Like, it was like seven bucks and, like, a bunch of does. We had six bucks behind us. 
nothing shootable. Everything was pretty small, like two two year olds, maybe a couple three year olds, and like a pile of like little, you know year and a halfers. And so we're watching, like this is cool. And then Steve goes, "Dude, big buck, big buck," and this, I'm like, "How cool. how big?" And then I see this deer coming, and I'm like, "Son of a gun, is that there the big is. seven? There well, he is. I didn't even know that the big seven was actually the drop. Like, there's two big sevens, right? But when I referred to the big seven to everybody, I was like the three and a half year old. I didn't even know, and I've got trail camera pictures and videos, which you see in the video of this drop time buck that he didn't, he wasn't the mainframe eight anymore. I mean, I, I don't. It's so weird because I'm, I'm like. People show me a picture of a deer on trail camera. I'm like, oh yeah, you got the shed from that last year. And they're like, I do. I'm like, hell yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really really in details. But well, I, we look at deer differently. Uh, like guys that are cut out. Of I, oh yeah. I think like, my mind, breed, man. I think yeah. My eyes yeah. always went to the drop tines, so I just ignored the rest. Well, of course, like that's so the whole the time, holy grail. The whole yeah, time, the time deer is coming grail. in. The buck I shot had a drop tine yeah. this big, and I was stoked about yeah. it. Like, <laughs> I'm counting her. So, yeah, so Steve, count Steve's, it, baby. Steve's kind of shaking, and I can see that. And I'm watching this deer come in, and um, we're cold as hell because it rained about four times on us that night. It stormed on us, and it was windy. It was like I remember third. watching. I'm like, that looks fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah. it, just mind you, it was like 70 degrees the day before. And it was like what, like upper thirties, low forties on opening day. This is middle, early mid September. Mm-hmm. So weird. I wasn't dressed for it. And I was, I was pretty dang cold. And so was he. And you know, um, I just remember when that deer closed in at like he was at seventy, maybe eighty yards. I remember being so excited. I said to Steve, "I'm like, you think I can hit him?" <laughs> It's like, are you crazy? I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. It just, I was so excited, you know? And when he closed in, I shot him at 32 yards. Um, I shot him walking. Now, we had, and I've gotten so much hate mail and crappy comments from people like, ooh, no, you shot him. Like, he's hanging, isn't he? That's a a Kissel comment. He's he's, He's hanging. He's hanging, hanging. isn't he? Yeah, so, you know, fuck off. I'm sure we'll adopt that one here. Well, I mean, mean, look, uh, so y'all know, and everybody listening knows, if you got deer all around you, we had deer at 10 yards and underneath us, right? So you mouth grunt, bap, and you try to stop them. Well, god dang, you're going to put everybody on high alert especially the deer that already kind of are looking at you like what is that had i stopped that deer i don't believe a deer at his age my in 2015 he was a two and a half year old that puts that deer like you know he's pretty old well dude what he dress at uh he That's dressed he, he dressed at 240 with his back legs cut off, the hammer oh, man. We, we cut. We had the legs cut off. We're like, fuck. We're gonna weigh him. Yeah, so we on, threw on him a spring up scale. On, we threw him on the scale, and he was two forty with the back legs cut off. And so the legs in his stomach. Yeah. No, no, no. He's, <laughs> he's field dressed and everything. And this is a giant two forty dress. Dressed yeah. with back like, legs cut off. Wow. Hawk. And a couple a couple of years ago, I shot a buck that dressed two oh seven on that scale. So it's like. That's shit, a when there's a big deer, there's you, a big deer on there. You know oh, yeah. my funky eight-pointer you guys are talking about looks like he grew in the wind yeah. in there? Yeah. yeah. He, one. he had a leg injury and that was, like, balled up, like, the size. And he to me, I always thought he was, like, real thin-looking in his waist, like he'd been rutted out and had an injury. He dressed at 215. Okay. And I was like, big That's buck, you know? But, like. What was the date? November 12th. Okay. See, so the one I shot the other year, it was, uh. November tenth, it was two oh seven. I'm like, Shit. was that was that Beamer? Beamer, yeah. I th- I and like I had thought that deer was always four and a half. That that was another like one of those migratory deer that just are here and gone. A little woodlot here. Here's just a little backstory on this one. Like, I had 
the la- I shot that deer in 2017. The last time I'd seen that deer was September of 2015. I had a handful of trail camera pictures in 16, and then two in 17. And uh, there was a big buck we called Split Ear. My cousin killed him on the seventh, and it was like just like clockwork. All of a sudden, that buck was out of the woods, and this thing just came mm-hmm. in. And I swear they push each other around, man. Oh like yeah, that, you know, you know. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story quick, and I've told it on the podcast. You're going to call bullshit. But I shot a doe. I'm gonna, here. I'm bringing up the old doe again, guys. Here I am. I here she comes. Here she comes. Here she comes. Here she comes. I'm, all good. Heard I'm all good with it. I Tell shot a, a ten and a half year old doe. She dressed 174 pounds. No shit. Yeah. Oh, That's her. Her skull doesn't look that big, but I have like had her sent in and all that. But I couldn't believe it, man. She was big. I thought I I shot her late season, late ish season, and I thought I had shot a shed buck. Really? Like I was like, I swear it was a doe, and I walked up. I'm like, Dude, even, even, even his dad's. His the dad's doe my dad night. shot on Saturday night. We said a 140. I easy. said to, I said to Sam, I walked up on her, and I'm like, Dude, I'm like we might have to throw this deer in my back because she ran like quarter mile. Uh-huh. I mean, she he double, he's like, yeah, I, I double longer, had her tail tucked, and I'm like, this won't be a fire tractor. Remember We're walking in, I'm like, fuck, dude, how far this thing go? I'm like, did you hit her good? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, said to Sam, I'm like, I'll throw this one on my back. We get up to it, I'm like, I'm not throwing that on my back. Linebacker well, leg. Linebacker, <laughs> linebacker leg. 120 dressed. See, so, on the same scale that, it looks like that, a cow elk, and I don't know, maybe because the hair man. was so puffed out, but her head was so damn big. Yeah. And again, like you know, he says, throw him on the back, just so everybody knows. Like, I mean, he wears like wide leg jeans, and he makes them look like skinnies. He's got huge, <laughs> yeah. not not a small person. People, no, people, the guy's watch, packing heat over here. People watch him, <laughs> huge dick. Oh, carry that buck. Get a fucking piece <laughs> on <laughs> He shot that deer last year. He carried it on his back, and everybody's like, "You did that for the film." I'm like, "Well, goddamn right, I filmed it." But that's what it was. We're making like, a show. Carry it, but it's a hell like, of a lot so, quicker. He's like, let's throw the fuck on your shoulders. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do okay. It. I mean, let's yeah. be honest. If we're eating anybody in this room, it's gonna be trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- we did. We used to do. You like, have to trim the fat. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll keep it pretty tallowy. <laughs> uh, we used to do like heavy dough competitions with our crew, like yeah. back in the day. And one year, we I don't know how many doughs we had. We had like four or five, and it was like literally. 117, 118, 119, 120, yeah. 121. And then my dad that year shot one that dressed 135. That's it was all big, dressed. And that's a beastie ass doe. And that's man. a big oh, yeah. doe. And I'm like, man, and we didn't really like stick to it every year. We just did it one year consistently. And I was like, man, 135 is something to beat. And I shot a 130 pound like dressed doe one year. I'm like, damn, it's probably the biggest one I'll shoot. And then I shot this old broad. Yeah, but if somebody wants to doubt you in, in your, was it 174 dress? I believe so, yeah. Anybody wants to doubt them, come to the studio. You'll see the Euro amount of a doe plaqued <laughs> yeah, on the so wall. What's cool about this is... <laughs> is legit. I have the certificate, <laughs> but what's neat about that is a listener reached out, um, and a, a, a younger kid from Wisconsin, and uh, did it for me. Oh, your, that's your cool. Yeah. But what, what ha- I took it to the processor. I'm like, hey, you mind me- uh, weighing that thing real quick? And he weighed it out, and he had the old digital scale. He's like, "Damn, that's a big old rod." And like, she looked big, you know. Oh yeah, but yeah, I'll, <laughs> show big you guys old some, bitch. I'll show you guys after the podcast. That was weird. Like, she looked big, but like one seventy four. Like, holy shit! Yeah, it's right. a monster. I, the picture it looks like I wrote on books. Way less than that, man. You know what the important <laughs> part is? Is that you could make a lot of episodes for the new series. 
cooking that dough. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we have 174 different recipes. So we got hamburger <laughs> helper again. Here. <laughs> yeah, right. One pound at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's true. But the thing, like, the picture looks like I'm faking it. Yeah. Like, it looks like I'm pulling the Bomar. Yeah. And I'm, like, sitting way the fuck off the back of it. Like, I'll see if, I'll see if my fucking country internet's going. How is he she doing? looks like 174 pound dough. Has anybody paid attention? How is he doing in that whole logistics accord or whatever? I don't know. I don't I have honestly, no idea. I just see what I. They what, probably shut that down if they stormed the Capitol. I, I, <laughs> fuck no, Bomar. We got to take care of these back guys. there again, are we? All I see the no, is. They got um, the nose boners on, too. Honestly, all I see <laughs> no. about them is, like, <laughs> nose boners. What I see through, like, the Make Hunting Great Again page. Yeah. You guys follow that page? Yeah, mm, I don't think so. I don't even I know do. what I follow it's anymore. Great. It's great. Um, it's hilarious. Hates anyone that that wears Krispies and drinks Coors. I wear Krispies, but um, <laughs> I'm over oh, five fuck. seven. You know what I mean? Like I um, love Rice Krispies, by the way. No, wears crispy boots. Kitamara's rice crispy treat. <laughs> they are great. I, I remember that. He's just saying. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I remember that for Deer Fest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna find a picture of the still. Some scotcheroos. Go ahead. Oof. I don't want to wreck them. Scotcheroos. Yeah, yeah. What kind of boots you got? Scotcheroos. Scotcheroos. <laughs> Why? What's up, dude? We should start a boot company. Scotcheroos. Scotcheroos. <laughs> just name it different rice crispy trees. <laughs> Fruity pebbles. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are gonna think I'm I'm fucking. I call these the cornflakes. Oh yeah, I just I just saw her. That is, gonna, that is just like hey, pull this up for oh, me, Jamie. Uh, it's going on the big screen. The I don't big know screen. what the hell is going on here. Yup, you gotta operate this or what? Barely, dude. So you have to be Rogan and that Jamie. Thing? Oh, I remember yeah, that. Rogan <laughs> I'm, I'm Rogan you and shot Jamie. That, you shot that right after we podcasted the same uh, same year. It was that three four years ago, right? Yeah, two years ago. Because I remember you posting that in. Thinking that thing looks again like well, a cow stomach. elk or like cow moose or something. That's twelve nine of seventeen. Kurt's totally yeah. long arm in that. Look at him. Yeah, he's like against the fence. Hey, so ridiculous. <laughs> That's Bomar for sure. He's leaning on the fence. I mean, I'm not. I'm not straddling her by any means, but uh, and he's got sticks in his. I mean, hands we've all looked here. at enough does that we know yeah. it's not a hundred and twenty pound doe. No, you know that. that thing you can see in her neck. As a well, doe. just compared to your bow sitting there, I mean, it's that's like, a buck without great. antlers. I, I honestly walking up, I walked up like her head was away from me, so I walked up on the the ass first, and I was like, I I I have some video of it, and I was like, fuck, I shot a shed buck, <laughs> and yeah, it I was sucks. Like, no, it's just a big blocky head, and <sighs> I had a backyotomy after I put her into the back of my truck, actually. But fun do, any, do you film? My do you spine is broken. <laughs> so, spinal. 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 My back spinal. is broken. Um, we, uh, what do you mean? Why are the spines? <laughs> yeah, we do film stuff, but it's. Uh, I'll show you what we film with. We film with GoPros, usually. I know, I know what those are. But the, the, you ever heard of them? They're heard kind of a big deal. I don't know if you've heard about them. We have enough. We have some kills that are like, probably salvageable for your guys's quality but for working yeah. class they're like we'll look out high and this coming high in hot. this high and shit high here production. taking over but no i mean we do high end quality shit here. not chase nation off their pedestal yeah, right right <laughs> I, I we seem to film more when we're out of state mm. yeah do you know what i yeah, mean that's true dude i hey just like for sure when i go out of state i'm like ready get all my shit but like yeah Dude, I'm working class. I'm a carpenter. Like, yeah, right. I get done with this, work. It's like I run home topic. and like grab all my shit. Like, I'm dude. I don't take a fucking sentry shower. Right. Like, get to the tree. Throw my camera yeah. arm up. And like, I'm quick enough now that like, 
I can have the camera arm set up and like I do a camera arm GoPro and I throw a Tacticam on my my bowl. Jesus, so but like I, much I can do it in like ten minutes. Yeah, less most of the time. But 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 okay. So I I'm looking at this like okay, I have fourteen guys that go out of state every year, and hardly anybody films when they're out of state. So the fact oh, really? that you guys only film when you're out of state is impressive. No, here here's why, and you guys, I know you're going to relate to this. Because I, I filmed out of state four times, a couple times in Minnesota, um, three times, and then one time in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I haven't been around the block a lot in all of those fancy states yet, although I should. Um, but here's what goes on, and, and I know you'll relate right away, but for anybody listening, so when you get out of state, you got a number of days, right? you got to make it happen. The last thing that you're thinking about doing is turning a camera on and re-recording these clips. And when you're by yourself self-filming... That's more annoying than a bee around your face when you're trying to eat lunch in a picnic. It's so damn hard. Yeah. Because right. you you got to make it happen in the little bit of time. You're taking days off of work that you're not maybe getting paid. Maybe you are getting paid depending on what line of work you're in. Travis is in his own company. And he's his own. He's self-employed. I ain't you're, paid. You're not no getting shit. paid, no. right? So I mean, you come on. Employees. So hey, you know what? Uh, instead of like a hundred percent focusing on going and killing a deer and paying attention to everything around you, like he was talking about, had we not recovered that footage, that's a big kick in the nuts. Right, a hundred percent. Yeah, I can from see Nebraska. That. I mean, god damn. Well, I mean, yeah, that's it, a haul. That, that was a vacation. Draw, that was a draw take. Not getting paid. Your time. Yeah. It sucks. You know. And my wife's telling me she's like, you need to go because a lot of our guys aren't filming their, their stuff. Ben Ernster. No offense, Ben. Sorry, but you did a bad job this year. <laughs> he's listening. He's, he's like, yeah. man, motherfucker. He's like, I got one on film. It's like 150. Okay, so shout out to him. You got to bring he, him in the studio. Ben's next a killer, time. dude. He did. He did kill like a 150 inch deer on film this year. That's cool. But he also killed. Like but not a, good enough. He also killed a 160 next. off film, and then he <laughs> killed like a um, what the thing you have a drop tie or two flyers. Oh, I forgot about that Some one. Other, that, he's Wisconsin he, gunboat. I feel like he's not getting enough credit all of a sudden. He, I just I don't know, boys. That's what, again, nice about a podcast because we don't have to worry about hitting a record button when we're in this thing with, with nobody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bleep out his name. Yeah, ben, hey, great business model. And Ernster. Ben Ben needs a guy. That's because we're unreliable, okay. Kurt. Here, here's what's even cooler <laughs> about Ben. All right, so feature this. So Ben Ben goes down. Um, a, a river to get to some public land, okay? And we all think about public land and taking a canoe trip down a river. Well, he took a kayak. Okay, cool. You're you're up in Kayak Creek or whatever, and you're just right. like in that. But here it gets even better. You got a longbow, not a recurve. I'm talking longbow with fletchings, f- like feather fletchings, and you get off your, your kayak on a goddamn island of mm. public land. Not public land off the river but you're on an island gangster and then you shoot a 10 pointer that's 150 class maybe bigger with your longbow from a, a, on a hanging hunt in the sticks where it's real sticky in this like island and you do it on film that's cocky that's cocky man he did that okay <laughs> he did that why did you bring that motherfucker with let me just tell bring you travis instead what's going on in the whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> he's like you know what the i'm out i'm ahead out here's where it gets weird <laughs> i'm calling an uber he's he's tracking this deer and it goes God, never make it down here <laughs> so he yeah. gets permission to go onto this private to track the deer across the river he's got footage of this deer running across the river it's shallow right it's rocky it's like, you know, eight inches, foot deep, and it's really, really gnarly footage. The deer gets on the private. He goes gets permission. He goes tracking it. He follows his blood trail to a gut paw. In the gut paw, there's, um, like, you know, 
an arrow hole through liver. Well, if you watch the footage, he hits a steer in the liver. Mm-hmm. There's no other arrow a hole that he can find in the gut pile. And he looks, and about 20 yards away from the gut pile is a tree stand. And he goes and talks to the landowner, finds out who's hunting there, and he finds out somebody was hunting that morning or evening or I think it was a morning hunt, and comes to find out, okay, now the guy that was in that stand will not show a picture to Ben of the deer that he, you know, air quotes, shot. shot. Right. And I'm like, okay, I've been, it's, it's a it's a rarity, and if you've seen it, you know what I mean when you say, when you see a deer that somebody else shot run into your visual, like, perspective and die in front of you, that's pretty rare. Right. Oh, yeah, real real rare. So, I don't think I've ever seen it. So honestly. If, never. So never. if somebody, if the other guy shot the deer, I mean, God bless him, but where the hell did you hit that deer? Because Ben put his broadhead up and took a picture of that broadhead right by the gut pile where the broadhead hole is in the liver. And he's like, is this mine or not? I'm like, God damn, it is. It's got to be. And the guy refused. And Ben is such a, like, mellow. I don't even know. How do you even describe the guest person? He's, a, he's like a fun love. He's such like, a good guy. He's like, you know what? No, you know, no problem. I should have made a better shot. It's my fault. <laughs> Oh man! And he backs out of I'm it. I'm a first blood guy. Yeah, but, me right? too. Well, well, depends. And the reason I mean, what's first blood? Like first blood, first Somebody, blood in the rib cage. The reason nobody's yeah. seen that footage hoof? is because Ben. Um, he also had bear footage from Alaska on that card. That that card ended up getting. The only reason I even have I have the clip of him shooting that thing on the island, but I have nothing more, because he sent me the clip, and that card got dropped in the river. Mm. literally got dropped he has a cell phone clip of the footage from his camera and he sent it to me all pumped up before he tracked this thing then he drops his camera in the river and everything gets just screwed so he loses everything so i can't even produce that episode but it's a real story but this is a guy that needs a camera behind him like at all times so but you have the kill though. I have the kill. kill. I have a I have a cell phone off of a LCD screen. I got an idea. Camera. I got an idea. Let's talk after the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he, um, <laughs> but but he's another guy. Like he goes to Minnesota. He shoots a big one every year. It seems like. And I'm like, hey Ben, why don't you ever run camera? He's like, man, it's too hard, dude. Try stalking these deer, like oh, op- you know, and like getting up in tight when they're bedded down and shooting them with some, you know, self filming that. And I'm like, God, you're such a badass. I. I need to go film you. <laughs> so I have your guys' lord. Yeah, dude. He's Chandler's a lord. Chandler. He might be. He's just a hard ass dude who um is fun loving and like has like zero fucks given about like you know super humble. We have ever met yeah. him at any shows or anything like that? You've, he's been I bet there, you've met him at Deerfield. But I guarantee Probably. he didn't go out of his way to introduce himself. No, he's he's kind of a low key. Yeah. Hangs back. That's cool. Yeah, he's tight with 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 Travis's cousin AJ. Him and him and my cousin are really tight. Yeah, those guys need to come down for a podcast. It sounds like man. See, the thing is, we, is getting Ben to do one is probably fine, but AJ AJ but, might not do. Uh, one. I don't think we do really? it. Not even at a show or something. If if you were like, so he's he's like, I don't feed him a couple beers. He, AJ's <laughs> thing is, he's like, I, I don't need the attention. I'm, I'm not doing this for anybody but myself. I hunt for myself. Every experience I get, like, so he filmed the entire ox hunt in Alaska. I produced the whole thing. No one has ever seen it, and I don't know if anybody ever will. And I'm okay to say that. It's his cousin. I've asked him a number of times to if hey I like spent forty eight hours I don't remember I told you like I, 18 I, I, no it was a muskox with a longbow like, muskox with a longbow on an island 
with the sea around you with these floating icebergs dude it's the crate the deer was killed uh, the deer the ox was killed 30 yards from a cliff 300 feet down to the bering sea is it the bering sea what the hell is that sea called? A geographer. Whatever the sea call is. Around called. the island? The ocean where it's cold? Y- dude, it is. It's right. one of the seas. Cold. That one, yeah. It is when you, if, 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 you, if anybody know. ever got to see it, it would it would jaw drop you. I f- he filmed the whole thing and I produced it. And he just doesn't want it, doesn't he doesn't want it out want there. It out there. He's, it, it's kind of out there. Somebody produced it already. Um, but it's it's half-assed. And, sorry. Um, it's from. And, <laughs> sorry, and, not sorry. And anyways, sorry. I, I did it, and he—he's—he's he's just like, dude. It's—it's it's great what you did is badass, but I don't need the attention. Like I don't do this for that. You yeah, know? yeah. And, right. and I think that humble attitude is. Special. I mean, it's just cool for the viewer, though. It's—it's it's a soul, like, dude. You should. You could even say what he told you when I shot that buck last year. Oh yeah, so like he shot that shot that big one you guys see in the, that that first episode of Campfire Stories, and uh, AJ comes to to the Kissel Shack and we're, we're butchering and, and he's like hey Sam I gotta show you something and he kind of grabs me and we pull, pulls me out to the car we go out to his truck or whatever his jeep and he pulls out this Boone and Crockett rack that he just shot um, I don't even know what's Montana state. Montana with a bow with, yeah. with a bow uh, it's so beautiful I think he shot that with the rifle he ended up shooting that one with the rifle oh, right. he's like 176 178 something like that Ooh. perfect typical deer he, I'm like, dude, bring it in there. That's all. And he's like, nah, I don't want to take that away from from Travis. He's, today's his day. He got that nice buck. I don't want. I'm, I'm just wanted to show you. And he puts it back in, and then we go in and doesn't say a word about it. That's his person. Sounds like a good dude, man. Yeah. He's a good dude. He's Super awesome. Super humble and one of the better hunters that I've had the like pleasure to know. You know what I've noticed, man? Just being involved in like, I mean, the podcast dude has been like so good to us, man. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've. We met so many good people. We're very fortunate. For sure. Super, yeah, dude. It's it's crazy that all falls place. But like the 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 bigger the buck killer, and well, most times the more humble. Like mm-hmm. like Chandler example, our Lord here. Like you kill some <laughs> giants, man. But like you're not the dude at the bar that's bragging you're, about the. You're dude not going to see Mark Drury come up and talk shit on somebody's social media page. It's just not going to happen. Right. The guys that are out there doing their own thing, having success, are just going to stay in their own lane. Yep. They're going to congratulate somebody when they do a good job. As long as they're, they're happy. Not, they're not going to fuck with people. And right. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm nowhere near Drury's level, but when I see somebody have success, I'm happy for them. When I see somebody that's doing something that I don't agree with, I'm on my own fucking business. Like I, I don't pick at that. <laughs> right, I, right. I've got my own thing going on, I guess. Yeah, right, it, but right. I find that like once you get to the core of people that are in it for the right reasons, they're like that. Oh, like for sure. What you described, like yeah. they're they want people to have their moment. They're happy for their buddies mm-hmm. to kill big deer. Like in our crew, you will find in the working class bowhunter crew, you will find I will. I will put my life on it. Zero percent jealousy. If Eric kills a big buck, if Doug kills a big buck, if Chandler kills a big buck, if I kill one, we're just as happy for each other. Dude, that's what we're waiting on. That's the moment. All right. Oh, yeah. You, you love know? that text. Yeah, honestly. You yeah. Love text that, text, that phone call yeah. right at dusk on the in well, mid or whatever. We talked about this on a recent episode, Eric. It's like, I and we went to South Dakota. I shot an antelope. I had a, a fucked up <laughs> situation. I shot. I had an antelope intercept I had to my stab arrow. it in the, in the neck. Kind, <laughs> kind of like a weird deal. In a way, I yeah. shot at another antelope, and a different antelope 
they all took off at the shot of my arrow, and a different antelope intercepted my arrow. Interception. Oh. It, was, it was a true John Madden interception arrow. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it was. I wasn't really mad about it, but I was like, "Can you fucking believe that?" <laughs> the rest of the herd ran you know? out. They're like, "Damn, yeah, yeah." <laughs> and it was one. like you shot it with a rifle. Did she spread. fall? Yeah. Is she down? Is she down? Is she down? Is she down? Oh. In yeah, the Luke, face. she's fucking down. Easy up there. It's far you, you know what? I was, I was thinking when I, when I look at the four of you, and all of you guys yeah, got a good character face. Like, if I was a caricature uh, artist or something, like, this would be a really good, you know, <laughs> drawn. Yeah. And, and, like, there's this picture on the wall by the light switch that's got, like, that's animated crew, right there. and it's pretty badass. What I will say is. A gas station attendant took that, I think. Doug's, Doug's <laughs> mustache strong face, dude. I want to see him just drop a giant on film. Oh, yeah. Like, I just. <laughs> I'd love to do that. I'd love to do that. It's just that mustache That's is me. like, I'm little Dougie. Are you, little Dougie? Are you making 2021 predictions? <laughs> Old. Since this little Dougie cream power. I, I want to know what I'm killing next year. Dude, I'm having a real I'll tell you what, though, when Doug shot his 18 inch G2, I've known Doug for fucking. 10 years, probably 15 years, maybe. I've never seen him act like that in my life. <laughs> That's a fucking game changer, right? Yeah, there. dude. I didn't know what I shot until I walked up on it. It's crazy just, what some big antlers will do to you. So yeah. Like, my, like, I'm just like, wait, 18 inch G2? Yeah, 17 and a half inch G2. Dude, it's, un, it's unreal. About That's four ridiculous. bush light cans. <laughs> he measured it. Yeah, he measured it. it. <laughs> That's serious. For real. It's. Oh, it's. Uh, it's Ridiculous. It's cool, man. So, you, so, you so okay, the, the longest G2 buck I've personally, um, like, seen, even a picture of, was Jared's Kansas buck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, here's what's cool about that. 14s? Uh, they were four, one was 14 and a half, I believe. I can't remember because it's been a few years. But you know what's important, more important than the length of those G2s, is that I got to eat backstrap off that deer. You did? Yeah, you yeah, ate that buck. That's, 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 that's pretty cool. That's, that's cool. And, from my perspective, that's one of the biggest typicals killed with traditional equipment in history of. Yeah. Is there a bigger one? I don't know of any. I, mean, I don't know. I think there is. A I big, think Pat, two Pat, bigger ones. Pat's right? got one bigger um, from Driven Outdoors. Pat uh, a typical? Pat Reeves. Pat Reeves. Yeah, he's wow. got a he's got a two hundred four typical. I, I thought there film. was Holy no. Crap. There was the Peoria County. Um, what's God, that trap book? What's uh, the trap book? Mel Johnson. Mel Johnson. I was going to say yeah. that's the one. Yeah. But oh, Mossy? That's is that old Mossy one. horns? No, that's the Del Austin bucket. Del Austin? No, yeah. that's not Del Austin. Del Austin's the, got old a drop Mossy time. horns is the Del Austin bucket, isn't it? Man, it oh, you're we're, right. Here, yeah. we're, we're hey Jamie, pull this up. Hey Google it. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> we're no, we're going way. <laughs> I love that you call me Jamie. I'm Jamie and Joe Rogan at the same time. Sorry, I do. Ultimate package. Yeah, the Mel Johnson buck was Peoria County, and that that deer's held that record for since like whatever it was seventy one or seventy five uh, or whenever that deer was killed. Hmm. Is that close to here? Uh, yeah, 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 within an hour. Hour. Oh, okay. I forgot about that deer. Yeah, as far as big typicals yeah, with traditional equipment, does Wisconsin still have? I bet you he's wearing those clothes when he shot that deer They're, too. That's oh, here you guys probably smoking a cigarette. Or, they're probably pride. smoking a cigarette or, or pipe not or something. unfiltered for sure. Red and black Flicked flannel with his uh, faded out jeans. <laughs> that's how he, that's how he stopped him. Flicks it in his eye. Pulled the tab off his hams when he. <laughs> Nineteen sixty-five. Spit a little beech nut on him. <laughs> beech nut. 
What are you doing in that scrape, boy? Deep and roundy, are you, boy? Mel Johnson, 1965, Peoria County. 65. That deer's yeah. held that record since 65. Can you pull him on that big screen? Because Wisconsin, yeah, what's on. Wisconsin's the Jordan book? The Jordan bug is a uh, yeah, legend. And then Andre DeCristo actually had, like, number four for a while. Didn't number he? two and three for a while. Two and three? Yeah, mm-hmm. Those, yeah, by the way, know. if you're wondering where, where I'm from, those were shot. Well, one of them for sure was shot about 20 minutes from my house. Yeah, if you ever you see those mounts in person, dude, it's it's uh, it's unbelievable. I believe yeah, it. That's an impressive room to walk into. One, one time I walked. Or, have uh, you been there? Have you Chandler? Yeah. Andre's house? Yeah. Yep. A, a friend of mine's brother shot a 221. In Sheboygan County? Sheboygan. Sheboygan. And I, I walked into the garage and looked at that thing, and, I, I, like, I didn't want to put a 200 number on it, but I'm like, That's the I Johnson bet that buck's right 180, and they, it was 220. I, I couldn't believe that That's thing. That's a beautiful Mel deer. Johnson died at 84. That is a gorgeous deer on the screen right now. 1964. That was shot with a longbow. And that, there's a replica. I don't think it's the original, but it's in Bass Pro and Peoria. Full mount. It. Yeah, it's yeah. impressive, man. It's legit. Oh, yeah, that's um, the one we saw in Peoria. Where's it at? Uh, Bingo. Only been in the Bass Pro gurney. By the you know what's that? Look that at that. People don't talk about enough is, so right, right now we're looking at the Mel Johnson buck uh, on a big screen. Nobody can see it us. That's a recurve. But we right? look, but, yeah, it's a recurve. But we, but we look at these deer and we all say his name. Right, because the deer doesn't have a name. Right. The thing is, like, I was I was hunting a, a deer that was mid one nineties uh, five years ago, and it was killed out of the backyard of a guy with a crossbow. Um, I was within <laughs> seventy yards. I was within twenty yards on opening day. Was seventy yards uh, the day before he was killed, and I'm hunting that deer hard. And I hunted him every day. I watched him all summer. I spent so much time, so many hours. I didn't kill that deer. The guy that killed him, he gets mad respect in our area for killing that deer. He shot him in his backyard. I don't care if he's listening right now. Hey. Straight up. Gangster, dude. I've been all right. Much. It's so bullshit. <laughs> he drove home. <laughs> he saw a big 10-pointer bedded down. I called Heartbreaker. I missed that deer. I hit a limb at uh, 20 yards. Um, he saw deer. I was uh, about a one sixty-five inch ten pointer bedded down in a rose bed of a neighbor's when he was driving home from work, and so he thought he'd go inside shower because that matters, and then get on his uh, <laughs> camouflage because that matters a lot too. And then he was going to go out and he's going to sit in his like you know three quarter acre uh, yard, and then he shot the deer that I've been hunting. Now oh, that's cool. Like it was legal. Right? It was legal. It was legal. There's nothing illegal about it. Right, right, right. My thing is, is people recognize him for that deer. It was 194. It called him Chickenfoot because he had one effed up side that was like weird, and then he had one maculate side. But there's so many inches on that deer, it just Chicken jaw foot. drops you. And uh, I just think about that all the time when we see deer. Like, think about the, um, what's that buck that was, um, like the argued, uh, new world record book. No, the world record that was argued recently, like the last five years, Jay fish, that, the bought, muzzleloader shot, the muzzleloader one, Jay fish bought him. Uh, is that his name? Jay fish. The guy bought him. Um, he, he was up against, uh, the world record. The Johnny typical. King buck. Johnny King buck. Thank you. I'm not familiar with I don't that even, one. I don't even know this. He shot in Wisconsin. 
You guys are kidding. We're here. Oh, really? Shot in Wisconsin. Dude, Dude look it up. The, this is the biggest story in Whitetail it's, it's, News. It's a, it's a typical all day long, but they didn't right score there. it as a typical. The reason they didn't call him the world record is because they say his G2 to G3 was webbed. And it wasn't. It was irregular. So they Common called on, base. on the left side. There, yeah. I can see it. Kirk could speak go to back. this because he's a squirt. Go, go oh, back. I hate this. Go back. I, I can see it. Not first right picture. there. Right here. See that? They called that. Yeah, I would agree call. with that. I'll, I would agree with that call. You would. Yep. That's a right call. Yeah. Yep. So I believe it. But the Chandler, don't you agree? Right yeah, the, it's a split. It's a, a split, split too. But but he was two eighteen. And um, and then somebody else bought the deer and it's a um, that would be mm, he sold is it that, is that a it'd that's be, a split too it'd be a, it'd be more of a split but like if it was on even if that point yeah was off the top of the main beam that would still be a non symmetry point which make it a an, an abnormal point but do you know what, uh, what I'm getting at is is kind of this is off the mark but like hey see these big bucks we always talk about the guy's name who shot it Johnny King Buck the Mitch Rumpala buck the most like talked about just controversial whatever. Oh, yeah. The hell. Conspiracy Who theory. Really knows? It's like the Kennedy. You know what deer I love the most? The hole in the horn buck. Me too. Because there's nobody no, shot it. Nobody shot it. Hit that by we a know. fucking train. I got the know. story on that. And buck everybody from says the it's guy a, that mounted it. And it's really? not even a bullet that went through his well, horn. Well, right? It was a fence post. Nope. F- fencing. Like, I don't I just, all right, let's No, let's go. That's all. Hold on, hold on. I want to I want to say a couple things here. I, I agree with the whole, like, fuck net score type stuff. Yeah. Except when it comes to giant typicals because yeah. that's what makes a giant. Well, that's what makes it's it. It's the typical. only way to separate it, really. So it makes yeah. it perfect. Right. When yeah. you go non-typical, I think that maybe the typical, because for people who don't know, every, for the Boone and Crockett and Pope and Young measuring system, every deer gets a typical net score. Then So to go even further. Every deer gets a typical net score. Hmm. Then if it has 15 inches or more abnormal, that gets added to the typical net score, giving you your non-typical score. Um, I do think that when it comes to if it qualifies for 15 inches or more, maybe there needs to be some process. And I don't know. I'm I'm not that, I'm into that. involved. Yeah, yeah. That. Gross, the rules. gross plus abnormal maybe should be considered for non-typical, but maybe that amplifies it more versus yeah. typical. But typical net I get because when you go world-class typical to net, net over 170 is a fucking yeah. best It's just, too, it's oh, just yeah. too different. I mean, you talk gross and net. I, I always talk gross total inches. But agreed, agreed. I do. I do know there's two, but but you got to remember if you're on one side of the fence, stay away from the other when you're talking about it. Like if you're going to talk gross, you're over here. If you're going to talk net, that's like that's like the, uh, you know, you, you you still have your long sleeves cuffed. At, you got fancy cuffs. Like you're right. talking. This is legit. Like net. This is right. All the rules in play. So someone says, "Hey, I have a booner." That's yeah. I'm what do you what do you expect yeah. them to? So if I if if you and I are having like, so you and I are talking and I call you and I'm like, Dude, let, booner, let, let me paint a picture. Gross. Let me paint a picture here. Yeah, yeah. Because I just want to see where you're at with this. And Tell a story. Try Tell to a feel story free to people. chip in. I'll chime in. Because we we've all kind of talked about, and this is kind of, we got some shit about this a little bit. <laughs> we go to the bar over here downtown. And I walk in. I don't know you. You walk in. I'm like, hey man, you hunter? Cool. Let me buy you a bushlight long neck. Yeah. So I get you that fancy bar. We have bushlight bottles. It's cheaper. Forties. Hey, wait, wow, wait, 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 wait. What do you always What do you always say when you when you're drinking bottles of bushlight? I want to be formal, but I'm here to party. <laughs> okay. There you go. Okay. 
for the sake of the story, this bar has glass 40s of bush light. And uh-huh. I'm like, Two deer I want to be hood, but I'm here to party. <laughs> right. I want to be hood, you but I'm a deer hunter and I'm here to party. That's <laughs> it. You're, you're at Percy's then. <laughs> All right, let's so, let, him, let him go. So we're there, and I'm like, "Hey, boys, two forty right on the rocks, whatever that means." <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means. <laughs> so, so I'm like, "Hey, boys, <laughs> I shot a Booner typical yesterday. How's your season going?" When I say that, like a dick, you know? Total no, dick no, bag. you didn't. When I say that, when I say booner typical, in your head, what are you thinking? I'm expecting net boon. I'm, ex- I'm be net honest boon. with you. When you, if, you say, dude, if, if, you, if, if you said booner typical, I'd look at you like, I can't talk to you because you don't know deer hunting. I, I've never heard somebody really? that's serious deer hunter be like, yeah, but 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 you say typical. that, but then you thought net boon, dude. If if you that's, say I shoot a boon or typical, you say net boon. I want to see. I want like. I think if you shoot a, so the I think typical, if, no, if the typical my, not, part is what tipped you off. We always, kind of, yeah. we, but if you say, say gross boon or net boon, that, we always talk. We about always that. say we say gross or net, and and mostly and I you don't never fuck even say if much, he's typical but, or non typical. You just say net boon or gross boon, and then somebody's like. Was he typical? You know, that's kind of our conversation. If somebody says what you just said to me, I would be I, – I, I'll be honest with you, man. You, you don't understand. You guys live in the outdoor industry. Yeah. You go to a bar. People recognize you or whatever, and they want to talk about deer hunting. I, I love deer hunting so much that I don't like wasting my time talking about deer hunting with somebody yeah. that doesn't deer hunt. I mean, you, you don't have to be and, the same caliber as like a trade shows. investment <laughs> oh, into the, the lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. But don't come at me and say, like, I shot a – and a, a gross boon typical or whatever the hell because you never say that in the same sense I mean, who the fuck ever since I never heard that before right right unless in the, in the, except your I was trying example. to paint a picture for controversy you don't have to come down on my parade here <laughs> no you, you <laughs> know what somebody that's fuck really you. trying to say the boon word really hard yeah the, that's that's, that's, that's the point boon. dude yeah. it's, it's just that's just showing yeah. off and that's just bullshit man that's, right. that's like everybody that sees like oh yeah, I saw a booner how big do you think Boone is? Well, I don't know. It depends. I mean, right, right. And then right. it's like, well, just, you know, is it non typical? But the, it's a very loose term that gets I don't, thrown I honestly don't know that I've ever seen one in my life, to be honest it, with you. A typical Boone and Crockett? I can say that I, don't I saw think I one have. real close. I mean, not real close, but pretty damn close this year. And mm. he might have floated, floated down should. a river. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah it's I had sad. pictures of one. I'll show you after this. <laughs> There's actually one that lives kind of above my house. I scored one. I missed a buck when I was. Young I look for this fucking picture. with a muzzle loader that, um, and, and here's the only reason why I know it is what I saw. Yeah, but I missed a buck at 112 yards. I remember it um, when I was 17 with a muzzle loader that I know would have netted at least over 170 as a typical because my buddy, shout out to Jim Burns, he's yet to do a podcast. He's from Chicago area. Sure, he's been Good. hunting forever. And he had the buck at 12 yards, and it caught him. Oh, man. It caught him, like, head on, and he couldn't draw on it. And it looked at him. It was 12 yards or something like that. Looked at him and That's turned it. around and walked straight away from him. And he's like, dude, it was all day, 175, mid-170s as a typical. And I, I set up in the same area and missed him. That's right. That's right, my neighborhood. Like, where I live. He's, I, dude, Travis, I, I wish I had – I wish I had better – I should show you better. I'll show you better picture. picture after the podcast. You're but showing a picture of a neighborhood buck that's just a legend. He's seven and a half. Really? Is this that uh, the John King buck right here? Yeah, that's a that's the Johnny King buck. The other one. Yeah, I, and Austin can probably speak to it, but I I, I want to say that the hole in the horn buck was a hole drilled through the antler to, hole, to like yep. a barn burner. Basically. So so Losey Murphy mounted that deer, 
And uh, Losey's a local guy uh, close to us. He's no mounted kidding. a couple deer for me. The same guy that mounted the hopper dropper. No shit. Yeah. So he, he remounted that deer after it sat in the bar. The original rack. Yeah, he remounted that deer. And he said when they were trying to hang that deer on the wall up north, they couldn't get it to turn right. So they drilled a hole through easy. the antler and, like, put a oh, piece yeah. of wire on it to, like, pull it back and get it to face the way they wanted it to. Uh-huh. So I always heard it. that when it died by the train tracks that, that i heard that same that story. it had fell on part of a fence barbed wire yeah. fence and that poked a hole th- which sounds silly you now. gotta think about that so it how, yeah how are you gonna fall on a barbed wire fence with an antler that's a half See, i of thought it was like soft, soft velvet <laughs> yeah that's a theory <laughs> so i i went with the uh whole what 22 how old was how old was the until i read i read an article that told me about what you just said yep. in austin and that's the real story that that makes me appreciate it even more. It's kind of cool. like a Milwaukee where they like doing one of these. And <laughs> I love yeah. that. Who's going yeah. to drill a hole <laughs> in a three hundred and thirty-three inch deer? Who's going to drill a hole through yeah. the middle of it? Oh, you know something. Yeah, in, in before we were talking about the Mitch Rumpala buck, which you know makes a lot of people go one way left. You're either a left or a right person when it comes to that. I'm like, it's kind of stuck in the middle, but I kind of want to believe it. And the only yeah. reason is is because, like, well, well first of all, I love. I love to see something like that and believe that it might have come true. But if anybody saw the Waukesha County buck that was shot from Wisconsin this year, that happened to be immediately next door to my mom and stepdad's place, their, their horse farm. It was 28 and a half inches wide. Jeez Louise. And, 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 and anybody Wolf. can look that up all day long and look at the pictures and measurements of that deer. And uh, if you know what a 28 and a half inch wide buck looks like, that's a muley. It, it'll freak you out. It's and, a big muley. And well, here's Geyer Buck's almost 27 here's, wide. Here's so. what's really cool about I want to see that rack someday. I, I filmed that deer. I'm going to try to talk my dad to let me just keep it should, near the studio. <laughs> and you should just get a replica man, I, huh? I filmed that deer. It's cheap, right? That's the thing, you had to unmount it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. I filmed that deer run across the road in 2014? 2015. 2015. Sorry, 2015. He ran across the uh, road with the uh, wind in, at his back. And that was weird. I remember saying when he ran across, like, what's he doing? Like, he ran across, he's running with the wind at his back, which is weird because it was like right before gun season, it was rut. And I would have thought he was like going and set check, sun check in doe bedding areas. So it's kind of like, what the hell? He wasn't running hard, he was just trotting. But he was uh, at that time three and a half at maybe, maybe a four and a half. Yeah. But he looked like he was maybe 20 inches wide. And guy in the car with me, a buddy of mine, he's like, look at him running with the wind at his back. What is he doing? And I just remember it clear as day and watching that thing run, you know, with the big buck like that, the left and right bobbing. Well, he was on trail camera for two years by my stepdad at their horse farm. And he was also by a buddy of mine who lives about a mile and a half away on trail camera. And that's right where I was hunting, too. And then he was killed immediately next door to my mom's place. They found him three days after they shot him, I guess two shots, uh, with a helicopter. And uh, there's so many stories going around, but I know the the real one because I'm pretty (laughs) intimate with it. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, it's just the most amazing deer you've seen. Like when, when I look at this deer and the way that his rack splayed out, it went straight left and right. It'll, it's a rompola buck. It, it looks like the rompola buck. Yeah. So when people look at that buck and the guy who just disappeared off the map that before that was already known for legitimately killing some 
big quality mature animals Mm -hmm. it makes me question and and i hate i love this conversation i've written articles about this it just gets me wound up i believe a big part of me believes i just wish that guy would step out of his shell you you talk to uh kevin vestizen ask him about it he knows right where the guy lives I, mean, I feel like one Listen. day we just go like trick or treating, like Halloween. We've already talked. Dude, about we should this. just get on the podcast. <laughs> like, hey, we knock, knock, just roll up on them. Hey, man, you, yeah, Mitch, what trick, up? Trick or treat, man. Here's a twelve pack. <laughs> yeah, tell me the do story. A podcast. I don't drink. Oh, who, Kevin, who? Who are we talking about? Here's here? a pack of here's here's a Mountain Dew. Deer Hunter podcast. Venison. Venison. What? Venison. Venison. You know what? As many times I've recorded with him and talked to him and just knowing the guy, the guys had venison at my house and shot longbows in my backyard. I never actually like asked him how to. You know what? He'd probably say my last name is spe- uh, pronounced oh, yeah. like Ubel, but yeah. it's but it's Ubel. Well, yeah. I just I was like, oh, we're on the same. I didn't know. Venison. Ven- yeah. Ven- yeah. Just say venison. You know what, Kevin Venison. Hey, Kevin, if you're listening right now, He's um, listening. I'm going to keep calling it Vestizen, and you should too. Vestizen <laughs> sounds fancy. fancy. It sounds man. way fancier, dude. dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, he's got the cuffs on. <laughs> he's got the cuffs. Yeah, pinky Cuff finger links. on a goblet With the cuff of wine. And if, oh, if, yeah. uh, didn't you mail him some working class merch, and you you spelled it Kevin Venison? Oh yeah, <laughs> on the on the on the label, like the shipping label, I put Kevin Venison. Such a good dude. <laughs> he is he, a good guy. He came down. He, he so Michigan. He he, he he interviewed with Dan Infault. He gets to my house. He's like, "Hey man, sorry, I'm like an hour and then almost two hours late." I'm like, "No big deal. We're just like trying to cook dinner for you, but that's fine. We just yeah. Wait I just for have you. kids. I'm gonna put them to bed." <laughs> he goes, "Oh man, but Dan, I didn't know how it was gonna go. He wanted to go like touch up his bear baits. I'm like, yeah, bro." Um, he lives in like Jefferson County. You just drove like three hours away to go freshen his bear baits and thought you would walk all the way out to where he's got that and freshen that and get back in the truck and drive back. And in his truck for all, you know, of all things, which probably doesn't even go 65. And he's like, <laughs> no man, we took my truck. I just <laughs> drove all the way from Michigan. Then I drove Dan to his bear spot. <laughs> I drove back, dropped him off. Now I drove all the way back to Waukesha County, which is next, kind of next door-ish. But, like, it is next door. But, like, I drove all the way back to your house. I'm pretty damn tired. I'm like, well. That must have been the same loop because he stopped down here and did a podcast in the studio, like three too. years ago or four years? Yeah, no, this is this ago? year. This, this last year. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no we, didn't, we didn't hook up. He goes, I just. I'm like ready to go to bed. I'm like probably learned his lesson. This idea was going to make his way up there. I'm glad we got two like thirty packs of bush light here. I'm glad you came. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he 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 probably learned his lesson. It's probably I'm going to pace myself because he's. I thought he was going to make his way up and and podcast with Dan, but he never. I don't know if he did, but he was in the studio. I, so. dude, I felt so bad. I went out by him uh, before we fished a big muskie tournament. Um, I, I fished a lot of, like I said before, muskie tournaments and PMTT is professional yeah. muskie tournament trail. And I went out to fish St. Clair, and uh, and he happens to live out there. He's like, hey, stop by the studio. We'll record. So I was out there with Steve Steve Jeffrey, who was filming my partner and I fished this tournament series. Mm-hmm. We pull in his place, and uh, he starts talking about how big the water is. And I already heard rumors. I hadn't fished St. Clair. It's super deep. It's super big. It's 13 miles across or something like that, but it doesn't get much deeper than 22 feet, which means big, big-ass waves in a hurry. Oh, really? So I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I get seasick. I'm a big fisherman, but put me in big water. I can't see shore. And big waves. Oh, crap. Get all weirded out. So he's got me freaked out, and he's like, you want another beer? I'm like, no, man, I'm good. 
I I did. I, we were there for like three hours. We ate venison burgers and they were drinking beers like crazy. I had like a beer and like a quarter. I didn't fit. And like, look at our table right now, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, like, right. I like to throw them back. Don't See, tip them off. I like the thing. I could be like, I could hang, but I don't have no idea what it's like to be on like water like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I get yeah, out there. And be, right. I'd either be like perfectly fine, like yeah. I'm just like trashy and whatever, don't affect me, yeah. or I'd be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it'd fuck me up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it would do. You guys had a good podcast, by the way. When you had them on, I don't know how many times you've had them on the show. We did a part one, part two. We, I listened yeah. to both of those. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. those are the only times, but that was... We kind of got deep on that one, It was man. deep, man. We, we got an industry deep. Well, that's where, yeah. when I say take the white gloves off for a minute, like that's where it's like, let's just be real. You know? Well, I mean, we both are... Podcasting, you kind of get deep dive on like more things than you do. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong here, but... Um, you're in like 400 and something episodes, dude. You know what you mean, right? Well, well, but <laughs> but I mean compared to uh, like a video, oh yeah, um, industry, yeah. You know, it's like with podcasting, we deep dive on people, and that's like the nature of the beast. Like when yeah. we when you can do them out of season, like it's you can't just shoot. A no, deer we stay. Well, steer, one a week. We, we August. Steer, we right, steer clear know. from controversy. Most people steer. are always going to stir controversy, oh, yeah. no matter what it is, whether it's yeah. podcast or video. But the people, like you said before, like looking for hate. I mean, I don't know why people. Certain people seem to like. Hey man, look yeah. who's that big drop time buck? I shot him in the artery, and I didn't even finish that story. But the deer was walking, and I said, "Hey, there was too many deer around. Instead of stopping that deer, I knew it was going to get me screwed. So instead right, of getting right. him a hot alert, I shot him walking." Well, if you put it in freeze frame and you go frame by frame, my shot was perfect mm-hmm. within one step. I, right. I, I mean, nobody can argue me because I, I fucking edited it's it. It's there. I know. And he yeah, it's one there. frame. He's one step, and I shot him back in the hind quarter like right in front of the hind quarters right in that artery that deer was dead in five he was down in five seconds you can you watch that and you hear me he goes he's going down and steve steve's filming he's like no way and i'm like he just did a he like reared like a bronco and he fell on his back and now he's just like kicking his legs at the kick in right. 15 seconds the deer stopped moving i'm like right right <laughs> he's like you gut shot him i'm like i didn't hit him in the guts i think i'm hit above the guts and you know what's really cool, by the way, and just because I just brought that up, I got to eat the inner tenderloin to that deer. You would think if you hit them right there, especially with like a big broadhead, that they might have been sliced or severed, or you'd hit something weird that would have screwed them up. No weirdness. I didn't even, I gutted that deer, and there was not even guts split open. I hit them so perfect in that artery that nothing was wasted, not even right. the inners. I mean, it was a perfect p- shot, actually. It's yeah. almost like, man, if it wasn't so hard to hit that, that lucky <laughs> that spot. Yeah, 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 you know, it almost yeah, you just I, I, do that. That, I do that every time. It'd be the spot, right? And then right. I had a guy on YouTube, he was ripping me up, and I was like, dude, quit being a dick. They always right. And man. then he messaged me on Facebook. He's like, hey, man, I just had to follow up with you on Facebook separately just to send you a private message because we were having such a long conversation about this. But, hey, like the last two bucks that I hit, were lucky shots like that i hit i hit him in the artery both times one of them was in the other part of the artery but that one the the, the big one he sent me a picture and he goes that was right in the same spot i'm like bro then why were you talking yeah, so you shit. me so much shade here bro dude people are weird thanks man. for the private message man they're so weird and, and, and sunglasses even, for all the shade it, it, it's even weirder like we don't. Really, I haven't, we've got hate for a while. Like, but be, like, be cool in public, but then be a dick private. It's or, weird. You know what I mean? You yeah. But you he was like Mark the reverse. Drury doing it. <laughs> was that? You don't see Mark Drury doing it. No, you don't mm-hmm. see Mark Drury. That's I wonder what his DMs look like. He's going to be like, fuck me. I, I, I answer no, all these I today? I don't think so. I don't think you're. I think he's just. 
Dude, he, he is one badass guy. Yeah. Mark Jury, I'll tell you this. I, I would put test. badass on his shirt, man. Listen, your guys' podcast with him, like I've Best never I've heard. He, I've you. never like heard Best him heard. like let oh. his guard down so much. Mark Jury like is. I will tell you this, and you can the listeners out there. I'm talking to you. You can believe this or you can not believe it. Whatever the fuck you want to do, but I'm telling you straight up, Mark Jury is a homie of working class bow hunter. Like we talk to Jury Mark uh, specifically often. And he is, on, when you hear him on the podcast, he is who he is. He is the coolest dude mm-hmm. that I've ever met in this Remember industry. Remember Iowa last year? We've seen him after the Iowa Deer Classic at the tavern. You told us. We said, hey, where should so we go, go to, drink Go tonight? to Beer Can Alley. Beer Can Alley. Yeah. And then he's the first one there. Yep. And well, first we walk in and there's hey, no one every, like every year. Yeah. I'm like, dude, Kurt, Kurt Knott's Green at 9 does. Yeah. And then I was like, Mark, I was like, Kurt Knott's Green at 9 does. He's like, there's the like no bar. one there. Send us to the wrong bar. Send us to the wrong bar. And also. Um, Mark Drew walks in. I'm like, I think we're at the right place. <laughs> we, we, it was bar time, and we were outside waiting for Uber or whatever. And he came out, and he was lit up. We're lit up. And uh, he's like, hey, guys. We're like, hey, man, what's going on? And I don't even know if you remember talking to us before everybody showed up, before, yeah. like, too many people showed up. This is, like, a week before COVID got weird. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we were like, shit, we were just in a bar with, like, 500 people. Yeah. And anyways, Mark Mark Drury was there, and we were chatting with him for a bit before the crowd started, like, circling him. At the end of the night, we're working for the, waiting for that Uber, and we're talking to him. He's like, so what do you guys do? And we're like, we film a show. He's like, oh, cool. What's the show called? It's Chase Nation. He goes, cool what do you guys like what's the premise and i just got to talking like like oh man this is neat I, maybe he'll remember i doubt he does but he was drunk and his wife shows up and she grabbed him by his shirt and she's like mark the like the, the ride is here or something he's like oh all right guys <laughs> well, nice talking yeah. to you and it was so cool because he was so casual well, yeah dude, one, one thing i'll say about Humble you, like, when be. we were in the bar like dude a million people walked up and tried to show him like Pictures look at on the, their phone. Yeah, look at my brother's at, friend. Shot. I think he looked at every single one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And did, like, yeah. he's so, the worst, so genuine. The worst man. part about so, uh, Expo shows. Let oh. me show you my phone pictures of oh, my man. brother's oh, yeah. friends. When they, imagine, when they reach for the phone, you're head. like. It'd be freaking exhausting. It'd be like nonstop. <laughs> it, it, I think it is. Like, we walked in because we're buddies with him, you know, and he sees us, and it was cool, right? Because, like, we, it was the first time we experienced, like, oh, like, we're homies with Mark Jury. Because. I walked in first in the crew because Steve was being like dramatic, like oh yeah, wouldn't pay the, he wouldn't pay the wouldn't pay the fee to get in, like being a bitch. Well, right? I didn't give a shit. I'm going bucks. in. I walk in and Mark sees me and he locks on. He's like, oh shit! And so Mark is. I'm talking to people and then I didn't remember. I was having a conversation with someone and Mark comes in just being a buddy, you right, know? right. And he like throws his arm around me and like leans on me. Definitely like, pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> oh, pre-COVID. Yeah. And he's just like, what's up, dude? How you doing, man? And, like, while I'm in conversation, that like, I, I don't even remember who it was. It was just at the bar. And someone's like, oh, okay. Like, you're on that status now. I'm like, no, no, listen, I'm not. I'm like, you're on that status. You changed. I'm like, you changed. <laughs> you changed, bro. Well, you know what, though, man? You worked. You put your time in. And, but, and we talked about that on the way down here. Is there certain people that we both know that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh. And, and sometimes, you know, you break into a scene without experience or time put in. There's a lot of people that are good at talking. Mm-hmm. There's people that have done the walk. And old school as it might sound, my dad might say, you know, you talk, talk, walk the walk. Well, I'd tell you, goddamn, you know a man or a woman who has actually walked it versus somebody who can talk it. You can talk circles all day long, but you're going to slip. 
When yeah, you right. sound like you read something out of a book, that's so goddamn annoying. Right. There's absolutely no purpose in trying to break into a scene, especially like the hunting industry, without the experience. You shot two, three deer in your life? That's cool, man. Good. I hope you keep going. But goddamn, don't go on social media and try to like proclaim that you are a champion. Don't make don't yeah. don't don't proclaim yourself as the name that everybody should remember because mm-hmm. you didn't earn it. It's a good yeah. I and, like that a lot. That annoys the crap out of me because we've all put in time. Fuck, I've been writing for so many years. I've met so many people. I have filmed for a lot of years. I've filmed with three different shows and DVD series, and my name is hardly known. You, you have no idea unless you've put in the time what it takes. It's not just shooting big deer. You shoot some big deer, and you might get known quicker, rapidly. Right. But what you've actually invested, some people have lost relationships. Wives, I know people that have been divorced because of their relationship with this world that we live in, this industry. You know, Over just what we're doing right now. Yeah. And you look at, like, Mark Drury, because he's the, the topic that we're talking about. And you look at the guys maintained a family. He survived. He is the biggest name. I'm sorry, but in my opinion, arguably one of the biggest names in white tails. I, I don't think I don't really know no if that's an argument. The goat. He he is I'm going to call. Goat. I'm going to call him the, the goat, goat right now. I would. He is the goat. I would say if we all called him the goat right now, I would like to see someone. I, I would say there. Yeah, maybe is an argument, but it'd be a tough argument. I mean, uh, Chandler, from your perspective, just picking your brain because, and I don't know from your perspective, Austin, you've hunted for a long time. You've been hunting high caliber deer for a long time. Do you feel that you – this is a, a multi-layered question getting to the point of this whole Mark mm-hmm. Jury conversation, so I don't want to get – I want to come back to that. Yep. Do you do you feel like you just all of a sudden found yourself in the industry with us or when, when you were doing some filming for Respect the Game? I, I, just, I wasn't looking for a spot in the industry. I just happened to fall in with you guys because you're local and we have a lot in common. So, yeah. like, it, it's never been a goal of mine to be in the industry. I just happen to like to hunt big deer. You guys happen to like to talk about it, so like we mesh and we vibed well. Yeah, right. so and you're saying that right, and that's like the thing that's so attractive about you as a person, Chandler and Whitetail Killing is like you're just you're it, it, well, you, and the name like Austin for Chandler. Guy. It almost should be like a champagne label. The Lord, <laughs> you got a bottle of Austin Chandler. Right? My, my wife's loving. My wife's Austin Chandler. I gotta, I gotta have my wife listen back to this. Get a hey. bottle. Get a bottle of that Lord. Yeah, yeah that Lord. It, 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 yeah. You, you drinking that Lord? It is truly a cool name. You have some. Uh, some are actually but French. Austin, yeah. Yeah. for the region. Sip it on that Lord. This how, is the Lord by you? the Austin Chandler. <laughs> how old are you? Uh, Thirty-seven. I'm 37 too. Yep. Old fuck. So I mean, how, how long have you been hunting? Dusty old balls. Uh, Whole life. My my first year of bow hunting was 1997. I killed my first big deer in 1998. Okay, so gangster. So I was were, eight years old. You were 13, man. 13, 14, yeah. 14. I, I was 15, 15 when I killed my first big deer in 98. So okay. I was eight years old when that happened. So what the point I was getting to is, you know, you you've paid attention to big buck killers, whitetail killers in the game. Yep. Up to this point and all your experience, killing your first big buck in 98 when I was 8 years old. How old are you, Eric? 8. eight. How old are you, Doug? 6. Seven. 7. So, we were kids. Like, could barely even figure it out. How old are you, Travis? 33. Okay. I'm 30. You know what? I think I ask him that so, every time we're together. I'm like, I don't even remember. He's not sure if I'm, like, older or younger. Calculating all that in, who do you see as, like, the top three whitetail, like, uh, 
gangsters, I guess. Not in this room. That, that'd be a good like. <laughs> yeah, not, that, that'd be yeah, like a good closer. Like <laughs> who is everybody's to, top three? Okay, like we can do that. If I had to pick a top three in no specific order, Bill Winky, uh, Lee Lakowski, and Mark Drury. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Andre DeQuisto's got to be up we there too. Go I mean, I, I got to pick four. Andre Andre's definitely got to be up there. Yeah, he's got to be. He's yeah. killed some studs, man. He's killed some studs. I don't know, man. That's a that's a fun question. I you love know? that question. Is a, who's your top three? My I top like three. That. Fuck. Uh, Mark Drury, one hundred percent, is in that top three. Um, Without worrying about anybody's judgment, yeah, on the I, I literally didn't think about. I don't give a shit about like, what anybody's thinking. Yeah. Like those are just my honest yeah. guys that I look up to. Yeah, uh, I don't give a fuck about judgment. Um, Mark Jury for sure. I would say, I would say Andre is in there. I would say that a lot of people probably argue him on some of his like uh, ethical history. That's with that, which that's what kind of puts it. That's why kind of why I'm like Andre. Yeah, but ignore that because um, I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, Andre. And Mar- is that is that history there because people are jealous? Mm, yeah, or it's always well, comfort. I, I know he's went through his stuff, but I really love Andre DeQuisto as a person. I really like that. I, guy actually, a lot. at Iowa last year, me and him talked for like a half hour. I really yeah. enjoy him too. He's um, a good guy. And, and and I'm not saying like that he's like guilty of anything. Like, I think Andre is one of the. Probably one of the better dudes we've met, oh, honestly. Yeah. But it's like he's an OG man. He, yeah, he is. I would call him OG for sure. Right, and and, 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 and man, I, like immediately, I feel no guilty names. about even saying that part about it because it's like it's probably bullshit. But like, you know, whatever. But um, Mark Drury, Andre DeQuisto, um, man, Don Higgins is really catching my attention lately. Yeah, he's coming mm-hmm. on strong oh, lately. Yeah. And I'm going to draw a fourth, and I don't care what anybody fucking says, uh, and this is just what it is. Like, Are we going mainstream industry? Are you going to say Bowman? You can, you can say anyone you want. <laughs> I'm going to go it's, Ross Biggers in that fucking nice. session. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> because he's one of ours, and the dude is 31 years old. How many humans have three 200 inches? In 15 years. Yeah. Well, he's thir- killed a yeah, just in, in, in a lifetime. In gen- in he's general. killed. This is a good conversation. He's killed a 200 inch deer every five years for the past 15 fucking years. You want to tell me that he's not? He's mm-hmm. in the conversation, man. He's got to be in the conversation. It's the same thing as if I went to the UFC and I get knocked out every time, but. Once every 15 years, I knock out the heavyweight champion by a lucky punch. Well, right. and he and get the belt. You got to keep in mind. Yeah, you get the he, title. Yeah, he's, I'm like, he's got every. I mean, he, <laughs> he's got one deer that was that was 205 <laughs> that a neighbor got from him, and another deer that was in the 190s that Bill Moretti got from him. Like both of those deer, rightfully probably should have been Rosses. So I mean, that's insane. If you start counting that. that kind of shit in, Ross, yeah. that's crazy. Ross is a heavyweight contender at the age of thirty-one. And, and, and wait, I need to stand up for him a little bit. It, it's him? not because he's lucky; it's because he's on a program. Oh yeah, it's because he's well, got his neighbors he's got on it a program. Figured out, yes. He yeah. he had right. yeah. He's just wired that way to pass hundred and fifty and sixty inch deer. Yeah, and I'll put him in there. And then you know who I'd put in after that man, even. No matter what, I Chandler, I put you in there, man. I appreciate it. Honestly, that. like you know, I I think Bill Winky's in there. I think you know Lee Lakowski, of course, is in there. Don Kitsky, you know, Don Kitsky's in there, of course. I used to have a crush on um, Candy. 
Candy <laughs> Eshy's so nice. Adam Hayes. You can, Adam oh, Hayes. Dude, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I forgot about Adam Hayes. How can you forget about him? Yeah, right. Okay. Like all those There's guys. So saying all the names because we got to hear everybody else. We don't want to steal anybody's. Well, I got to like. You got to yeah, remember. I got to like cover my bases. Damn it. But you, I got get, no more. you get my top. Are you going with your top ten right away? Like who, who's yours? Travis. Top ten. Yeah. I just mean you've got it. You're like eight now. Yeah. yeah. I probably rattle them off. Two more is like fuck them. Nobody else. Let's go. Let's go. Um, let me pick. Travis, you go ahead. Get, get top three whitetail killers in the game. I'm gonna go Drury, Mark, and yeah, Mark. I, I like Mark, Mark Drury, and I like Andre, and I think I'll throw. I don't know. I'll throw Bill Winky in there. Dude. Mm, he's got, fair. dude. He's got some freaking. You got the fair. same three as me. Yeah, yeah, I do. I should change that up. I feel really guilty about like you mentioned Andre's pass right now. I'm not gonna lie because it is probably is all bullshit. You can't change your your pick. By the way, you gotta stick with it. Okay, that's fair. I might chime in later when Um, I change it. My my top three in order would uh, would definitely be um, Mark Drury number one. Do we gotta call Mark? Yeah, no doubt. I'm gonna text him right now. Okay, number two right is Roger Raglan. You, you cool Ooh, guy, the old Roger Raglan. Taking it I, old oh, school. Honestly, man. dude, I have like eleven, I mean ten or eleven of those old VHS cassettes. Guy killed some fucking giants back in the day. He's the one who taught my my like high school buddies and college buddies growing up the runaround. Um, if you watched my episode from three two years. Two or three years ago, I did a runaround where I get down to my stand. I had my cameraman wanted an apple from his backpack at the base of the tree. <laughs> I crawled down there at the grunt tube and some rattling antlers, and I ran around with these big lunky boots on, kicking brush, hitting the horns together, grunting. I climb back up. I hand him an apple. Dave Bechtel. He takes a bite of the apple, and he turns around and he goes mid mid chew. He goes big buck, like legit. And I'm like, what? And he what? goes, he's coming right to us. And I look at him, and he's like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like an chewing. <laughs> and he's reaching so slowly for the camera, and he starts spinning it around, and he gets on this deer, and he comes up. And uh, I should have shot him at 25 yards broadside, but there was brush, and I didn't know he was broadside. I thought he was facing me. And I was fully drawn, but I had a tree. And if I would have just leaned about six inches more, it would have been done. So right. that story reminds me of Roger Reglin all the time. He's the only reason I would have ever thought to do something so crazy. And, it, you know, by the way, by the way, some people messaged me like, dude, that was nuts. I can't believe that works. Is that real or did you guys edit that? Like, that's legit. Roger Reglin, he gets all the credit for the runaround. Dude, I want to no, chime no, in my no, honorable no. mention. Scheffler. Longbow from the ground, that's, public land. Right. Scheffler, yeah. yeah. Dude, the guy's dude, the guy. He we we so, talked about this on the way so, down. Yeah. Like his, just even you watch him on the DVDs. Like every step he takes is calculated, and you don't do every that multiple times on multiple big deer and just get lucky. Get lucky every with time, a guy man. wearing a freaking headdress of a camera yeah. behind you. It doesn't no. happen. I would say number. Oh, I got a shit. phone call going on. Boys. No, oh, number three shit. is either Adam Hayes or Jared Scheffler. And yeah. I've hunted. I've hunted with Jared. Yes, sir. Mark, what is up, buddy? How you doing, man? We're doing good, man. You just got brought up in some conversation here on the podcast, and I figured... You're live right now. We're close enough with Mark Drury. I'll text him, and we'll get him on the phone. (laughs) So we're recording now. We're recording right now, brother. Uh, All right. Very good. (laughs) How are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great. I'm sitting here watching Shark Tank and backing up 
pictures from this past fall. I was looking at my computer. I'm just backing up my Iowa pictures now. And just in Iowa thus far, and I haven't even gone through all of them yet, I'm backing up 16,320 that I sent. <laughs> yeah, that's, on three, that, that's on three cameras, isn't it? No, that doesn't count Missouri or Texas, so I'm going to be here a little bit with this back. The guy's Rogers. always working. Mark, I, I got to give you a quick thank you, man. We've been doing a podcast. We're here with the boys from Chase Nation from Wisconsin. All right, going on three hours, and uh, we're yeah about almost three hours now in the recording, and we we're getting to the end of it, and we were talking about who we thought were in our top three whitetail killers of all time, yep. and uh, Austin Chandler, which I just texted you about on New Year's. Um, you met Chandler at trade shows, but I was showing you some of his recurve bucks with the old growl call and all that, and um, he he's the oldest out of the crew, and. He included you in the the top three in his mind whitetail killers, and I think all of us had you as um, top number one, really, as yeah. a whitetail killer in the game. And I was like, you know, we're close with Mark, and we talked about kind of how we got to know you in the industry. And I was like, man, I'll, I'll hit him up and see if he can just jump on. So I just want to say thank you for that. And even though you're so busy, it's it's cool that you're willing to do. Thanks this for type being of stuff. in our top three, not just top three, but number one in all four of the of the of the six of us. Top we, four, top like three, seven yeah. belts over his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're the champion, my my friend. It's pretty neat. Well, all of that, I have but one question. Instead of saying you're into it three hours, how many bush lights does that equate to? <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> we we don't talk him. about that. There's a lot of beers on the table. You would want to see the studio table right now. Let's just do that. <laughs> Had, had that conversation occurred at the beginning of the hour, I probably been, been mentioned. But I appreciate that. That's very humbling. You guys are are too kind to even have me in a conversation with whoever the other whitetail hunters are. I mean, we're just we're just lucky to be able to do it. If you think about it, I mean, we're lucky to be able to be able to go out each fall and and whitetail hunt and study. In my mind, the most amazing animal God ever put on this earth. It's they're truly they are truly the masters to get out there and, and watch them, and it's just unbelievable to me. But I'm I'm humbled that you guys consider me in, in that light. Well, Mark, I mean honestly, dude, you think about what you've done in the game and and, and with whitetails and the industry alone of like what you've done for and just the way it goes about it. I mean, you've kind of really opened up a whole lot of light for us to be able to do the podcast where we've done it and the way Chase Nation can even do their show. I mean, you're a pioneer in this game that's opened a lot of doors for all of us whether you meant to or not it's just kind of like the way you've paved the road um for the outdoors in general um you you are an og which we had the conversation you're like what's an og original gangster of <laughs> the hunting industry the goat. so and i know you're you're humble and you don't really like see yourself that way which makes it even cooler honestly it's uh it, and we were kind of talking in conversation earlier it's like you don't see mark drury at a bar bragging about deer he shot to other people like it's big butt killers don't do that to people in no, general. We see Mark Drury at the bar getting a bunch of phones put in front of his face with, hey, check out my brother's cousin's buddy's right. deer that he shot like five years ago. Exactly. <laughs> so it, it's cool to see just how you are, man. Like you're just very like, humbling. You're yeah. a great role model. Well, you know what? Like I had the privilege the other night of sitting in a blind with, with in my opinion, someone that deserves these types of accolades, and, and that was Johnny Morris. I mean, Johnny accepted an invitation of mine to come in and go deer hunting. And I, I don't mean to change the subject, but I do want to, like, you, you talk about pioneers and people that are truly need to be, like, talked about in that light. It's it's someone like him. I mean, he has done so much for conservation, and it really made me think, am I doing enough? And and. Karen and I had that conversation. Are we doing enough? And I would challenge you guys to think and, and in your minds go, are, are you guys doing enough with your platform? So 
you know, if you look at everything he's done for conservation and, and the time, energy, effort, and dollars he's put into giving back, I think that's what we all need to make sure we focus on going forward. And, and that's something that Terry and I, have, in a little way, have tried to do in the fact that we try to teach as much as possible and make sure that we're introducing as many people to the sport as possible. So, again, I, I appreciate the light that you guys are, are are shining on this. However, there's other people that deserve much higher accolades. Yeah, I mean, yeah, without absolutely. a doubt, there's a ton of people that, like, definitely paved their own way and weight and influence, like, in the, in the industry for sure. Um, but I think a lot of it, you know, Mark, considering our age, <laughs> no offense compared to, like, what you've done, how long you've been in it, is it's, like, the impact you played at the certain level on us at our age growing up absolutely. with the VHS and the DVD tapes and, and kind of seeing what you've done and the way you brought entertainment and conservation and ethics all blended into like this one package, you know what I mean? So, well, but you guys at that age really, in all reality, had to have been fascinated that someone with glasses that large and round. <laughs> you brought the you, you brought the glasses. You made them look cool. They never fogged up. They never fogged up. <laughs> no mask. And the up. mustaches. I mean, that's why I have one. I mean, come on. Let's face why you were watching. It wasn't the knowledge we were imparting. You guys. It was the, oh, my God, the hideous look. I mean, I always look at facing What the hell were you thinking, you know? Dude, that was the style. The sex appeal was real back then, right? right? Yeah. It's awesome, man. It's cool to look back on those, man. Like, even looking back on some of the old, like, you guys did the pros versus amateurs DVDs, and those were... Man, that was like the coolest shit of all time when that launched, and there was nothing else like it. And like, it didn't seem like a long time ago at the time, but when I look back at that stuff now, I pop a DVD in, and I'm like, man, that seems like a long time ago now. Like when you mentioned the glasses and stuff like that, like you guys put out the old, it was like the four by four pack of DVDs with the hat stuffed in the middle. Like I don't yeah. know how many of those I got, and that's just brings me back to my childhood, man. It's it's crazy. It was a terribly ugly yellow dream season hat. If I yeah, it was a hundred percent. I still have it somewhere. I, I watched every single one of those VHS. Mark designed that things. himself. Well, wait, Mark, if you can hear me, what what was the name of? Was it the live cam or that 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 big wildlife eye? Baby. Wildlife eye. That giant camera. Mark, in, I'm glad you brought that up, Sam, because Mark, we're still waiting on our signed yeah. wildlife eye for the studio. It must that, got lost in the mail. That made me. I wanted that thing so bad. You remember that, Mark? Yes, I did promise that to you, and I have not delivered on that, but I have to think where the hell it's at. It's at the Missouri house. It's at my Missouri farm. It's there in storage. I just haven't thought of it. I need I, to write myself. I will write myself. And, no, right I forgot now. about it, and I forgot about it from the last time we had you on the show here, Mark. So it's uh, it's just as it's much. okay. It's a mutual thing. It's a mutual thing. Here. <laughs> um, but no, man, I, it was cool. It's you, you, you're you're amazing, man, because you're. You're such a role model. We look up to you so much. You're such an awesome dude. And I can just hit you up and you'll jump on randomly. Like you did this when we had our turkey hunting camp party. Yep. You jumped on on a podcast and answered some random turkey questions we had. But we just had you in conversation as our number one. It's amazing that we can just hit you up. You'd be like, yep, I'm available. Just give me a ring. And we get you on when you're all of our number one picks and you're here you are. It's, it's incredible, man. I think it says a lot that like. He's all like, I mean, you inspired a lot of damn people, and there's six guys here. Right? Yeah, you know what I mean. How yeah. many? How many more people are out there that Mark Drury is their number one? Thousands and thousands. Yeah, thousands for sure. It's my mom, 
<laughs> my I'm, mom. T- I'm tied with Terry for her, with her. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be. You gotta be. You know what's funny, Mark? I was doing some uh, listener question stuff on our Instagram story last week about like, hey, what was your favorite episode of uh, 2020? And a lot of people were saying some of the episodes you did with us, <laughs> you know, preseason scouting and the stuff we did, um, killer episodes. But I still just can't get over when Taylor and Austin blew us off at ATA. Um, yeah. Or, you know, and I tagged, I reposted um, one of the stories. I don't know if you saw it. I'm like, yeah, Mark was one of our favorite episodes of the year, but we just can't get over Austin and, and Taylor blowing us off. And Taylor didn't acknowledge it, but Austin said, no hate here, and like reshared it. <laughs> so he covered his ground there. Austin Drury, you mean? Austin Drury, yeah. yeah Austin Drury. <laughs> That's awesome. We got to get those two on and just do a, do a whole show about that. You know, I mean, come on, the arrogance, Austin and Taylor. Yeah, they get. How can they blow you guys off? I mean, these they're my favorite podcasters. They can't blow you guys well, off. You guys are number one in my book. And, well, and uh, the other group from Wisconsin, what was their name again? Chase Nation would be. Chase Nation also. Have I been on their show, or is it a podcast, or what is it? No, they're the guys here in, in studio. I don't know who you're talking about from Wisconsin. I was just, like, throwing <laughs> that up. These guys are from Wisconsin, but... Um, that's, that's what I mean. So what what does Chase Nation do? I mean, uh, uh, forgive me for asking. What what Are they a TV show or a podcast, or what do they do? Yeah, they're a whole video series, man. Why don't you guys get in here? You guys are here. So, Sam's so Chase Nation, it's all Sam. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm videotaping everybody. Uh, Chase Nation, um, we're online streaming... A hunting show I, we were talking about in the beginning kind of underground but what we do is um we've got a few series that we've launched called unscripted adventures that we film our uh our hunts on small lake or private and public land um right and we just capture everything the way it goes down the, the real way but but what we're doing is we're producing it at a level that's a bit higher level quality than um just it's not the typical vlog youtube style it's more of the uh cinematic quality production oh, good. i'll send good you some you. links mark you'll, you'll enjoy it man you'll uh, really I, enjoy it. I think you would <laughs> so i can get um you know up to date on these guys my apologies i i just don't uh haven't been familiarized with you guys but i i will familiarize myself after visiting with you guys because i like watching that stuff and especially if you're doing it in a quality fashion i mean that that'll be great you, you can never stop learning so congrats to you guys for all your success that's awesome appreciate it yeah mark i'll make sure you get so I'll get, make sure you get the uh, the preview link that we watched today. It's Killer Man's one of their new series. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'll share the link with them. Yeah, I'll get it to them for sure. How's, how's it doing for you guys? You're on YouTube or where are all your area? We're on Amazon Prime, uh, Carbon TV, YouTube, and then we stream everything on Facebook as well. It, it's For us, it's a passion project. It's not for popularity gain or for money so much as it is for us to uh, just share the experience. So we're we're really concentrated on just doing what we've been doing all along. I mean, uh, I grew up watching your like the VHS cassettes of Jury Outdoors, and uh, and that's actually where I actually got my start to filming. Really, uh, I, I'm an outdoor writer. I wrote an article quite a while ago about how I got started on filming and producing, and uh, I do bring you up in that, and um, that's why you're number one on my pick uh, for people I look up to in the hunting industry because you gave me my start to it. Now, I mean, I spend hours trying to concentrate on catching a, you know, a raindrop fall from the blind window just to catch it in the right light and catch it in the right focus to be able to tie a store together to make people feel what we feel as outdoorsmen when we're out hunting. 
very good. That's awesome. And passion is always the best uh, motivator, is it not? You know, I mean, if we didn't have passion, we would none be having this conversation right now. Absolutely. Uh, no, Tracy, the other night we were sitting here and um, she, we were just visiting. We'd had dinner, and I went to looking at pictures, and she was like, "What would you be doing if if you weren't you know you weren't in whitetails and turkeys like this?" And I said. I have no idea, honey. <laughs> well, I really don't be, know. You'd be like an auto mechanic somewhere at some local shop. Or he'd be, something. Yeah, he'd be a <laughs> manager of family. He'd be a salesman for OxyClean. You know, Mark, <laughs> to put to paint into perspective, um, we, we were just talking about what moonlighting is, and you know, Chase Nation has been a moonlighting passion um, for me and for the rest of the crew of Chase Nation for a long time by moonlighting. I mean, we, we hold regular jobs. We do what we need to do to support our families and to maintain an ordinary life. But at the same time, we're so damn passionate about filming, you almost feel naked going to the woods without a camera. It's like, it's like Mark, if you see a sunset and, and you're out in the woods in a tree stand and you're by yourself or just your cameraman, but you wish that your wife was there to share it with you. And so you snap a photo with your phone and you text it to her or whatever you do or explain it later. It never, ever comes across the same way as it looked actually seeing it in person. And it just feels selfish to see something like that by yourself. That's why we film and that's why we do what we do is because we want to bring that experience to life for everybody that doesn't necessarily get to experience it to put somebody else out there with us. Amen. My greatest wish to you guys is that you motivate other people and get them into the outdoors. And that was one of the cool things that I was talking with Johnny about. And he said, little did we know that COVID might be the great resurrection our sport needs. In other words, the government locked us down and locked us in our houses and asked us to stay away from each other. And in reality, it got a lot more people back into nature. And I complimented him and I said, you know what, Johnny, I really credit you guys for the, the unbelievably beautiful ad that you guys put out immediately upon all the lockdowns occurring there in March and April. I don't know if you guys saw that commercial about getting back to nature, but here he is with all of his stores getting locked down across the country and I mean sales coming to a halt and what's he do but go out and scream about conservation and say you know what use this time to go outdoors and I mean that that rank rings true right now in this conversation exactly what you just just said share your passion in a way that brings it across in a very positive light and uh, I, I applaud you guys for doing that and I hope that you motivate so many more to get out there and share and enjoy and what we all love and are so passionate about and to that point have you ever taken someone or introduced someone to the sport that didn't just love it like have you ever taken someone and then then look at them and and get a response from them like oh i didn't care for this too much it almost doesn't occur whether you take them fishing hunting whatever it is we can't introduce enough people into the sport we're so passionate about that's yeah, a good point. I've never apologized point. to someone for being like, "Sorry, it was a bad time." Sorry for taking you. No, right. Yeah, right. we've it's a good we've, point. We've we've hosted um, folks in wheelchairs. Uh, we've we've hosted. Um, there's a Kanadi club out of uh, our local archery shop in southeast Wisconsin, and what they do is they they take hunters. Doesn't matter your age for the first time. You could be 60 and it's your first time hunting, or you could be a child, and. Um, we everybody and they film it right well a couple of my cameramen have gone out and filmed those experiences and i've had the luxury of producing those episodes and um most recently we filmed a 13 year old girl shoot her uh, turkey from a blind and you cannot imagine the priceless reaction she has 
that voice every, i mean i see it and uh grown man makes me tear up it's just it's immaculate the way she expresses herself at how excited she is shooting a turkey with a bow like that it's really cool i mean the whole thing of it is just getting I've That's, never, yeah. never had somebody say you know i wish we hadn't done this you know? right right yeah. never i've had that. a bad time someone's <laughs> like yeah, yeah, thanks for taking me out. False <laughs> right. It's like, oh, sorry, you know, nerds. <laughs> yeah, that Mark, I, um, I, I'm kind of changing the subject here, but I feel like I, this kind of got brought up in conversation, but like we didn't go in detail, and, and I don't know how much you want to even talk about it, but we got a lot of compliments this year on having you on the show about um, it was cool hearing you in a, in a more out-of-the-jury like film production um, mode like hearing you kind of cut loose a little bit and just have just outside gener- of comfort zone yeah without like a like a legit in your comfort zone in your comfort zone but like just not on tv conversation um and we like, had a huge response people to were it. surprised but people loved it and they were like man that's just was cool to hear that like sense it is that something you hear a lot or is it something you want to do more of or kind of like what's your your whole perspective when you hear that type of thing I'd love to do more of it because I was drinking. So, <laughs> classic. All right, that's My the answer guy. we wanted. My guy. <laughs> you know, I think if there's a fault, and I might have mentioned it on, on one of your other shows, like if there's a fault with Terry and I, we grew up in the, you know, late '80s through the early '90s where everything was, all right, do that take again, do that again, right, you know, right, right. And, and you get a little bit robotic and a little bit, you know, nightly you know weatherman type of delivery and and uh, sometimes we don't escape from that as much as we try to so you know that's why i enjoy doing the podcast i enjoy you know whenever we can loosen up and we, we try to be as, as real as we can uh so you know well, maybe I, we I, need to do better with our own stuff I, I don't want you to think that like we think that you're not being real because that's what no, I, I, I i want what, that you know like, i get I get what you're saying because Matt is the one that always is on our ass like, okay, guys, loosen up. All right, come on, you know, be yourselves, you know, and it's just, I don't know. It's like it's uh, ingrained in us. We've got this delivery, and that's just the way right. we come across. And you've been doing it for yeah, so but many years. But but the delivery is good. Like, that that's what we want from the jury delivery. Like, we want that because it's yeah. almost like uh, – Very well-spoken, to the point, fast. I mean, nothing but information just right in your face. Right. It's always You collect consistent. it. You take it in, especially through DeerCast, Mark. Like, you get on DeerCast quick. You watch some of the video clips on there and how, like, what you need to apply during this certain – um, phase and you go in there you get what you need and you get out and you're like okay if mark's saying this i should probably think about this a little bit and you kind of apply that to your tactics so i think it works perfect and i and i just asked the the question for sake of conversation and perspective yep. but i think that's perfect because you can do that there what you're known for what you're what you've always been known for what you're inspiring people for and then it's cool because then people get to discover another layer right. in podcasts so don't change it but i just ask the question for sake of conversation sure i'm i'm glad you bring it up and uh you guys just bring out the best of me what can i say <laughs> yeah hey, that's what we do yeah it's just the beer mark it's the beer no it's it's, it's the beer <laughs> i'm looking forward to because kurt and i've been um texting about getting together and doing a, a, a few of these so i'm looking forward to that whenever we get that chance that'll yeah, be very absolutely. cool we're, we're gonna come out there man we just gotta uh get on the same uh calendar here but uh we need to find the yeah. uh, those glasses of yours Oh yeah, we'll all wear them. We all need to wear them. Get mu- and we all have we all, sh- we all show up with them on. <laughs> Mark just kicks the shit out of all of us and sends us home. Get, get do you guys? 
Do you guys uh, put your stuff out on YouTube, Kurt, or are you just audio? It goes to YouTube. Um, we do some video podcasts, but they all go to YouTube no matter what. They're always launched on YouTube. But um, we're, we're gonna we're working our way into doing more video podcast stuff, but all of it goes to YouTube. Okay, very cool. Nice. And uh, the, the guys that, that do all the video stuff, like – Across those four mediums that you mentioned, so it's Chase the Nation, is that Chase, correct? Chase, Chase Nation, yeah. And- Chase Nation, okay. What mm-hmm. Chase Nation, so across all those, yeah. like how long are your installments? Are they like five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or how long are they usually? So my typical production is 12 to 15 minutes, but, you know, some, I mean, we on YouTube, anywhere from 17 to 20 is some of our longer productions. There's fewer of them. But I would say that those are more of the uh, in-detail stories. We, we, we have an Amazon Prime series we call Visual Storytellers. And there we're um, – I think that's like the, the creme de la creme. That's, that's our top-of-the-line productions. That's where video quality is top-of-the-line. Audio is exceptional. And the story that goes with it is exceptional. It's a, you know the kind of story that just needs to be told. And those are the longer ones. Um, some of our guys on the team they self film, and self filming is is I'm sure you can relate to can be some of the hardest filming you do, and and it's exceptionally hard to really capture the story the way it really deserves to be told when you're self filming because naturally uh, as individuals we tend to you know you put the camera on yourself and you're talking to it and it almost feels self indulgent like you know it's it's a little bit weird so we. Um, maybe cut those a little bit shorter because the guys don't necessarily film as long. Um, yep. It just, yep. there's less, there's less to work with as opposed to like, say, um, you know, I'm doing the production, I'm doing the producing, the editing and the filming and sometimes the hunting. And if I'm there filming, I'm capturing all the B roll, uh, the kind of stuff that can prolong something, make something last a little longer. Like, Hey, you're talking, um, you're saying something that I think crowd, you know, the, the fans would like to hear, but we're going to cut to some, you know, some of the weather and how it's affecting, like, the leaves. You know, how the leaves always turn over right before it rains, early season. You see the backside of the leaves on, like, an ash tree. It goes from green to gray, that kind of a thing. And I'm capturing stuff like that. Those are the kind of B-roll shots that we film to kind of prolong something, make it last a little bit longer. So if somebody actually feels like they're there. Like the weather, you can almost feel. Yeah, very cool. You know that very kind of thing. That's 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 what we capitalize on. Yeah, awesome. I bet it's beautiful too. I can't wait to watch your stuff. I'm excited now to be introduced to it. So make make sure you send me those links, Kurt. Yeah, I will. I'll definitely do that, man. It, it was just cool the way it worked out. Like yeah. we, we we I mean, Mark, we've been podcast for almost three hours and got and just got to bullshitting about it. And I'm like, man. Uh, we you we talked about you in general in a general sense as a person, and then talked about you as the top white tail killer. I'm like, got to get him on. So it's kind of cool this all tied in yeah. randomly, like last second, like in the Total show. BS. Oh, you know, yeah. you know that we're gonna be driving, we're gonna be driving to our hotel tonight. We're gonna be like, dude, it's so cool. We get to talk to Mark Jury again. <laughs> right. The last time we get to talk to you is that. Uh, um, was at Iowa Deer Classic at uh, what's the bar called? Beer Can Alley. Beer Can Alley, and we were oh. we were like the first ones there, and you were like the fifth one there before the <laughs> crowds arrived. And we got a chance to talk to you candidly before everybody arrived. We didn't ex- introduce ourselves beyond our name. It's just nice to meet you. Uh, and then we got to talk to you right as you were leaving. Um, but you know, 
it, 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 I'm sure it's going to be topic of conversation. It's just so cool to have you here. So yeah. thanks, thanks for taking the call well, and talking to was us. Was that uh, in the spring of, of 20 or was that in the spring of 19? Or it, when, was, when did, it was a week and a half before we all had to stay home for COVID. would have been 20. Yeah, yeah okay. the last March. Because, okay. Mark, that's when we all hung out at Beer Can Alley and everything was like, oh, COVID, what's this? Good thing we're at this show. Yeah. And then everything <laughs> just, like, took a shit. Yeah, and then, like, 10% of the population might die, so let's not talk to you. We're like, shit, we were just yeah. like 500 people. It was, it was, that was literally the last trade show we've done. We're doing our first trade show since then in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, from the time we're recording this next week. Yep. So that'll be the test field, but we've already we've booked Iowa again. Like I, I'm almost like we booked everything. The same Airbnb. We're gonna go to the show. We're gonna go to the same bar, Beer Can Alley. And but I just it's gonna be sad to see it because I don't exp- if it happens. If it happens, that's the big question. Because right it's there. like, are the is the community going to be there like it was? I, mean, I probably think it will with all the hunters, right? But yeah. I think a I lot think of so. people are just bored. They're just ready to get out and do something. Yeah. You, you know what's yeah. funny, funny about this? I agree with that. I think the attendance will be pretty huge. I think people are I think so too. <laughs> ready to do anything right now. Especially like our type of people, like more conservative type. You know, it's – Yeah. They're going to be like – I mean, Nebraska, you think I'm going to wear a mask at that show? You can kick, kiss my ass. I think. <laughs> kick rocks. Kick rocks. Yeah, it's exactly. like I'm good. Like I got bush light and immunity on my <laughs> yeah. ass. Like, we canceled. <laughs> what more do you need, really? We canceled three shows uh, this, this year due to COVID. Yeah. And and it's funny. You know, we're like we're a small-time show. I mean, I'd call us. I mean, somebody might say we're bigger than small, but I, I consider us small. I mean, we're nothing like juries, right? But so we go to shows and people are like, so like, what are you doing here? And we're here just to to show face to the name. Yeah, we were at uh, Deerfest in Wisconsin and Dan Small. Do you know who Dan Small is? Anybody? Dan Small. Dan Small. Outdoor Wisconsin. He had a show called Outdoor Wisconsin. I think it's still on. It's been on for about three decades. The guy is more dude. Yeah, the guy is a legend in Wisconsin. Okay, Um, he came up to us, came in our booth, introduced himself. And he goes, so uh, how do you guys make money? And I go, you know what? I'm paying to be here. And he laughed at us, and he walked out of the booth saying, these guys are paying to be here. Mm, that's a tough I look. never. I, I, it was so funny. Tough. I, I remember thinking that like that felt, felt like kind of like a kick in the nuts. But at the same time, I thought to myself, look at you. Look at your sponsors right now. And these sponsors have nothing to do with anything that he does. They're just people that somebody helped him get for his show to get, you know, it's commercials for his show. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? Nobody's ever going to call us as a sellout. We legitimately love what they we like do. degraded you in your own house. We'll pay to be here because <laughs> we just want to shake hands with folks. And You're there to have fun. It's not about right. that for us. And if we can make a living one day doing it. God damn! Absolutely, we'll do it. No, he was there working. We we're having a good time. But man, <laughs> that's the difference. Man. He cast right. us some looks that I'll never forget during that show because he was right across the aisle from us. That still scarred me. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, because because you know what I I watched him my whole life growing up and always you know what he he, probably, he, he wasn't even a deer hunter and I probably would have put him in my top three about two years ago. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. But within two years is when he did that, and I'm like, yep, I don't remember you do, anymore. <laughs> the trade the trade show circuit is like we do like a fair amount of it, mm-hmm. and it's rough, man. You learn like, some shit, man. But, but we also like we're kind of like, and I'm not saying we are rock stars, but we like we we're there like we are as far as like. We're there. We're there early. We're the first people there, mm-hmm. and we're like, 
man, I'm bored. I need a Bloody Mary. Yeah. Then we drink beer all yeah, day. We're the first one to crack a beer. Yeah. And talk hunting. Then we drink all night. And then Mark Drury's like, we're the hey, first what's up? There again. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then we're the first ones there again. Well, Mark, I think you got it figured out, man. I think you've just been in the game so long, you have the pattern down. <laughs> yeah, teach, teach us your ways. You, you know what? Like we, I've said so many times during this whole podcast, take the white gloves off from it. The one thing, Mark, that um, I will say is one of the things I respect most about you is that um, I know you've had shade thrown at you. There's so many people that have said, yeah, it's easy to kill big deer when you're hunting over, you know, groomed farms that are managed the way yours are. And the responses that I've watched you give on that topic have been so impactful because you changed the game in the way that, you know, you and, and Lee Lakoski has gotten the same kind of uh, gripe. And the way you guys can talk to the work that goes into it and everything, it's not just handed over to you. There's so much that goes into it. And that, to me, is really meaningful because you've done it so classy. There's a lot of people that could, you know, get pissed off when people are rude to them about the deer they've shot. You just take, you're going to take the credit away from somebody from big deer because you say, oh, they're managed properties. And, yeah, if I own so many farms, your responses, I've watched and paid attention to every single one. And that's, that's for me, number one, why you were number one on my list of top three hunters in, in white oh. world. That's very nice of you to say, and I, I I appreciate that, and I'm very humbled by you guys tonight. I mean, you're you're making my making my day and my night and my <laughs> week. I really appreciate y'all. It's it's uh, we get that comment a lot, though, you know, and and I understand and I get it, and uh, but everybody's hunting uh, experiences or situations are are different, you know. I mean, it's hard to compare uh, my situation with uh, someone, even you know maybe two or three counties away and oh, we lost go to, for a second mark population of 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 new york or you know a swamp down in florida you know it's just it's just different so you know if you haven't experienced someone else's world or how they're hunting it's hard to draw an opinion on it you know and, and i i get it but rest assured man we're working our asses off to do what we do i mean literally day in and day out like right now we're shooting does you know trying to keep our herds in balance and we're making sure we clean them all properly we're donating all the meat and it's uh it's a lot of work and uh, but we enjoy it god we love it tonight you know last night we killed a bunch tonight we killed a bunch and you know are finishing up you know seven eight nine o'clock and going back and eating and you know me wade and perry we're just smiling the whole whole time because we're having a blast i mean we we love doing this stuff so uh that's that's what it's all about you mentioned earlier it's passion when you have passion and and you love hunting and you love people it's uh it's easy to converse and regardless if the response is negative or positive you still enjoy the response and i i I think i made this comment to kurt on one of the other podcasts you know because we we do get some negative comments but like i'm a big cardinals fan right so i read all the different uh twitter pages and all the different writers that you you're talking to brewers fan man lay off (laughs) <laughs> well, but, but you know, you'll you'll relate to this, and if you're a big Brewers fan, like oh, um, <laughs> you, there's so many people that say something negative about the game every night, but they're still they're still fans of that game, and they're, and they're the same people making the negative comments over and over. But they're passionate, you know. So sometimes those people that make negative comments are the ones that are most passionate about it. So I respect yeah. that, you know, even more. And and I I kind of correlate it to baseball, and hey. 
you know, at least they're at least they're watching, or at least they're following, you know. So, um, yeah, they, how, they how, still how, watch the next game, right? Yeah, that's they're, they're going to watch the next game. They never <laughs> stop. And um, you know, they're still on our pages. They're still following us. They're following us on YouTube or Instagram or wherever it's at, or watching it on on TV. So, by the way, I had a chance to go to dinner with Josh Hader. Uh, Greg no Glessinger, he's a Brewers fan, and man, what a nice guy that guy is! Holy cow, is he a class act? That was really enjoyable to visit with him. Drink a few margaritas with him. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful, man. That's cool, Mark. Like, just the stuff you've done, man, and, and like you're still having fun. You're still grinding. You're out there doing it, man. It's uh, it's cool to see. It's like, you know, I I can't ever picture getting tired of what we're doing and hunting and podcasting and stuff. It's like so involved in our lives at this point. Um, but it's cool knowing that, like, looking up to you as, I, I guess, in a way, as one of our peers, kind of, but, like, as we, like, way above us and we look up to you and everything, that you're still just so in it. Mm-hmm. And, like, your wife is still so cool with it and just supportive of you. and Very passionate um, about it, so. It's cool, man. It's uh, it's definitely something to look at and look forward to. And um, I definitely want to get there and, and get out and podcast with you. And I think you'll you'll find it entertaining. We just launched a podcast with our wives. We gave them the floor to our show. And all that. I saw that on Instagram. I liked that post earlier tonight. I just saw that. Yeah. That was cool. We let them kind of go nuts for a little bit and uh, let them do their thing. But it's cool. Like I think Tracy is just cut from, of course, she's like the pioneer of the, of the cloth that our wives are cut from. You know, <laughs> like she probably cut out that cloth. And everybody else is just copying. She paved it. the way. Yeah. And she's such a little doll. I'm the luckiest guy. Terry and I both are. Tracy and Will are literally our backbone. We would be nothing without our wives. And I'll bet you guys feel the same. I mean, they, yeah. they are just the best people in, in the, in the world. And the older I get, the more I want to spend time with Tracy. I mean, she is literally my best friend and has been since, since I was 16 and she was 14. That's when we first got together, which I think I told you guys one other time, but yeah, she, yeah. she's, She's my rock. We might as well just call her the first lady, if you will. She's, <laughs> she's the first she lady the of first hunting. Lady. The first lady of hunting. <laughs> hey, uh, well, I'm curious. I'm curious. Who were your other uh, picks, or what are some of the other names you guys threw around in this this conversation? So we threw in um, Winky Roger Wagon. Uh, Bill Roger Winky Wagner. was in there. Yep. Roger yep. Wagon was in there. Andre Lukowski. Lukowski. Adam, Adam Hayes. Adam Scheffler. Hayes. Jared Scheffler, Don and, Higgins, Andre DeQuisto, Don Higgins, and Ross Bigger, Don Don Kiske, <laughs> Ross, Don Kiske, Don Kiske, Austin Chandler, Ross Bigger, one of our buddies is in there. Austin Chandler, one of our own. Um, they they were all in kind of our top picks, but we had us number one, Marks. So we had to call you four, four in a row. We we haven't even heard the last two. Oh yeah, don't need to. Let's put them on the spot, or do we just cover it all? You better, we co- we co- you better Everyone, say Mark. Everyone's covered. <laughs> yeah, Mark's yeah. like number five for me. I think so. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Mark that still averages at number one. Mark, yeah. Mark was in my top twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right behind Travis. So Mark, like coming, like how you got brought up on this? You were the within the top three. Was there a is there a top three for you? Like growing up. Yeah, there, I wouldn't say three. There's several that really influenced me. Um, I would say the two that influenced me the most were Gene Winslow and Roger Rothar. I don't know if you guys have read their books, but they are absolutely phenomenal and so ahead of their time, it's not even funny. Um, th- their books, I read them front to front to back two or three times i went in there with yellow highlighters i was i was highlighting them like because they hit me at a time when i was like maybe 20 i was probably 21 22 23 somewhere in there 
And Joe Sexar, a very dear friend of mine, introduced me to both of those gentlemen's names. And Joe had their books. And Joe was just a very studious guy. He was like a, a student to the woods and, and one of the best outdoorsmen I knew growing up. He was um, my brother's age, but he lived in the, in the woods. He and his brother Paul did. They actually had a turkey call company called Sexar Turkey Calls. And it was actually the first company that I ever represented when I was out competitive turkey calling. But anyway, Joe lived in Cape Girardeau. He was a barber down there, and that's where I went to college. So while all my other buddies were out partying at frat parties and the bars and all this stuff, I was hanging out with Joe. The barbershop? We were just out turkey hunting, deer hunting. We'd go to, you know, Trail of Tears State Park. We'd call in turkeys early in the morning, way before the season. We were just constantly outdoors. And Joe is the one that taught me, you know, introduced me to Rothar and Winslow. So those were my early influencers. Uh, And then I got to starting to meet a lot of people on the road and and, uh, learn from some of the best whitetail hunters I knew. Dan Perez is in that group. David Westmoreland was in that group. Uh, they were killers long before anybody else that I knew in the Midwest killing giants and killing them with regularity. You should have both of those guys on your podcast. They're unbelievable white tail killers and, and not overly well known. Dan certainly is. Dan's been on before. We've had him on. I don't know if you guys know how good he is, but that guy is a natural born killer. He is absolute death and he has been his whole life. He was killing giants before before many of the people that I knew and he was killing them consistently. Uh, so I would pick Dan's brain. I would pick Westmoreland's brain. Um, and I'm trying to think, oh, Potts. Potts was a huge influence. Oh, in never had Dan We've Potts. never had Stan on. I want to get him on. I'm surprised none of us said Stan Yeah, he Potts. didn't make the top. No, I said Stan Potts. He said Stan. Nice. It was brought up. Give me a second, folks. I said Stan Potts. Give me a minute. Mark, i got to get a hold of you after the podcast about getting a contact for Stan because that would be the jam. Yeah, he's the best. He's a really good interview, too. We've had him on a few times, and he's awesome. Uh, he's a big influence for me. Dr. Grant Woods. Yeah, of course. When you really get down to, you know, because a lot of what we do is blue-collar stuff, right? Well, if you want to get into the science and really taking your whitetail hunting to the next level, you get into that biology side and the the you know, the, what Dr. Grant teaches us, you know? So if you take what we've learned from reading Rothar and Wenzel's and then applied knowledge from asking questions every time I was around David Westmoreland, Darren Perez, uh, Stan Potts, and then apply the science that Dr. Grant knows, then you start to formulate more and more opinions. So this all occurred over many, many years and I'm simplifying it here in this conversation, but those are some of the people that influenced us the most and helped us uh, get better quicker. Um, those those guys have all been huge in influences on Terry and, and me both. That's really good to hear because uh, those guys are definitely some big names. Oh yeah, we had Dan on before, and he, you know he's a huge knowledge box. Oh yeah, it's just it's just uh, who, who's the one that uh, is doing Whitetail Edge. That show White Tellage. He was on juries. Oh, Ben Rising. Yep. Yeah. I remember him from like early, early on when he was filming yep. with you guys. Uh, yep. You still keep in t- contact with him? All the time. Ben's a great guy. I remember the first time he called me, he dropped more F-bombs in the first conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. And it fascinated me that the first time he got me on the phone, he was F-bomb and everything. And I don't think he's like that anymore, but he was back then. You know, Ben's a logger, right? So he's a, he's a man's man. And uh, he fascinated yeah. me 
the way he was talking to me the first time through, I, I found it, I found it humorous and, and we got along, you know, and, and, uh, I asked him to be on our, our videos and stuff and he was, he was all about it. And we're still good friends to this day. Ben's a great guy and a great deer hunter and, and really a superhuman being. Can always I, in a good mood too. He's always, always happy, always positive. Can I, can I ask you a question about Ben? I, it's not just about Ben. It's something Ben did in a recent video where he shoots a giant and, um, it's something that I never considered because, everybody's opinions are kind of different about um scent but ben was walking to his uh, he's doing a hanging hunt and he came across the deer trail and he knew it was the main trail where they're coming out into a food plot and he said to his cameraman we got to jump this we got to do a running start and he ran and then he jumped at maybe three feet tops to cross this this path to make sure that his walk his walking path didn't cross the deer trail and I was thinking, like, well, deer's still going to smell that your feet were there. It's just a couple feet, you know, away. What's your opinion on that? Because when I watched it, I was like, maybe I'm mistaken. I, I, you never really know. I just was curious what your thoughts were. Like, does that make a difference? Or was he, you know, I, I just, that's such a, that's a real touchy topic, that whole scent thing. But jumping a deer trail, do you think that that helped or not? I kind of step over them. I don't jump them, uh, but I kind of step over them. But I will say this. I've tracked a lot of deer with Tracker John out of Illinois. There's another one that has influenced us tremendously. you got to get him on for sure. Yeah, yeah I would say. you got to get John on. He's the uh, most mm. unbelievable tracking guy. Okay, so I have watched his dogs do things that I never thought possible. So, so now as I'm watching these dogs – downwind where the buck actually the blood's over here they're 30 yards downwind following that blood trail just from the molecules of scent that are floating through the air and hitting the brush and i see these dogs go up and down the fence and they eliminate where the where the other deer went and then they get back on the right trail and i've observed them very closely and it has helped me understand why deer that seemingly are straight up wind still catch your wind like they they have to have a better nose than these bloodhounds because they're out there living every single day so while in theory it probably makes sense okay jump over the trail chances are they're they're going to catch some sort of scent i mean they're they're uh they're incredible they're at a level we can't even conceive like watching those dogs has really helped me through the years understand okay their noses are much better than we ever dreamed of but they are freaking <laughs> still, smart. still smarter than they, stepping in the trail right yeah. either way like, you know, some guys take the easy path in and they walk the deer trail in and then they do a hanging hunt right over that trail that they're walking on it's right because like, oh, it's, it's good path. right up to that point yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah right well we Ahead, we Mark. tracked a deer this year. We tracked a deer this year about 200 yards. wasn't a single drop of blood. It was five hours after the hit. Dog went two, two or three different trails, eliminated. No, he didn't go this way. No, he didn't go this way. And without a single drop of blood within 30 minutes, we were standing over that deer. That's insane. And, I'm t- and, and John talks about it. They can actually detect the, the pheromones in the deer of when they're dying in other words a, a chemical imbalance occurs whenever that deer's on a on a death run whether there's blood present or not the deer the dog is still picking up on that scent trail i That's mean it's insane. it's and so the other night perry and i were sitting there in a stand and this little buck was coming through and i was on a trail of a, a buck i'm hunting in missouri and i've been hunting him all freaking season and i finally had him narrowed down to where he was bedding and where he was coming through and i had some cameras over there in his bed because so i'd know when he was kind of in the bed or when he was close 
and I and I had a picture of him that morning going to bed. So we go back, and I'm in our 300 yards away from the bed of the direction he likes to go feed. And I had done this like seven nights in a row. And finally, this little buck's on this trail that I think the buck's going to take because I'd seen the, the shooter take it a few times o- over the season. And I was like, that's where I need to be. I'm off the mark a little bit. But anyway, I'm there. This little buck's coming through. And and just mistakenly, he catches Perry leaning over to grab the camera. It was not a mistake of Perry's. It was just bad luck. The buck looked up right as Perry was grabbing the camera. It was just totally bad luck. Okay, so the buck stops. And, and he stomps two or three times, does two or three circles, and then he turns and walks away. And in my mind, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And sure as hell, sure as hell, here comes my shooter. He gets to that spot. He sniffs up and down all the trees, and he turns and walks back the other way. <laughs> and I knew it. I knew it. They can sense when another deer senses danger and they stomp a little bit. Any other deer that comes along that trail can pick that scent up. I mean, those deer are putting off scents and communicating with each other in ways that we don't even conceive most times. Wow. It almost like that shooter knew that that buck stopped there and turned around because something. he knew that that buck turned around. He didn't go out to that field or did he? It's just another level. It is amazing. Hundred percent, he did, and I knew it when the little buck did it. I was like, "We are screwed." I knew it because this is the only trail he uses. And sure, shit, here he comes, and he nailed it right there. And I told Perry that, and I did. I didn't tell Perry ahead of time because I didn't want to jinx the situation. But I was in Illinois back in the mid nineties, and I had a buck catch me in a tree. He visually caught me, and he was coming in this corner, this inside corner of the woods. And then there was a trail that led right down by me. And it took me several days to finally go. Ah, that's it. I need to be in that tree blah 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 so i'm finally there the right wind the right morning and this first buck of the morning catches me and stomps around in the corner of that field and it was one of those mornings where every buck was moving and five bucks in a row stopped in that exact spot and turned around and went the other way and i'm like son of a gun i learned a lesson that day (laughs) and that is don't let deer catch you because they're they're going to screw you over for other deer coming down that trail and that's exactly what happened to me again and i told perry that story i said i didn't want to jinx our sit so i didn't tell you that but i i was afraid that was going to happen and then it did and and again it's not perry's fault it was bad luck it was just terrible luck is what i had all season hunting that deer mark i I kind of have the same uh sort of reaction when i hear this happened quite a few times on the podcast i hear people see a buck that's not mature or a buck that someone sees that they don't intend on shooting but they grunt at it anyway to see how it reacts to see if it'll come in i don't i don't like that and and i've kind of feel like it's kind of the same thing right like they come in, they don't see what they thought they were going to see, and then they get weird and they stomp around and get sketchy. Like, it's probably just hurting you more than it's helping you at that point because it's the same same thing. It's killing you, man. You you grunt to a deer, and he comes in and checks your way, especially deer, cause their, their natural reaction is to go downwind anyway. They're not going downwind because they think it's a caller. They're going downwind to find out what other deer in the herd is, call, is calling because they don't want to get their butts kicked. Well, when they go downwind and smell you, that's imprinting danger. And when, when deer get scared, they don't forget it. That's the thing right. about us. You ever get scared in your life, truly frightened, you don't forget the circumstances about what made you scared. And the same reaction with deer. When you scare them with human scent, whether you're walking into a bedroom or whether they catch you in your tree or whatever the situation is, it's imprinted in their mind. That's how they stay alive. God damn, you're a genius, You, you, you know what the best part about Mark is? Simple is that stuff. When he says the simple stuff that we all like could conceptualize, just totally it overlooked. doesn't mean as much when we think it. It's just a testament to the level that, Mark, that Mark's on. I mean, we, we've we all hunted whitetails for a long time, but 
I, like I've never put those pieces of the puzzle together. Right. I've been doing it for I don't know twenty five years. It's like the the more you learn about hunting and the more guys you look up to that are, that you look at as experts, the more they break it down, the more simple it is. It, yeah. It's it's really basic type stuff, but it's how your mind is wrapped around what you're doing and how you're calculating how, how you deer react it. to certain right. things and how they move. Like this, it's not actually that complicated. It all makes sense when you break it down, but it takes a long time. It, it's almost like it's. It takes you so much effort and so much time to put into it before it's obvious. That's yeah. like, oh yeah, of course. Takes right. Right. Breaking it takes down your walk in, yeah. You know, I mean, it, your entry knows, and exit, like, entry and exit. But like, just to the point of like jumping a deer trail, or like, right, you right. know, they sense it there. It's crazy, man. We're, we're so deep in this podcast. We've been podcast for so long, Mark. I just I gotta say thank you so much for joining in, man. We're gonna probably close it out here um three and a half hours but really, i'm just getting i'm just getting fired up and excited I oh man to, well i, I think talk this stuff all night man. i think this is I perfect love- man let mark we need to connect to tomorrow and mark out a date to get together and record some yes, podcasts we do, for sure yeah sometime in february would be great i mean um my uh the weekends are bad though we were texting about that because i'm gonna start traveling a little bit and spending some time with tracy hey um so you know, we'll just come with midweek, you. Midweek, or we could do a Zoom call, or you know, do it via phone, or or whatever. You know, it's Thursday night. I think you mentioned might work or something. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll come down there. We'll come down there on Thursday night. We'll we'll knock out three or four personal, podcasts. It's a lot better when you're in person too. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. We're yeah. we're, we're overdue to to get together and record anyway. So we'll call that good. So man, I I do appreciate um, your friendship and your support and giving us a chance of what we're doing and the way we're doing it. And it it means a lot. And uh, thank you to the chase nation guys. Thank you so much for driving down to the studio from, from up North. It's been a long time coming, man. Long time coming. I think you guys are close. I got to check the timing. This is close to one of the longest podcasts we've ever done. Cool. Might be the Um, But if you're ever going to close out a long podcast, what a way to do it with Mark jury, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, well, go ahead, Mark. Hopefully they make it to this. Are you going to do it as one podcast, or are you going to split it up? I'm going to send it, man. I think our listeners love this. We have a lot of yeah. truck driver listeners. We have a lot of guys that weld long hours and a lot of fabricators that listen to the show that, that wish the podcast were longer. So I'm going to send it all as one. Holy cow, that's awesome. So it's over three hours. That's That's got to yeah. be a record. That's we're, cool. We're, we're going to be pushing into the three-hour, 40-minute. You know, we got a lot of guys that are working 12-hour shifts that listen to podcasts yep. all day. You so. know what? The most popular part about this whole podcast has been for me at the end when he says, I don't like it. That's the part that I'm going to remember the most talking about, yeah. you, know, call, blind, you know, calling the younger deer, yeah. educating. I don't like it. The that simplicity was, of like it. About as legit as it gets right there. Well, hey, uh, let's do a little roundtable quick, and we'll close out. And, Mark, I know you joined last. You joined late, and I, and I, I appreciate the hell out of you, man, for doing that. But uh, anything you want to close with, like words of advice, I guess, at this point, I don't really know. I, it's I kind of throwing that at you, and you're kind of like, oh, I just joined. I don't really know what <laughs> what's going on. But if you had to give one positive word of advice, what would you say? Uh. In terms of deer hunting, don't ever don't ever let them know they're being hunted. 
kind of goes to the point we're just talking about where yep. not all in your access, jumping over trails, where your stands are, all that stuff. And the more I hunt, the less intrusive I am. I, I almost never go into cover anymore unless I'm tracking a deer or looking for shed antlers. It's the only two times I go in their bedroom. Otherwise, I'm right on the edge of it, but never in it. So that's words of advice in terms of deer hunting. Don't let them know they're being hunted. In terms of advice for living and what we do in our sport, we got to make sure we continue to influence and introduce others into the sport because don't ever forget, they're going to be happy you did. That's the main thing. That's right. Cool. Thank you so much. Eric? No, just thanks, Mark, for jumping on here on the end and the Chase Nation guys for coming down and uh, all the listeners out there for listening and having us being able to do what we do. For sure. Doug? Uh, thanks, Mark, for coming on. Thanks, Travis and Sam, for coming down. It was a good time. And uh, I'm going to go try to kill something this weekend. There you go. Get it, get good it, luck to anybody try. else out there still grinding. Austin Chandler of the Lord. Oh, good luck, boys. Hope you guys knock something down. Uh, good hanging with you fellas from the Chase Nation. Be looking forward to some trade shows here pretty soon. Looking forward to getting out and doing some trade shows this year. Yeah. Hopefully it all happens, man. Um, and my closing, we're going to give it to the Chase Nation guys to close out the show, their episode. Uh, one, thanks, Mark. Joining the last second, man. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty rad. Yeah, and really uh, rad. Chase Nation, man, I, I think you guys, uh, you guys are humble. You undercut yourself with what you guys are doing as a production. I think you guys are top notch, and I enjoy what you do. I think you guys are some of the best people in the game, and appreciate um, I appreciate you guys uh, podcasting with us early on, and then making the drive all the way down to the studio. And thanks I, for having us, man. I, I think if listeners have not checked out your stuff, they need to be checking it out, and, and definitely don't sleep on you guys because, um, in my opinion, you guys are humble and called yourself, oh, yeah, we're underground, but I would say you're probably up there in an argument for kings of the underground when it comes to Absolutely. this type of stuff. Appreciate so, that, man. Um, you, you put in the work, man. You guys got great personalities, man. It's hard to argue with. Appreciate it. You know? Thank so, you so much. I appreciate you guys. You got, you thanks guys got, for the cheese. Yeah, thanks Hell for the yeah. cheese and beer. Oh, cheese and beer. <laughs> oh, yeah, also thanks for the cheese and beer. <laughs> uh, what, what are you guys going to close with, man? Here it is. Go ahead. Thanks for having us. I appreciate it. Of course. Anytime, man. Uh, I would just say um, it's been a real pleasure to be able to express everything that we stand for and represent uh, and have a voice. I mean, that's ultimately what every time we record a podcast, that's what it's all about is having a voice and mm-hmm. uh, and reaching a, a larger audience and being able to tell what we do and why we do it. Yeah, it, it speaks a lot louder than, than words. I yeah. Mean, it is words, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. I hear you, man. I hear you. You good, Travis? You got it, man? I was going to do the go shoot your bow. You want to do it? You want to close it <laughs> out? Close it I out. I think I can. Do it, man. We love you guys. Go shoot your bow. Four in the morning. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.